Welcome to Morally Wounded Podcast, episode 52. I'm your host, James. And I am your host, Chris. How are you, James? We're back. It's yes, been a few months again, but we're back. Yeah, it's it seems to be our, our rhythm at the moment. <laughs> every every two months, every two... It's quarterly. It's a quarterly podcast these days. <laughs> we're both pretty busy. We're both pretty busy with work yeah. at the moment. But um, also, yeah. we need shit to talk about, so... Yeah, yeah, we've got stuff. Yeah. We've got stuff to talk about. So at least this this will be a big show. At least we're we're not yeah. going to record every month and give you an hour, but we might record every quarter and give you three or four hours. Yeah, we'll just we'll just do every you know we'll do three months worth in in one in podcast. One yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, cool. But um, yeah. So I guess what's been happening? Uh, I guess what when did we last record? So that was after Goldcon. After Goldcon yeah. with Clint. Yeah. Uh, we yeah. So yeah we talked about CanCon. And uh, we announced the details for uh, the mortally the mortal blade uh, pending competition for Sydney Slaughter next year. So pretty excited about that. Um, but yeah, since then, um, I guess we, it was the big push to Runax after um, our last recording. So I uh, had to get some models on the table for that. So I had my big Bram Becker Mercia miniature giant skeleton model that it's <laughs> been sitting in my my pile of potential for the last few years. Yeah, it's been a few years. <laughs> yeah. So I actually originally purchased that one for, um, oh, this is before COVID hit and everything. I know the dwellers were, uh, the dwellers below guys were organizing a narrative event down in Melbourne. And part of that was you had to build a, or and create a, like a big, like a Titan character. Yeah. <coughs> so it was like <coughs> perfect opportunity to, um, to get a big model for my death army uh, and what better than the giant skeleton from motion miniatures. So yeah, I had that ready to go. We, we, I think we jumped on one of those half price monster deals that Mercia does from time to time. So I think, yeah, yeah, you know, we jumped in and bought a whole bunch of stuff in one go. And um, yeah, so he, he's finally seen the light of day, got him painted, did some OSL for his, uh, you know, he's got this holding this big lantern kind of thing. He's got a big ax um, he's kind of swathed in like, you know, tattered rags and he's got this big howder, howder on his back, which um, I put um, five zombies with spears standing on top. So <laughs> it's just like zombies with spears falling on you because it's like it doesn't look like they would stay up there for very long. <laughs> you know, in reality, you know, a giant skeleton and the zombies just, you know, they, they would just fall. They would fall pretty quick. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I got him painted up and I think I got... Yeah, I got Kato Ezekiah painted and the Bringy Dingy Laoshan, the Soul Seeker. <laughs> Bringy Dingy. Yeah. So that was kind of my hobby push for Runax to get that get those models painted for in time, which I did, um, right down to the sort of last day before. <laughs> Actually it took an extra day off. I took the Friday and the Monday off of that weekend and then sort of came around Monday at work that week and I was like, Oh, it's not looking good. So Managed to swing Thursday off as well. <laughs> Had like a nice little five-day break, which is good. But mm. managed to finish off all that painting on on the Thursday. Um, yeah. Brent came over on the Thursday night, crashed at my place, and we drove up early Friday morning. Yeah, I was going to say, because um, you, yeah. you had a big, like, journey up to, yeah, uh, yeah. Up to uh, the GC from Canberra yeah. in the car. So Yeah, it was good. It's good. It's a, it's a pretty good run. Uh, now it's pretty uh it's pretty smooth going especially through sydney with the um the north connects and everything 
it's just you just cruise straight through. Um, no, it's good, good ride, good trip. Um, <laughs> had a few uh, unfortunate incidents on the way up. <laughs> oh, so really? I didn't have didn't have a didn't have a lot of luck with uh, public toilets on this journey. Oh, dear. Um, <laughs> uh, should I go into it to this podcast? Did, did you need clean underwear at the other end? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, it was all completely by accident. Let's just like caveat that at the start. Like, there's no, it was no intention. Um, you know, nothing untoward. Okay, let's just preface this. Okay, so um, yeah, we stopped for lunch at Port Macquarie at the. Um, I think it was. Uh, I think like one of those Mexican places, Gomez and Gomez oh sort of yeah. places. Um, so yeah, when I got there, got the, got the burritos. It's delicious. Yummy. Um, yeah. We had a, had a lunch and uh, decided, yeah, need to go to the loo before we head off on the road again. So ducked around the corner and it's kind of a situation there where it's like all unisex toilets. So um, yeah, I burst open a door and it wasn't locked and lo and behold, Young lady sitting on the on the loo, just yep, saw everything for about a split second and just went, oh my god, just froze, turned around as soon as I could and just got out of there. Found another one and I was just like, God, I hope I don't see it. When she comes out, the poor thing, she's been scarred for life. It's like you know, a forty year old bloke with a grey beard just like busting into. It's just like, oh, I felt so bad for her. Um. So yeah, that was like round one on the way up. Uh, I think Brant just laughed. He's laughed at me the whole time. So um, yeah, we got you know towards you know just before we crossed the Queensland border. I can't remember where it was, but it's one of those like you know those dodgy roadside rest stops mm. with those like horrible like hole in the ground sort of toilets. But um, yeah. So oh god, I can't believe I'm telling this on a, on anyway. So. Went into the butt, went into the toilet. No one was in there this time. This is good. Good. We're like on a winning, um, you know, a winner here. So, um, yeah, there it was. Just minding my own business. And the way that the toilet is situated is it's kind of um, like if you're standing up, you know, you're, you're facing the door. So everything's out there for everyone to see. If someone were to walk in to that cubicle while you were mm. doing your business, they would see everything. Okay. Um, and so what do you think happened? Uh, <laughs> Did none of you know how to lock doors? Well, like the thing, this door was like, I, I went to close it. I went to lock it and it didn't, it was jarred. So it wouldn't close the whole way. Like I couldn't close it and actually turn the latch to lock it in place. Cause it was like physically impossible to move it all the way to close. Cause it was busted or I don't know, something like that. And yeah, so I thought I'll just turn it to engage sign and <laughs> that should be uh, enough, hopefully be enough to stop people from coming in. And plus, like, it's there was no one else there. It was just like we'd pulled over, busy highway. You know, I was like, okay, cool. This won't, ta- this won't take long, you know. Um, but, yeah, there I was, minding my own business, doing my own business, and bang, sure enough, door opens. Young girl <laughs> busting into the door. <laughs> Must have been like 12, 11, around that sort of age poor thing. Like, I was just like, I just sort of went, ah, turned to the side midstream. (laughs) Um, It was, I was mortified and she, I I didn't even know what she, she was out of there (laughs) straight away. (laughs) 
And I was just like, oh my God, how could this happen? How could this be happening? So it was like instant karma on the way up. <laughs> it's just payback. I so, mean, yeah. look, that, that story was a lot tamer than I was expecting when you started it with dodgy restroom and Mexican. <laughs> so to be honest, yeah. that's, that's, that's not as bad as I was expecting. Yeah, yeah. So that was a bit of uh yeah, just didn't just didn't have a hell of a lot of luck uh with public toilets on the way up to Runax. Um yeah. <laughs> Road trip adventures. <laughs> <laughs> we did almost run out of petrol at one point as well, but you know it's not as exciting as that story, so just like to live dangerously <laughs> from the sounds of it, James. Just you know, we just you know, just seeing how far we can take this tank. Let's see, let's see. <laughs> it's not there's not another there's not another road stop or like there's no more petrol for at least another 200 Ks. Let's see if we can get this puppy through on empty. <laughs> oh dear. Oh, but yeah, no, it was great. Good times. <laughs> but we did, we got up there safe and sound. Um, yeah, it was good. Um, met up with Clint and Trav who were, <laughs> we walked in the door and Trav's uh, still painting his army. Was he on the loo? <laughs> that seems to be the theme of your story. You walk in the door, <laughs> someone's on the toilet. No, no that was the, that was in the, that was the following morning. <laughs> Oh, God, no, well, I I came up to like you know the next morning we're getting ready to go, <laughs> and I came oh, up. And I, thought, I better knock this time. Knock on the door, and he's like, "James, James like, no, go away. It's me, <laughs> James. Go away." Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, there we are. But um, yeah, we got there. Yeah, we helped uh, Trav finish uh, basing out his army and stuff like that. So you still. You know, I think Clint was on dry brushing duty when we got there. So, um, oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Just like getting the the last sort of final touches on some of the train, like the the wildwoods and stuff like that. So, yeah. But uh, yeah, <laughs> that was the lead up, and that was kind of an extension of hobby done between since we last recorded, <laughs> sort of merged into Runax misadventures. But um. <laughs> I'll stop there. <laughs> how was um how, how was your lead up to Runax? What kind of what hobby were you up, have you been up to? Yeah, all good. Um, I had a little bit to do, not heaps. Um, I took my KO because mainly because I felt like I needed to use the army a bit more because it's like an army I've bought and I've used at one event, and also it's well, kind of it's kind of good for teams. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I just took took that. So just had to do a little bit of um. Uh, like repair work on my second ironclad, which was super easy, just like cleaning up where the previous owner had green stuffed the uh, like uh, clear plastic connector from the base to the ship, like green stuff it in, but it had snapped off. So I just cleared and cut away all the green stuff. And then I just drilled up into the ship so that it ended up just sliding in instead of gluing it on so that you can just take it off the base when you want to and then slide it on. So it was a, a lot more stable. Yeah. Um, and didn't have a big blob of green stuff at the bottom. Um, and then, yeah, I just had to paint. Um, I painted up the Everblaze Comet, which was supposed to be for uh, my teammate, but ended up not um, not needing that, but still good. My Comet's done. Um, and then I also painted up a Knight. It's technically a Knight Arcanum, um, the one with the weird mask with no, like the white yeah. mask or GW. Oh, yeah. White. Yeah, they painted yeah. it white anyway. But I was using that as a night encounter. Yeah. Um, just for the list. So yeah, just did a little bit of hobby um before the event, nowhere near as much as you. Um so that was good. Didn't have too much hobby pressure. Um yeah, 
and then yeah obviously no big travel travel dramas for me um so i had um <laughs> i had liam um come up and stay though so the cool thing like i also took two days off work um yep. the thursday the thursday friday beforehand um because yeah liam came up on the thursday morning so i picked him up from the airport um in the morning and he stayed with me and we had like two days to just like chill out and play warhammer at my place so we played some practice games and and just hung out and stuff which was cool thursday friday and then um like dan and ben and that um were obviously driving up as well and had been in byron the day before and then on the friday they met us we drove down and met them on the gold coast um and we just went to um top golf down um down near movie world um on the friday afternoon evening um because it was dan's birthday so we all kind of just went for to top golf for the evening and stuff which yeah. was really fun um yeah i've done that like a few times before years ago when i was um over in america um for work for a month and they had a top golf over the highway from my hotel and i'd never like this was before they were anywhere else they were just in the u.s um so i'd never seen one before then and we did it back yeah. then and it, it was fun but i was god awful um i haven't done it since <laughs> but i was a lot better this time i could actually like give it a good whack which was quite yeah. good um so yeah, just kind of did yeah, that on sweet. the Friday, and then that was pretty much it until yeah, Runex on the weekend. Yeah, what an event Runex was! It's awesome. It's it's definitely one of the highlights of the year, isn't it? Yeah, love it. Yeah, like the team, the team event, like format and everything. Like one, it's a big event. Like you had what 120, 120 people there. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So it's it's a big event in the scene, and yeah, teams is also like such a cool vibe. Because it is yeah. really the only it's the only teams event in the country as well, um, and it's really fun. Like it's a great format with teams, I think, because yeah, if you if you have the right attitude, like going into it, like it doesn't your result doesn't matter. Like you can take a really hard loss, but if it means that like the other three people on your team got good matchups or like they and they won their games, like you win the round, so like you're still happy. Like you could yeah. take a big a, a pounding and and your team still wins. So um, yeah. Yeah, it's really fun, and you you're not just caring about yourself. Um, you're like trying to pep up the team and and stuff like that. So, yeah, yeah, and you actually like I remember the first Runex. I went like four and one with my Night Haunt at the time, which was like three years ago. That was like my best, my personal best at a a tournament in a teams format sort of thing. And Brant did that over the last weekend as well. He went four and one. He so he did the best out of everyone in, oh, in right. our team. Yeah. So, yeah, so things are, it's just a different, I don't know why, it's just different. Like you're playing different kind of lists, different kind of like people. Um, and, yeah, you kind of, you, you play differently. I don't know. You just, maybe it's the lists are a bit different. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But even then, like, even if you know you're going to lose as well, like, if like if you're still playing, but like some of your teammates have finished their games, they can come over and be like, oh don't like don't worry if you're losing like i just won like i 20 owed so like just play for every point so yeah. like even if if you even if you lose that's fine but like just don't let them get a 20 owed and we're still yeah. ahead kind of thing so i mean yeah, if you're if you're competitive or caring about it anyway like it depends yeah on like your team. Well, it depends what your team's attitude <laughs> is well i think brand got some good obviously like got paired into some good matchups i suppose like for his um for his army and he actually he played slanesh as well and um came out on top against Slanesh, which was which was a nice um kind of kickback from his um previous 
um, defeated the hands of oh, Slanesh yeah, last Runex. He would have played them at yeah. the height of their power last yeah, time. Yeah, he played in the height of their power last time, and yeah, it wasn't a great time for him. But um, yeah, he was able to kind of, you know, regain his um, his win over over Slanesh. That was good. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah. So what was um? So who was what was the name of your team? Who was in your team? So we were Marathi and the No Show Bros, which <laughs> um became more and more apt because originally, obviously, like. It was Elf Bros, very first year of me, Liam, Hayden and Clint. And then after the first year, Clint obviously kind of left us and uh, joined you um, and Trav (laughs) became became a wet palette warrior, which is obviously stuck. So we've tried to keep the Elf Bros, like me and Liam and Hayden at least. And then we've always needed, like we need a fourth every year now. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And this year was a bit of a, a nightmare. Like I was the captain because to be fair, early on Hayden kind of said, look, I can't commit. I've got exams and uni and stuff. So yeah, we were like, yeah, look, fair enough. Um, mm. uh, so then Jet jumped on board quite early on in terms of um, like joining the team. So I was like, okay, cool. And then yep. I still need to obviously find another person. Um, so then I got um, Henry from Toowoomba. And oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but then Jet dropped, <laughs> so then oh. I had to like find another person. Um, so then I got um, Nathan Goodchild, and then we were all set for a good like couple of months. I think we'd had a, like we'd had a couple of Skype sessions to like talk through like lists and matchups and stuff. What we wanted to do, we all kind of said, look, our main goal is just to have a fun weekend. Like if we can do well, great, but. Yeah. The main thing was just to kind of have fun. So we took decent lists, but we weren't like, we were hoping to do it like, okay, but just having a good weekend and being kind of good opponents was the number one goal. Um, but we were all pretty aligned with trying to be reasonably competitive too. So we had a few chats about like, we'd kind of done matchups and done our greens and like oranges and reds. Um, and then the afternoon, before Runax, like Nathan, unfortunately had to drop. So oh, um, yeah, right. it was yeah. like, oh no. So then I had to scramble again to find another person. Um, and it turned up Hayden actually, cause he'd done his exam. He had some like PT sessions that he had for the next day, but he um, basically was like, I'm going to be, I'm going to miss the first game on Saturday. But as it turned out, our round one opponents, they had a drop. So they only had three people on their team as well. And yeah, then, yeah. and then Hayden t- Hayden was actually able to come for all the other games, so actually kind of worked awesome. out. And it it yeah. was it was as much of the Elf Bros as we're ever going to be again. Um, and yeah. Henry was Henry was a great fourth, so we've kind of invited him to, if he wants to, be the permanent fourth oh, member of, yeah. of Elf Bros. So um, awesome. yeah, we're hoping we're hoping that next year we can actually go back to being Elf Bros and try and plan ahead and all be Elf factions. So this year. Yeah. Basically, Liam was the only one that took elves, so he was <laughs> Daughters of Cain. So that was the team name of Marathi and the No Show Bros, because yeah. <laughs> basically everybody else kind of slacked off. But um, yeah, no. So that was yeah, that was our team. So we had Liam with Daughters of Cain with a horrific list that I wrote for him because I, he hadn't really been playing much or paying much attention to the game for a while, and this was kind of his first event and and games back. So I just yeah. said this is a stupidly like good list that's very much a Liam list. Just just take this, you'll want to. Um, which was which was Marathi, Cronspine, 
15 bow snakes um and then just like the witch elves um it's pretty gross it's pretty gross um and then i took ko so i had a double ironclad with geminids in a bottle um with an encounter and then 10 thunderers in the ironclad and then three tens of arcanauts um henry took seraphon because he plays his seraphon a lot so he had a coatalus claw list yep. so not not at all a typical seraphon so he had like carnosaur and a troglodon and um still had the like the slan and then skinks and camo skinks and stuff um and then hayden obviously because we had to suddenly just submit a list in the afternoon um to gabe the day before he ended up taking karazai uh like three fives of protect uh three fives of vindictors like five libs uh like castell yeah. and a couple of units of ether wings um and stuff like that so it was basically just go go crazy with oh karazai bastion yindrasta so yeah lots of big stormcast characters and then just kind of battle line around that so yeah nice yeah that was our composition anyway um how about you how how did your obviously we know who was on the team but like armies you picked did you did you have any chats about like (laughs) composition or trying to be competitive or anything (laughs) um no not really (laughs) i think we just like went with the armies that we we had um clint did his traditional paint a full army within you know in a, a few weeks in the lead up to the event but he actually i think he was one of the first ones to get i think he apart from brant um got his army done like well in time up to an awesome standard and um yeah so he took he took um ogres ogre, oh, not ogre kingdoms but um more tribes more tribes god I get with the times. Yeah, so he took um, more tribes and yeah, so it's like Stonehorns and um, and some Mournfang, I think. Yes, he had some Mournfang. Some, um, yeah, he had a really cool looking army with like sort of purples and uh, sort of pinkish hues and darker skin tones and stuff like that. It looked awesome. Um, so he took that list. That was kind of like, oh, and he had the Cronspine. So he was our Cronspine bro. <laughs> <laughs> For the um for the weekend, so he was he was like he was down for a good time with the the Cronspine. Um, and then Brant took his cities in Hallowheart, so casting you know ten or so spells in his hero phase, and he had um he had some uh oh, Griff Knights, Demigriffs, Demigriff Knights. Yep. So he had good units of those. Um, his big block of uh, crossbows and swordsmen as well. Um, with his uh, Hurricaneum, and he had an awesome conversion of uh, the Celestine Prime. Um, so, yeah, which was kind of like he had named it the the um, Avatar of the Helden Hammer. So he's sort of done a bit of a head swap, and but just immaculately painted, like down to like every star on those swirling bits <laughs> underneath and stuff like that. So, um, yeah lots of wizards and all that sort of thing so he he did really well over the weekend um and trav took uh silverneth so he's gone back to his uh first love of silverneth beautifully painted it was insanely like just the way it popped here like sort of orange tones with like the the ethereal or the ghostly parts of of 
as like the kind of the pop spot color. It was actually quite a dark army, but um, that orange just really um, made it pop and just the detail he went to and um, on all the leaves and the textures and the basing and everything was just superb. So um, as you as you can imagine, um, that both um, Brant and Trav um, were uh, put up for nominations for uh, Best Painted Army and uh, the Coolest Army votes and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, it's good to see them uh, get some recognition there. And I took uh, my beloved Soul Blight, as I always do, um, but this is like my snowy base, um, Vendrak Dynasty, uh, which people who listen regularly to this podcast are probably sick of hearing about. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, so I took them with just some new additions. I wanted to throw around uh, a big drug fort, trick, uh, fort, fort kicker um, alternate model with my brand breaker. Um, so I had a lot of fun with that model. <laughs> it's uh, he's. I'm going to bring him to CanCon as well. I just he was. It's such a cool piece to to push around, and it's a great centerpiece model. So, um, but yeah, that was me. I took my Soul Blight um, V cost V cost Dynasty. Um, yeah, brand breaker. I took Belladama Vampire Lord, um, Graveguard Zombies. Dire Wolves, you know, all the usual suspects, <laughs> my corpse cart. Um, but yeah, so that was that was us, the Wet Palette Warriors. That's what we took for over the weekend. Um, but uh, shall we go into round one? Yeah. Let's chat through, cool. chat through games. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. All right, let's do it. You can so, kick it off, James. <clears throat> cool. All right, so round one, Wet Palette Warriors, we're um, – matched up with uh, Coffee and Sigma single, single shot. So I think Coffee and Sigma had a few different teams um, there for the weekend representing. So we um, we teed up with single shot, which was uh, Josh Rands, um, Gokhan, and Stavros, and Taylor. So uh, Josh played Clint, um, Gokhan played Brant, and I played Stavros, and Trav played Taylor. So, um, so my game was with versus Stavros and he had um Gargants and he, one of his Gargants um, one uh, got uh, chosen as the the best monster uh, hobby prize of the weekend so kudos to you Stavros it's a beautiful model it was um I remember uh admiring it when we were, when we were having our game especially like the big he's got he'd sort of put this big skull uh shoulder armor piece on the side looked, looked yeah insane. I saw that it looked really yeah. cool I think it's from the new Thondia like strong point box terrain yeah piece. Yeah, it just like yeah, painted superbly. It's just like yeah, well deserved, mate. Congratulations. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, to be honest, it's been a few weeks since we've um, since the event now, so I'm not going to be too clear on on um, <laughs> on blow by blow gaming. But uh, do you remember what the scenario was round one? Uh, oh, you put me on the spot now. It was mm. the four in the corners. Uh, hang on. Oh, that's where you can go off the end and come back Nidus, up the other Nidus side. Nidus paths. Yeah, yeah, yeah Nidus paths, that's it. Um, yeah, to be honest, like, going into this match, I was a bit worried. I was like, oh, I don't know if I could um, – I don't know how to beat this army because, like, it had been a while since I played a full Gargant list. Um, and the last time I played them, I'd, you know, been soundly beaten. So I was like, how do I deal with this? And – he had two gargants and he had um, three units of the smaller giants, the um, man eaters. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So this is where I learnt that. Um, and Stav Stavros brought this to my attention. Um, he was like, "So yeah, you've got the you've got the big drog fork kicker. Um, 
just want to confirm which war scroll you're intending to use. And I'm just like, um, just the one on the app. I don't know. Um, but I hadn't realized uh, that <laughs> because the list submission, it was under the old um, war scroll. So yeah. I had, I didn't have the war scroll, like the, I didn't have the right war scroll in anywhere. So I'm just like, uh, it just really threw me. But um, so he helped me. He was awesome. He helped me out really patient. Um, we found a copy. Um, we checked all the rules, made sure it was all right. And um, yeah, so thanks for helping us out there, mate. And um, got the right war scroll that I was able to use for the rest of the tournament. So it was actually really good. I was playing a Gargant player around one to, you know, so <laughs> I wasn't using the new the new war scroll for the whole tournament and then going, oh, okay, whoops. <laughs> so so no, no pulverizing strikes over the weekend. No, no 4D6 pulverizing, you know, 4D6 mortal wounds over the weekend. I was quite looking forward to that because I'd been practicing with it. <laughs> <laughs> had a couple of, had a practice game with Brandon. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was pretty pulverizing at one point, but yeah, took off his held, he took off his, um, Celestine Prime in one fell swoop. <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah, so we, we got over that hurdle. Um, but it was just like, it just really threw me. I was like, oh my God, I can't believe. I was just so unprepared. I should have known better, blah, blah, blah. And he's just like, yeah, don't worry about it, mate. So, yeah, we played a really good game. Um, I realized the power of of Big Drog in this game because I sent him in over to the Man Eaters and they just, he just basically got wiped out nearly the whole unit. I think, I think he did wipe out a whole unit of Man Eaters in one go. Um, so I was like, oh, this is what it's like having to have like a really strong, powerful model in your army. <laughs> <laughs> Oh wow! This this is wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah, like if, if if you, if you, if you get past the four plus to hit, like if you're not debuffed and you like get the threes to hit, and then they go through on the old profile and ten attack, like <laughs> yeah. you ruin. Yeah, you ruin stuff. He was ruining stuff, and it was like I was honestly a bit worried. Like, how am I going to sort of get around this army with like you know counting thirty five models and objectives and stuff? But it was. Um... You're like, oh, I'll just kill him. That's fine. <laughs> Yeah, I just kill them, like. But, but I realized like the model count, the lower model count armies, it still does make a difference, especially when you've got to cover like a whole lot of different objectives across the board. So I kind of could see how, like, yes, I was a bit daunted by the size of a couple of his models, and you know, he's what looked like quite a, a strong army to to play against, but it actually was quite a good matchup for my soul blight. So I was able to kind of spread out and take the objectives and um, yeah. get up on points and everything. And it was kind of, um, it was just a lot of fun and a lot of, uh, it was good learning curve for me to kind of realize, Hey, okay. So it's not as scary as you, as you were thinking when you went into the game. So, um, but yeah, Savros is an awesome opponent. Um, the guys in Coffee and Sigma were, were great guys. We had, everyone had good games, and that was my round one. So I took away a win um, with Stav, and yeah, it was great to great to finally play Stav because I know we've been to a couple of events in the uh, same events in the past, and I know you're a death player as well. So uh, yeah, good to finally actually hang hang out for and uh, get to know you a bit. So yeah, good game, thanks, man. But that was my round one. Yeah, nice. and so in that, I think um, so. Clint got, I think Clint got a win as well. Um, Brent got a win, and I don't know. If, I don't think Trav got one in that game. But so we were, we started off quite strong. Um, 
yeah, so that was good. Nice. Uh, so my team rocked up and we were, well, we knew this from the day before. Um, <clears throat> we were playing Dave Kerr's team straight Ooh, away. Straight so I was, like, I was like, here, here we go. Um, so we got Dave, uh, Luke McFadden, Tyler, and then it was supposed to be Stradi slash Dino, but neither Stradi or Dino could make it, so they were down to three people. Um, so as I say, that worked out well for us round one because Hayden wasn't there round one, so we were also three people. Um, so we like we'd done matchups for like probably half the teams, like in terms of gone through and done our greens, oranges, reds, and then also kind of gone order of preference like what's our perfect pairings and stuff like that so we'd kind of it was annoying me and liam had been in the car and pretty much worked through all of the all of the permutations of the pairings and basically yeah. worked worked out the the most optimal way for us to do the pairings into their team um to get the best number of what we considered green matchups or whatever and then we pretty much just worked that out. And then about 10 minutes later, the message came through that Nathan wasn't going to be able to make it. So it kind of threw everything out the window. We were like, oh, damn. Okay, fine. Um, <laughs> but we had to kind of just go, look, that's fine. We've got to just, we still had me, Liam and Henry. So we basically just had to go off those matchups, obviously. Um, <clears throat> so the way we approached pairings and actually like, this is where like Henry was great to have on the team because he's come from a very competitive um, I think War Machine and Hordes. I think it's War Machine and Hordes background. Um, mm -hmm. like I think he's com I think he's competed like on the world's team for that game system and stuff. So yeah, he's yeah. done he's done team events and stuff as well. And he he kind of was talking about the pairing process. And so we kind of discussed as a team what did we want to do for our pairings? Did we want to try and get the greens or did we want to avoid the reds? Um, and we kind of agreed as a team that we felt it would be better to avoid the red matchups. So for us that meant basically with the way that the pairing system worked under gabe's pack anyway was like if you across the team only have like one red then you lead with that person because then you can always avoid the red because by leading with that your opponent was going to put down two armies and you got the choice of which one they played so no matter what happens if you lead with that they put two down and if one of those armies is the one you don't want to play you can just pick into the other one so that was the kind of strategy we went in all of our pairings with. So in our matchups, like process, we felt like, or, um, or Henry basically felt like he was read into Cronspines um, and Dave had a Cronspine. So we yeah. were like, okay, Henry's read into Dave. So that's the matchup we have to avoid. Um, so we pretty much went into it with that, put Henry down, um, and then, yeah, it pretty much was they put Dave and I think we put Henry down and then obviously it meant me and Liam were going down and then they put Dave or whoever down. So um, it ended up that basically I took the matchup against Dave, which I said was a yellow for me. Um, I pretty much was like, it will come down to priority um, yeah. against Cruel Boys um, with Grin and Blade. So obviously can't be seen outside of 12. So I'm like... Turn one, all I'm going to be able to do is shoot off screens. And then if I get turn two priority, I'm going to be able to just move in and shoot him off and it'll be done. But if I lose priority, it's going to become a much harder game. Yeah. Um, but 
it meant that Henry avoided the red. Um, so in the end, Henry had the Seraphon mirror against Luke McFadden's Seraphon. Um, and then Liam um, with the horrific list got paired into Tyler, who was playing corn with lots of monsters. So great for Cronspine. Shadow Queen can't die to Scarbrand um, in a go. So <laughs> it was it was pretty brutal on that side. So yeah, um, yeah. yeah I played against Dave. Um, definitely cocked up in my first turn with trying to go through... Um, gaining momentum which is control more and you have to kill a certain unit and i picked one of his units of hobgrots because i'm like it's 10 freaking hobgrots and like half of my army shooting is going to go into basically this unit because it's going to be the only thing i can freaking see um apart from the other side and i'm like yeah now we'll, we'll be right um <laughs> and then it was freaking it was awful and then also to take one of the objectives to get more i was like i'm gonna have to charge into those like hobgrots to get bodies on the objective so i was like trying to make sure i got my battle tactic but i put myself in a bad like i put myself close meaning like if i lost priority my ship was going to get shot by like all of his bolt boys um <laughs> but i did it to be like i'll get my battle tactic and then i didn't charge these two hobgrots with my 10 arcanauts i'd got out of the ship and put like three away from them that i couldn't have done because i wasn't no, no, i've got the objective and i'd forgotten that that was the unit i needed to kill so uh... Cool. Like we just, Dave was like, <laughs> yeah. Dave's like, yeah, fine. And then I do my turn. He's like, nah, you didn't get your tactic. You needed to kill that unit. And I was like, oh, for God's sake. Cause he obviously just inspiring presence, the two hogrods. Um, so I didn't get the tactic and then Dave won priority and then just like shot my ship. He actually rolled really bad and I got quite lucky and he didn't kill my ironclad. Um, but he did get like the, um, he got the cron spine and the, um, swamp boss, the big crocodile, like into yeah. the ironclad anyway so yeah. like he he killed that side of the board easily um and then this freaking troll <laughs> came in on the other side and just did so well into my other ironclad and then just didn't die um but yeah so i i lost a ship on one side in turn two Ouch. but i still i still felt like i was okay if i'd got priority because i'd been able to shoot stuff off um i killed the cronspine um because i actually got quite lucky in like the oh no i did a lot of damage to it to be fair i i killed the cron spine in two turns because i had no monsters in my list and i decided not to put the geminids on the board so there was no way he was going to be able to level up um so i i took the cron spine off in two turns and i was like look everything else is pretty squishy I, like i should be okay here um but whiffed into killing the Maya brute trog off by like one wound um <laughs> And then he got priority and then he healed it up and healed it up. Um, if I'd got priority into three, I was like, I think I still have a chance because my rifles were on the other side and I could have just moved up and shot off his bolt boys and everything because they're so weak. Once, like, if you hit them, hmm. they're dead. And I, my rifles were in range to just walk up and shoot them. Um, yeah. And yeah, if I'd got it, I would have killed off this troll and been okay on the other side. But um, yeah, uh, my knight encounter moved across as well to go and finish the troll double one charged into a reroll double one charge um so yeah the dice just the dice went pretty against me when i needed them and yeah both um i lost i lost all the priorities and then i was like well yeah i'm gonna lose now so that game ended up being i think 27 to 17 so dave just got the points to get the 20 on me um but liam and henry both like 20 would their games so we actually ended up um like winning the round which is good because we had obviously like we had a draw for both of us not having a player, I think. So we would have had a 10, 10 there. 
um and then we got 40 and they got so it ended up being 50 30 in our favor for that round so like we were oh, nice. super yeah. super stoked for that so i was like look i've lost but to be fair i said going yeah. into this matchup yeah. it comes down to priority i was happy that even losing turn two if i'd got three i still f- felt i could have won it um and yeah like it was a good game against dave like he's he's tight with his play and everything so um nah it was good um so yeah no it was a good first round for us and yeah henry did um henry did really well like if i'm honest like he was the surprise for me like i know he's played he's played a lot of seraphon and he's obviously a competent player but like looking at his list i'm like i don't see it like i just think it's kind Mm. of a bad list intent like almost like intentionally bad but he he played like the seraphon mirror into a fangs of zotek list with like salamanders 30 skinks and all the buffs and he got like a massive win against luke and i'm honestly like how did you do it? <laughs> I don't... Um, so yeah, like he he did really well, and obviously yeah, Liam just Liam's list absolutely destroyed the corn list. So um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, <laughs> Two weeks. cool. Yeah, round one, and so round two we um, came up against uh, Moose Boosie, Moose Bussy, Moose Bussy, Bussy, Moose Bussy. Uh, which is um, Pat Carter, Blake Kerwick, Akeem Wallace, and Scott McHurden. McIrkin. Um, yeah, so uh, Clint uh, went up against Pat. Brant played Blake, and I came up against Akeem, and Trav played Scott. Um, yeah, so Akeem, um, actually, I, I'd met Akeem years ago when he was. Uh, Used to be the uh, manager at the Cairns uh, Games Workshop. Um, sort of wandered in there one day when I was in town, and it, he was awesome. He looked after me well. That's where actually where I, where I met Mike Thompson as well, just on that same day. And um, that's sort of like the rest is history with those guys. But I hadn't actually seen Akeem uh, since those times, so it was actually really quite cool to, to like actually get to have a, a game and um, get to know him and that guy is just like a barrel of laughs just like he's just laughing the whole time he just loves the game he loves the atmosphere it was just such a awesome time um he took uh stormcast so he had uh karazai dragon um and i don't think he had the cron spine i can't remember but um but yeah so he had i just remember he had karazai and i was like well time to bring time to bring fort drog out again <laughs> So I kind of realized the strength of this model. You just push him forward and send him towards the biggest thing and yeah. um, get him into combat. So um, sure enough, he was in, in combat with Karazai pretty quick. Um, he throws rocks at them as he comes in. Um, it's just a lot of fun. So uh, I think after a few rounds of combat and some shenanigans. Um, you mean zombies, right? He throws zombies from his back. Yeah, yeah. He's literally throwing zombies. <laughs> Actually, yeah, that, that's yeah, that's it. He throws zombies. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I had a, had an awesome game against him. I can't you know, obviously it's I can't remember everything that happened, but I do remember it was very close, and we had a lot of laughs, a lot of cheer moments, and especially I do remember the last sort of turn um, before we ran out of time. Uh, I pulled that tactic where. I had to kill a unit and own more objectives at the end of the turn. Yeah. And so I needed to, I can't remember gaining the name. Mem- gaining momentum. Gaining momentum. Yeah. Yeah. So I picked that one. I thought like, I'm just going to go for it. Like it was, 
a slim chance because it was like on both both sides. I had to take both objectives in each corner, and I I picked the unit on the left uh, to kill, and everything went like clockwork. Um, I rolled well, got the units in, sent the Vargas in over the back, took out the right flank, cleared that, cleared the guys off there, took that one, and then I was was able to kill the the unit that I needed to target and um, took back the objective like right down to the last sort of roll. <laughs> so it was just um, an awesome kind of comeback win because I, I think he was um, he was ahead on had a few ahead on in points. So I really needed to to get that battle tactic and score up to get into the victory. So I did. So, um, yeah, second win for the day. It was um, against fantastic opponent, um, Akeem. Hopefully our paths cross again. And uh, so Brent played Blake, and that was – Blake had this insanely converted, as always, um, insanely converted Slanesh army uh, in, like, this kind of – like the orange, oranges and blacks and creams and just kind of like I don't know if um, anyone who's it was incredible, had, yeah, yeah, who who was there who had seen who seen Blake's work in the past, like I'd seen him this he'd used this theme um, with like his Tyranids and that sort of stuff as well in the past. So it's just this kind of um, really striking orange and creams with the black um, kind of counter spot color, I guess for lack of a better word. But yeah, he had like this awesome glue toss. Um, conversion and all these like keeps the secrets oh, converted. Everything, everything was con- converted. Like I was looking and... at it, but it was on the legal base sides. But it like built out this massive platform <laughs> overhanging it on like cork and stuff. With then like it was insane. It was mega. Yeah, and you've got course... you've got photos on the on the Facebook page, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, of course, yeah, Blake Blake's army was up for the um, you know, for the the nominations. I think he won definitely won the the coolest army for the weekend, like the uh, player voted. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, that was spot on. <laughs> um, but, yeah, as always, like it's like whenever Blake comes, it's it's the Blake Kerwick Award, <laughs> Cancon, Runax, and, and wherever he goes. So, um, yeah, and it's good to see you again, Blake. And, but, yeah, a good weekend, um, good game. Sorry, good set of games with our, against the uh, Moose Bussy. Uh, I think <laughs> I can't remember if Clint. I can't actually remember the results from the other guys. I know Brant got the win. I don't think Travis got up on that one. I think Clint might have got up on that one as well. I'd have to, I'd have to check with him. Um, but yeah, that was our round two. So the final scoring of the we won our second round. So it was thirty-two to twenty-nine. That doesn't no, sound right. Sorry. No, that's not right. No, that's the battle, table numbers. Battle yeah. Battle <laughs> points. It has to be out of 80. Yeah. Disregard that. <laughs> Terrible. All right. All right. Well, while so you my... find that out, I, um, <laughs> we, so we went straight from playing Shonoff, Dave Kerr's team, to then playing Corey's team, simple math. So we were not getting, uh, not getting a nice easy run. Um, I'm like, I wonder if some of these pairings at the start of the tournament were somewhat rigged um by Gabe but I don't know um so yeah in that one we um yeah basically I got paired so it was Corey Geordie so Corey playing Thunder Lizards Geordie playing um Beasts Matt Daly playing Ideneth and then Keegan playing Stormcast um like Karazai and Protectors um and Gardas um not Karazai Krondis um and so yeah the pairings basically were um I got paired into Keegan, which was my ideal green. 
So I was like, cool, that's one of our four that we wanted. Um, and then Henry went into Corey. So again, another Seraphon off. Um, but Corey had Croak um, and like the Thunder Lizards, Basties. So he has obviously the Basties. Henry's got stuff to reduce damage. So, um, but yeah, like interesting game there. And then Liam got the Beast of Chaos. Um, and then Hayden had turned up. So um, Hayden was paired into Matt with the IDK. Yeah. Um, so we ended up losing this round. Um, my game with Keegan finished first. So he he out dropped me um and he chose to take first and basically because this was realmstone cash so yeah. it's the one where there's one objective in the middle and then at the start of the third round it splits into two. yeah mm. so he decided to take first which i think was a smart move because it basically meant he put all his buffs up so he put his castellan lantern buff up um he could obviously do like mystic shield um all that stuff and then also just get on the objective with like 10 protectors um and basically like drop Gardas down, sit his army within a five up ward safe bubble on the single objective that I can't just drop onto because I've got to be nine away and he's already sitting on it. Um but it obviously meant I was on for the double. Um so I had my first turn, realized that I like to try and score a battle tactic was gonna be pretty much impossible. Um like all of the battle tactics I was trying to think that I could do, I I just couldn't do them. Um, so I think I went for, I, I pretty much realized I wasn't going to be able to do one. So I went for an obscure one that I had a slight possibility of doing yeah. just so that I still had a chance of possibly getting it. But knowing I was going to fail one, I didn't want to fail one of the ones that I would try and score later on in the game. So I think I tried to do like kill a hero with my general, which was the chemist. Um, and I knew that with my hero phase teleport, I could put him down, get him out of the boat, um, et cetera, and be able to then move to get him within range of his Castellan. Yep. So like the chemist has got 3d6 shots that are Ren 2. They're only one damage and they're fours and fours. So not amazing. But I was like, look, I can still try and shoot the Castellan with other stuff in my army and then maybe try and finish it off with the chemist kind of thing. But, um, but basically I was like, I need to kill Gardas first to get rid of the five up ward save. And then oh, my yeah. plan was yeah. so basically my plan was kill Gardas and then go for everything else. So I had an admiral um, in the list, which gives you basically like one of three options. It's essentially one of two options though. Cause I think you pretty much always either increase the rend on basically a unit of thunderers for one shooting phase, or you can pick an enemy unit and on a two plus they can't take ward saves. So I was like, I'm going to do that. He obviously, um, I think, I don't even know if he finest houred in all honesty, because I think he maybe finest houred the Castellan, because I picked the Castellan as my target to try and kill with the chemist to, I think, make him use the finest hour so that I would be able to go after Gardas easier. Yeah. Um, but anyway, turned off, turned off his ward save um, and then started shooting my units into Gardas. So I'm like, okay. I've got this damage. He's a he's a six wound hero. He's got lookouts, uh, and he's got an all out defense because that was it basically. Um, and honestly, it took nearly my entire army to kill him. 
<laughs> like <laughs> it took it took almost every single gun I had from two ironclads, ten thunderers, <laughs> like everything else, and pretty much on like the last units worth of shooting was what actually killed him. It was yeah. it was ridiculous because the army only has like rend one and a little bit of rend. No, only the big gun is Ren 2, but otherwise the army is all Ren 1. So I have Geminids in the list to get people so that they can't all out defense normally. But with where he was positioned, I couldn't actually get Gardas with the Geminids, which let him all out defense. So he was on a 2 plus save, which still went back to a 3 up. So it was just 6 wounds on a 3 up save, and it took nearly my entire army to kill him. Oh god! Um, <laughs> so I was like, oh no, because... None of that shooting has gone into anything else. I haven't touched Krondis. I haven't touched the Protectors. And I've dropped my whole army basically in front of him to be able to be in range of Gardas. Yeah, um, yeah. <clears throat> but I still, I charged the Ramclad into uh, Krondis because actually it's got really good mortal wound output, which is something that my army otherwise lacks, which is one of the reasons I built that way was to give me a bit of mortal wound output and also mm. to give me a way to get onto objectives because i took the sky hook for plus two charge and then combined with the ram the battering ram boat trait it means that whenever you charge you roll as many dice as the charge result so that yep. includes the plus two from the um that you get to charge and mm. it does mortal wounds on on four ups so you basically get like a stonehorn charge with a plus yeah, no. two bonus um and then the admiral is in that ship and he's actually really good into heroes and monsters because he's he's only three attacks, but into heroes and monsters, he's twos, twos, ren two, flat three damage. Yeah. Um, yeah. Annoyingly, Krondis, the big dragon, reduces all attacks by one into him. So I was only two attacks. But um, yeah, I still kind of went in and I think I did like nine. I think I did like nine or so wounds to him in combat with the, mm -hmm. the clad and the admiral and everything. So I was pretty happy, to be honest, with the output. Um, I had managed to kill Gardas, so I dropped the five up ward save, um, did that damage. Krondis then did get a lot of attacks back into the boat because obviously the 10 Thunderers and the two heroes that are in the boat all count as being in range. So Krondis got a lot of tail attacks, which he put into the boat. Um, I did all out defense and I think I had a Mystic Shield on it. So I didn't actually take that many wounds. Um, I think I took six, um, which meant like I was all right. Um, and then obviously prio, I won the prio that turn and then the second round of shooting without him having the ward save and just everything else. I just went blast, 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 shot pretty much everything into the protectors to clear them off. Um, and then, yeah, had a really good turn basically into Krondis, finished Krondis off, um, with the admiral's attacks and stuff in combat and, um, yeah, killed the protectors down to like three. Um, so that, and I had Arconauts that I'd moved up onto the objective. So they were, in, they were scoring it for me. So then when Keegan had his turn, um, he pretty much like he had his four units of like liberators and stuff on the battlefield. He dropped the fulminators down nine away, but they failed their charge. So they were just sitting there. Um, and then obviously when his protectors charged my 10 Arconauts, um, like I got an unleash hell and I think I killed like another protector or two. So pretty much finished them off. Um, and then from there, like I still had both my ironclads, the Thunderers, the Admiral, um, and then it was just a mop up. I got the turn three priority as well and just like shot the Fulminators and shot the Libs. And from there, it was like done. Um, mm. So I, I, I so I got a big 20-0 um, that nice. game. 
um, and then was walking around looking at all the other tables and everyone else was like, all the games are looking really tense and tight. Um, it ended up being um, a set loss for that round. So I got a 20-0, um, but then Corey beat Henry 19-12. So there mm -hmm. was a seven-point seven differential there. So that would have been like a 17-3. Um, and then Geordie beat Liam 24 to 20. So that Oof. one was a, yeah, that was a close game. That was a 14, six. And yep. then Matt <clears throat> beat Hayden 14 to nine. So that was a 15, five. So at least none of their wins were like 20 O's. Um, and obviously I got a 20 O for the team. So we lost, but it ended up being 46, 34 for yep. the round, which is pretty close. Um, so yeah, like I was, to be honest, feeling pretty good because I was like, look, we've played Dave's team, got a 50-30 win. We've now played Corey's team and got a 34-46 loss. But I'm like, they're two of the teams I was expecting to be near the top. And from those results, like we've not, they've not got massive wins. So they've not gone up. We've done okay as well. Um, so to be honest, I was, I was feeling pretty good about it. Like I'd had a 20-0 loss and a 20-0 win. Um and yeah, based my thing for this weekend that I pretty much said was KO are they're a twenty O army and they basically rely on priority. So I think if you get the early priorities, you go on to probably just get a twenty O. But if you don't get the priorities, you probably get twenty O'd. They're not yeah. they're not yeah. they're not an army that gives you close games. I think you either lose or you absolutely blast your opponent off the table. Yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, which is. Again, for a team's format, that's actually kind of good because w especially with Runax, the way they do it obviously is the max, like you're capped in a round to three wins. So the, the maximum you can get is a 60-20. So if I have my round where I lose and I lose big and it's like I give up 20 points, but we like they're giving up 20 points to us anyway. So then yeah. if the rest of my team are okay, but then in the rounds where we play and I win and I get a 20-0 if the rest of my team do okay. Like I've already pushed up a 20-0 for the other results. So yeah, it's, yeah, yeah it was interesting, but yeah. So. Yeah. Like, well, um, now that I've like figured out how to actually find the scores down under pairings, um, I just want to correct some of the record uh, from, from my earlier comments. So round one coffee and Sigma, um, so total score was they were 41 to our 39. So they just um, beat us in that um, first round. So, um, yeah, Clint was up 18 to 2. Um, Brandt, um, he, he'd lost his first game, so it was 15 to 5 from um, Gokhan. Um, my first round was 16 to 4 uh, from with Stavros and um, Taylor 20 owed um, Trav. So we were down round one. And going to round two, um, so again, this is um, Moose Bussy. So Clint um, did not win against Patrick Carter. <laughs> I, I um, stand corrected. So yeah, twenty zero there from for Pat. Um, Brent got a fourteen six for, from with Blake. Um, so I got a seventeen to three with Akeem, and then Scott uh, twenty zero Travis. So we were sitting on two losses at round two. <laughs> so um, not as, at all what you said. <laughs> So not at all what I said. Uh, so, yeah, so if, if anyone from those teams were listening, we're probably, like, shouting at the podcast. And so I thought I'd better, um, better correct the record. Uh, but going into round three, 
uh, after my backtracking, uh, we drew up against Ram Ranch. So that is uh, Jai, uh, Seth, Stephen, and Monica, our local Queensland crew. Um, so Trav drew against Jai. I think Jai had his Night Haunt. Um, Seth and Clint. Um, I drew up against Stephen with his um, Flesh Eater Quartz Army, awesomely converted, um, kind of like, uh, you know, horrors sort of with, you know, horses on, you know, Knight, heads Knights on. of the Realm. Yeah, like, Knights of the Realms, yeah. and he'd like put like heraldry on them and all these kind of wicked conversions and stuff. So it was, he was wearing a kind of like a cape and a crown and a sword and kind of like a, Bit Wasn't of cosplay, he wearing like a full suit, full suit of armor. <laughs> yeah, he was, he was, he was in character. <laughs> and um, Monica played Brand. I think she had Night Haunt as well. But um, yeah, I can't remember trolls? what Seth had. Doesn't she have trolls? No, oh, she had the trolls. Sorry, yeah, no, no, yeah, oh, trolls and spiders. She's got a really nice army. Yeah, yep, that's right. Um, yeah, so I came up with Stephen, and again, you know. I thought should be fine. I'll just send in. I'll just like try and tease out and try and get a get an alpha like get in on him first. Don't let him charge me because he had all the horrors and the arch regent and the um and the um, ghoul kings and terror geists and everything. So he had all the buffs. Like you know, you'll be very familiar with this army and how it works. Um, yeah. And I'd um, seen you wield that and others. And Feck is still very strong. Still very strong. And I'd lined up all my ducks, like I'd, I'd sort of push forward in a line. Okay, cool. If I can get these charges off, I can get some um, double activations with my heroes and hopefully do a fair bit of damage, get a um, big, big, um, big drug foot kicker in there. And um, I should be okay. Uh, so did all that. Thought, cool, here we go. Rolled all the, rolled all the charges. Um, CP rerolled one of them and failed all of my charges. So there I'm sitting there like a big dickhead waiting for all of <laughs> for all of his horrors and everything just to charge in and then proceed to wipe me off the table over the course of a turn or two. So <laughs> that was uh yeah. That was that sort of crushed my my uh my little winning streak <laughs> uh for the my personal winning streak for the for the um weekend to that point. So um but yeah pleasure to play against you Steven. <laughs> Your army looks amazing and yeah like I think if I had been able to get some charges off, it might have been a little bit different. Would have been able to whittle down some of those bigger units of horrors, especially with um, big drog. Um, would have been able to taken the wind out of out of his sails. Uh, but yeah, it wasn't to be, and it was definitely just the perfect situation for his army to go in. Just the amount of extra attacks and everything that those that they can get, all the buffs, is just yeah. insane. The amount of damage that they can do. Yeah, I, um, if that can if that can get their buffs off and they can get to combat and like not be shot and stuff, they still have like really great output mm. and stuff like that. It's just and like horrors. Was, if you've, if yeah. you've got bad armor saves, like horrors are amazing into them. Which yeah 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 yeah. So it was just um it was it was a good army to be beaten by because it just was. It was so thematic, just the horrors just wrecked. The, the whole thick just totally just tore shreds through the whole army. So, um, But, yeah, so that was uh, Jai took out Trav in that round, 20, 20 and 0. Seth took out Clint, 18 and 2. Stephen took out me, 20 and 0. But Brant 
saving the day went 20 and owed Monica. So, <laughs> so there we were on three wet palette worries on going zero, all zeros <laughs> up until this point. It's not zeros. It's not zeros. <laughs> you got some yeah. points in there. Like you said, oh, yeah, you we, lost the first. Oh yeah, we got points. First, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you lost the first round by one point. Like oh yeah, the first yeah, yeah the first round was yeah we lost by two. Uh, round two, it was uh, forty nine to thirty one, so a bit of a difference there. Um, but then yeah, round three it was fifty eight to twenty two. So yeah. And yeah, so that, that's our scores so far. But yeah, no, no team victories up to this point. Yeah, as a team. Yeah, yeah. So our round three, there was a bit of drama here. Um, <laughs> we got matched up against uh, Prepping for Sorcon, um, who I think are a team uh-huh. of got guys that have all come from forty k. And now, kind of playing Age of Sigmar. Um, so yeah. Nick Nick um, Wright is on the team, and I I played Nick in my final round at uh, Golcon. So um, yep. yeah, uh, like he was playing his Fire Slayers then, but at Runax he was playing uh, Beast of Chaos. Um, and then you had Alex um, and Nick um, and Paul. So I think Paul had the. Um, Paul had the flies, so he had like Nurgle flies. Um, Alex had Iron Jaws, like Blood Tooths with the Crushers and the Pigs. Um, Nick had Beast of Chaos. And then other Nick, uh, oh, what did he have? Actually, can't remember. Against Hayden. Um, Storm, oh, he had KO. That's right. He also had a KO list um, with like double ironclad and stuff like that. So pretty similar um, to what I was running. Um, so the drama, the drama here, is that we shouldn't have been playing them. Corey's team should have been playing them. Oh. So the the scores from the previous round got put in the wrong way round for the draw. Oh god, yep, yep. So then there was a big discussion between our team, their team, Corey's team, for probably like 15, 20 minutes of like, well, we know what's happened, but obviously there was loads of software dramas with um, down under pairings, and so yeah. Gabe was like, let, let let me just think about it and talk to like Tyson and see what we can do about the pairings. Um, and I think they were basically worried that the software was going to crash and they weren't going to be able to redo everything. Um, we were kind of like, no, we're not suggesting you redo the whole draw, leave everybody as they are, but you should swap our teams because like we should swap. So if the results have gone in wrong, Corey's team just need to play the team we're playing and we play the team they're playing. But they, yeah. And then I was like, and then tonight you can just redo the draw and fix it all but anyway the ultimate yeah. decision was just we were 20 minutes into the round at this point it was just just play the games as you are so we were like fine okay that's the decision let's go play the games um so we did um but obviously that meant we were playing up a bit um and yeah the pairings basically were i got paired into nick so i got to play nick again and um, with beast of chaos and it's the first time of me actually playing against beast of chaos um, like I know what they do in terms of the rally and all the rend and everything like that. And mm. it's smart because I've got literally no way to destroy his herdstone because I've got no monsters in my list. So couldn't do anything about it. Um, Liam, um, we paired into Iron Jaws, which I think they were happy about, but I was super happy about because I was like, no, no, you like you, you should just win this game. Like this is so green for you because you have Marathi and a Grunspine. 
two basically unkillable things into Iron Jaws that generally wins by having massive amounts of damage output. But like Marathi can kill like a Maw Crusher or a unit of pigs a turn, no worries. And the Bow Snakes as well can just shoot that shit off. And like they won't, they'll be locked up. So I was like, nah, Liam's good. I'll see how I go into Beast because I'm like, look, I can shoot them, but he's got a lot of units, a lot of summoning, but we'll see. And then Henry had the flies, which we were like, oh, we'll see how Seraphon can kind of go into demons. Um, hmm. <clears throat> and then Hayden had the KO, which we we're like, look, again, we'll just kind of see how that goes. Hayden was the kind of unknown because, as we say, we had to just throw a list together the day before and couldn't really think through what the ideal pairings and stuff would be. So it was kind of like, look, we'll we'll try and make decisions based on what other pairings we've done and see how we go. Um, in the end, that... Uh, that round ended up being another loss for us, um, like a fairly big one. So it was, hmm. oh, I don't actually know how this is possible. It says 68 to 12 on, yeah, it says it was 68 to 12 on thingy, but it should have been capped at 60, 20. So I'm not sure. Um, but my game, Nick, it was ended up being 35 to 20. So he got the major win against me there. Um, did a bit of shooting. I like, I focused on shooting off the demon prince and stuff turn one. Cause I didn't want it. Like I'm so used to that being a nightmare, halving the charges. And mm-hmm. I was like, I- I'll shoot that off because I, I knew at some point I was going to want to be able to charge in with like my Ram clad. And I didn't want that being halved. So I was like, Oh, I'm going to shoot it, shoot it off. And I'm going to shoot off the dragon ogres and stuff. And Ended up easily shooting off the Demon Prince, but then only really killed like two of the Dragon Ogres. It was a bit annoying, I think, because I rushed on between doing one thing to another. I missed up, I messed up the order of my weapon profiles that I said I was going to activate so that I then took, or when Nick did casualty removals, he then took off models to then take my ship outside of 12 so that I then couldn't shoot the carbines into the dragon ogres and the carbines mm. are a lot of output. So I had to then put the carbines into the demon prince, which was easily going to kill the demon. Like, so I overkilled the demon prince, but I didn't get the extra output into the dragon ogres. Um, but yeah, um, it was a good game. Nick's a good opponent. There's some stuff that like uh, has come up afterwards when I was reading back through the scrolls that I've realized like Nick was playing the old, like old, old version of the enlightened with like full rerolls. If they go second and getting plus one to hit from the Zangle shaman, which Oh, shit. The rerolls yeah. in the like the rerolls in the game were massive because I there was one combat phase where they were coming in and I literally his first roll was like all twos and threes and I remember being like oh thank god for rerolls because then when he mm. rerolled he got he got all the like four pluses yeah so that w- yeah that would have actually <laughs> been pretty big um and also the herdstones uh the the four up rally also is not board wide it's in range of the herdstone. So the, the okay. early ta- the early turns when he rallied the dragon ogres, <laughs> like where I'd pulled out my ship, I know they weren't in range for the rally. He didn't roll the four ups in the first turn, so like it didn't have an impact there. But I was a bit like, okay, I need to know this for future because there's a lot more play if I just draw him out and stand further away. Like he can't. Yeah. yeah. They they don't just get it board wide. Do you know what I mean? So I was like, okay, but yeah, the enlightened not getting the full re rolls. I. I think they're a lot worse now. The fact that they hit on fours and they don't get the plus one from the Zangor Shaman and they don't get re-rolls, I'm like, oh, okay. This is actually quite significant. Mm, um, yeah, yeah. But 
they still had loads of models and i think in that mission he was like he was going to beat me i think it might have just been a bit of a closer game but is what it is um yeah. and then liam played alex the iron jaws um and liam came over and was like no i got 20 owed um and i was like what i don't understand how and then it was later on in the evening when we were talking he was like explaining his game and i was like saying no but like how did he get to because he's like yeah no because he moved around he like he moved all the way around marathi and then he got like the pigs or whatever and the more crusher into the bow snakes and i was like yeah but how like because you because liam said oh, i threw marathi forward so she was right in front of him and i was like right so then how did he get to your bows and he's like because well, he just mighty destroys and i'm like no but were you like literally right in front of him and he's like yeah and i'm like well he can't move then with mighty destroyers all you can do if you're within 12 is charge so then yeah. like liam liam said what had happened and we realized that like yeah alex had like played it completely wrong so we went in and like had a chat with him in the morning just said hey can you just explain the mighty destroyers rule and he mm. was like yep so this is so yeah and he explained it exactly as it is and then so liam went right so like remember when marathi was right in front and you were here and you were here so you were within 12 and then alex just straight away went oh yeah shit no you're completely right i was and then alex was like i'll go talk to the to and like kudos to alex he did completely the right thing and basically like said to gabe like no that was a massive fuck up it would have completely changed the game and conceded the game so oh, like wow. well oh, like i just want to say that like well done alex because like people yeah. get stuff wrong like people get stuff wrong oh yeah some people don't and, even play the right war scrolls like like, you know. <laughs> like i get it wrong <laughs> as well and like i yeah that is a hundred percent like that kind of thing is exactly what good sports and what you should be doing like if you found out after the fact mm. that you yeah. played something like so major as like the main rule of your army as well that yeah even if even if you'd had the game and you're like oh look i probably still would have won something that big i'm like you just i think the right thing to do is basically like look i don't know like you, I, I can see the game it's such a major thing and so yeah he did that anyway um so i think the final results kind of reflected that but as i say we lost all of those games anyway so we pretty much just got the 20 that we were going to get from the rounds being capped anyway yeah um but i just wanted to call that out and mm. say like like well done kudos to alex for kind of having that attitude as soon as it got like realized he was like oh yeah. completely good no that's my that's my fuck up and like i'll i'll go talk to gabe kind of thing so yeah good sportsmanship that's yeah. uh, in the spirit of, it's in the spirit of the event and the game in, in uh, as a whole yeah and in, in a competitive yeah. setting yeah definitely yeah but that's why i said to liam afterwards because he was annoyed he's like why did you say i was green i'm not green into that and i was like no but you are because you just move up and he can't do anything you're gonna kill him and he can't kill you and he's like no because he just moved around me so then when he explained it, i was like no because he can't do that and then liam went oh yeah okay i see why i'm green now <laughs> it was just like <laughs> so i was like yes you are green into that you just go into him and you kill him <laughs> but um oh, it's so funny <laughs> but yeah so but the other games were all yeah obviously hard fought um and yeah nick beat um nick beat hayden and paul beat um henry henry again close game though it was um 23 to 19 um in paul's favor so it ended up being a 14 6 and then yeah. actually i think it was the same um nick into hayden was a 25 21 so also a four point difference so um they both they both lost, but they did pretty well, like 14 sixes, 14 sixes. Obviously, yeah. I got 20 owed, and then Liam essentially got a 20 owed. So, yeah. Um, yeah. 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 Cool. Um, yeah. It was all right. Like, again, we lost the round, but we, no one kind of 60 owed us. 
Um, and we'd played like really tough teams like on yeah. day one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that kind of was our day one. And that mission was um, head on collision. So it's the one where you're playing in like a diagonal line straight through the middle, where it's yours is yeah. worth one, the middle's worth two, and theirs is worth four. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the old border wall. Yeah. Put on angle. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, um, did you get up to any shenanigans on the Saturday night? Not too much, to be honest. Like we stuck around, we had dinner, um, but because our because our round started like 20 minutes later, Gabe gave us like 20 minutes extra, which meant we were the last ones to finish. And then me and Liam had to go to the motel to check in um, before that kind of closed. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So then enough. Hayden Hayden kindly drove us there. We quickly got changed and then went back to the venue. Um, everyone had pretty much gone, which is a bit of a shame. I thought more people were going to stick around. Um, but I think because there were a lot of locals and then I, I understand you guys ended up going over the road to the hyperdome or something but yeah um, yeah there was um there was word of like um to head out to the like d3 where the d3 boys were hanging and stuff like that um but um yeah i was keen to go but i think um yeah the guys were at dinner and it was just like let's just let's just stay here <laughs> so yeah yeah we, we went back uh we had yeah we went over and had dinner um across the road at the you know one of the restaurants over there and that was cool. And then we went back to the Airbnb and we watched uh, Idiocracy. <laughs> I don't know if, have you seen that movie? Oh, that's a, isn't that like a 2000 comedy movie? Yeah. It's like yeah. almost too, it's almost too real. Kind today. of, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, for people who haven't seen it, I definitely recommend you go what like hit pause on this podcast, go watch Idiocracy and then come back. <laughs> that's um, actually funny i kept a random like facebook article came up on my phone literally last night with like 15 like 2000s underrated comedy movies that hardly anyone's ever seen and idiocracy was on that list so. yeah it's a bit of a cult cult classic yeah like i it's one of those films that it's just been in the the culture and the background of culture like it's kind of mentioned or you're just sort of aware of its existence but i hadn't actually seen it and it's yeah it's um I it was awesome. I enjoyed it very much. But uh, yeah, some of the, some of the scenes there are just like just too accurate for today. Very reminiscent of like Trump and yeah. stuff, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, yeah, all the Trump stuff. This is like fifteen years before he he came yeah. into the office. So it was just oh, it was crazy. But um, yeah, like I guess you could say this weekend. Um, very proud of myself. Party party James wasn't um prevalent this weekend so i was trying to be sensible i wanted to not be hung over on sunday i wanted to be a good boy because like gold con i was pretty messy on on the saturday so i wanted to try and you always, regain you always some... just do it when you're staying with me and you give me like stress give you hell i know so... games. <laughs> <laughs> i'm sorry i'm, I'm trying to be no, better man i'm trying it's to be funny. a better person it is funny <laughs> So I managed to succeed in that. I think you only really... do it around. Me. I think you only do it around me because you know I'm also kind of up for a party. Like I'm also yeah. going to stay out and have a drink. Whereas exactly, like Clint yeah. and Trav and that will will probably like no James. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they're not like big party animal types. You know, like you know, I, I like to party. What can I say? I I do enjoy uh, a good time. So um, yeah, and I do get FOMO, <laughs> especially when I know that there's some sort of. Uh, shenanigans going down in another location then <laughs> yeah but um 
but yeah, nevertheless, though, I wanted like wanted to stay stay true to the Wet Pat Warriors and um, hang out and spend some spend some more quality time with them. So we did, and it was good. Had a good good time. Yeah, um, yeah good chats into the into the late late evening and a uh, good a good night's sleep. Um, had some reasonable reasonably effective um, blockout you know, blackout blinds in the Airbnb. So wasn't being woken up by the sun rising at 3.30 in the morning or whatever time it does in Queensland <laughs> at that yeah. time of the year. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it was actually lovely being in Queensland at th- that, that time of year after just like, after the, the bitter cold of the south, um, the southlands in, around Goldman and Canberra. Um, it was nice to be able to just get around in some shorts and thongs for a bit. <laughs> It's that's beautiful out there. Queens, that's what you get in Queensland, mate, pretty much all yeah. year. Oh, yeah. Even yeah. summer, like winter rather, is like 20 degrees, blue yeah. sky. <laughs> We're still getting like three degree mornings down here. Nah, it's only just started that. warming up this week. Nah. We're just like, it's like 24 degrees today. It's like the hottest day we've had like in months, you know, like it's, oh, it's be been, summer. It's been 30 plus for the last week up here at least every day. Yeah. No, we've, it's it was, I think I'm pretty sure it was snowing somewhere close by down this way <laughs> last week. <laughs> um, oh but yeah, good night. Um, good night. Saturday night party. James didn't come out, even though he did rub shoulders with, um, with Mick. He was there getting around the place and the temptation was strong with that, with that one, but I uh, managed to avoid um, a train wreck. <laughs> <laughs> I, I yeah I hardly saw Mick all weekend because um that it, was the one thing like, like well, he, was him, he was there he was he was yeah him. I saw him a couple of times yeah, he, yeah. Had, he, he always had drinks in his hand but like I had so little time that in man likes ra- to party. like in the rounds um especially being the captain and trying to enter all of the scores because I had to like obviously the team captains had to enter all of the scores for the team through down under pairings rather than everyone enter their own individual scores. And then because of Gabe's like extra prizes, there was loads of extra stuff you had to fill in, like how many models you'd killed, how many heroes you'd killed, how many of your units had survived and all that stuff, which is like, it's cool that Gabe does the prizes. um, But I will just say like, it was a lot of admin. And also I think because of it, certainly a lot of my opponents I know were just like, Oh no! Fuck that! Don't like. Don't worry about it. Not inputting it. So I was a little bit like, are the everyone's got to do it all. Are the, are the people yeah. that win these prizes just going to be like the people that kind of bother to put their stuff in? Um, yeah. yeah. But one person doing it, like all of those things for like four people on their team plus like opponent yeah. stuff, mm-hmm. like on a website that was being slow, like. I got, I got so little downtime between rounds. Like, honestly, I yeah. got so little mm. downtime. And then because our, like I said, because our third round started late, finished late, we had to then quickly get to the motor in to check in before they cut us off. Then mm. we came back to the venue, but everyone had gone. So the rush, the rush for lunch as well. <laughs> yeah. Like I knew that that wasn't going to work because I get that they have to try and do something with how many people are there. But I just remembered the previous years, like what happens when everyone pre-orders and they just come out and everyone holds up a card. Like you can have been the last person to order and just sat down and a meal comes in front of you and someone else could have been waiting for half an hour and they get their food last. So it just, I didn't bother. 
I I just walked up to the counter and ordered separate food from the separate menu and sat <laughs> on a table by the bar and I got my food on time both days. So yeah, yeah. I'm just like, nah, that system doesn't work, unfortunately. But um, yeah, it didn't affect me. But um, <laughs> I um, but... I I did the same thing as you first day and then. And you ate my pizza because your food didn't turn up in time. That's oh, that's right. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I ate half of your lunch too. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, our second day. No, actually, I I pre-ordered my cheeseburger on the Saturday after lunch, so I had my ticket ready to go, like twenty four hours before, <laughs> or sixteen hours beforehand, or whatever. Like, but uh, yeah. Anyway, um, so but round then, two. Yeah, I was, I was just going to say like. Yeah, so the evening for our side, like, yeah, basically me, like our team just ended up having dinner at Fitzy's, just the four of us. Um, had dinner, had a bit of a chat for another hour or so. And then, um, yeah, Henry headed down to the coast. I think his family got a unit down there. So he was going down there and staying there. And then Hayden drove me and Liam um, back to the motor inn. And then he had to go off because he had, like, uh, work early in the morning and then yeah me and Liam obviously kind of stayed up and were chatting for a bit and that's when the whole revelation about the Iron Jaws thing came up so Liam was Liam went to bed pissed off um, <laughs> which then was fine in the morning but he went to bed yeah. annoyed um, and then yeah I, I was like oh no this is cool I'm going to be able to actually get like a good night's sleep for once like I don't have to like I'm not going to get woken up by my child early in the morning like on the weekdays and I was like oh it's like because at the point we were kind of going to bed, it was like 11. And I was like, I don't need to be up until like eight. So I'm like, I'm going to get like a solid like nine hours here. And then obviously me being me, my brain was going through stuff. So I was on my phone till probably like 12. That <laughs> was probably till like 12.30. And then woke up at six and couldn't freaking go back to sleep. So I was just like, all yeah, right, there's, yeah. there's five and a half hours. But um, yeah, so be it. Yeah. But yeah, it wasn't it wasn't kind of a, a big party or a wild party or anything, which was a bit of a shame because I hadn't really like literally the only people pretty much I'd been able to interact with on the first day were my opponents as well. So yeah, yeah, I really didn't like there was a lot of people there, but I didn't really get to talk to people much, which was a shame. Yeah. Yeah. There's always like, yeah, the situation where it's in passing. Hey, hey, how's it going? Like, you know, so many people who you you, you love and know and have known for years and it's you. It's just nice to have that extra hangout time and which you just don't get. So maybe we need to mobilize and get a bit more organized with after parties. Well, that's, um, yeah, that's normally what the evening is for. But like, yeah, yeah. I don't know if it was just because it was later or or what. But Locals, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I think well, everyone's just getting old. Day two, round four. Uh, we rock up. Everything's fine. No mishaps with public toilets. Um, <laughs> it was fine. <laughs> Everything was good. Um, so round one, or oh, sorry, round four, I should say, uh, we drew up against the Silver Horde. So that was Ben Rowan, uh, Nick Cambridge, uh, James Lynch, and Adam Norris. So uh, this round, Clint was matched up with um, Ben, and he'd so Clint got a a solid win there for the 20 against Ben. I can't remember what he had. I'm sorry. Um, and I played Nick Cambridge and he's Seraphon. So I think he had the coalesced from memory, but I'll go into that game in a minute. Um, Travis and James Lynch. So um, beautifully painted armies oh. on the table. 
So that was a sight to behold and a rare occasion. So I don't know if they'd actually played a game before, but it was just awesome to see um, Australia's two top, two of Australia's top army painters um, facing off. Um, so Sylvaneth, that's the Night Haunt. So uh, James took home the win there in 20 nilled Trav. Um, and Brant um, played Adam and 20, 20 nilled Adam there. So the um, outcome for this round was actually 40 all. Um, so it was a draw uh, for this round. So it was our first kind of point on the board <laughs> for the weekend, like in terms of um, round points for our team. Uh, but coming coming back to the game, so Nick um, and his Seraphon, he had the Cronspine, so I drew the Cronspine straw this time and can't remember the battle plan for this one, but... Um, again, it was like the challenge of uh, playing silver. It was, no, not silver. It, was prize of Gal- it was prize of Gallat. Uh, okay, yeah. Gallat? Galay? Gallat? I was saying Galay. Yeah. Apparently it's Gallat if you listen to GW stuff. So, meh. Okay. Gallat. Righto. Okay. Um, it's going to be gone soon anyway, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> um, Fuck Gallat is what James is saying. Galay. <laughs> I'm saying Galay. This is the hill I am dying on, okay? It's Galay. Galay all the way. Anyway. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so Seraphon, I've got a great track record playing against Ser- um, Seraphon armies in recent memory. Um, they're just too strong. They're too strong for my army, especially because awesome. of the list. Yeah, you included. You're, you're guilty. You're just as guilty as the rest of them. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah so i i, I was like okay I, I, I'll, I'll give it a good crack anyway i always give it my all um but yeah he had the cron, cron spine so i was just like well let's go send in the big drug point him at the biggest ugliest thing on the in the enemy's army and um send him in and yeah like cron spines the big scary big bad but you know all you have to do is throw a fort drug Big, uh, big drug fort kicker at him, and it takes it out in two turns. So I was able to deal with the Cronspine. Um, to be fair, though, Nick's rolls to, like, keep it in the game, um, I think he, yeah, just couldn't get those rolls high enough to, to like, stop it from going down a level. And then, yeah, after the second round, it just whoosh, got him off the table. So that was cool. I'd killed my first Cronspine. First time I'd actually um, faced one as well, so I was happy with that. That was my little... Uh, moral victory for the game, but the rest of the game sort of went um, very much in Nick's favour. Um, <laughs> he had his um, Engine of the Gods rolling hot as well, so he had some cool stuff coming out from that. And um, yeah, I gave it a good go, but yeah, he just sort of was able just to kind of just kill my stuff and get the objectives. And um, yeah, it was for me, it was all about that little mo- that moral victory of killing the Cronspine. So, uh, but yeah, that was it for that was it for my round four. Yeah, nice. Um, yeah. Uh, how'd the others go? Uh, what were the like, results? Uh, so, yeah, Clint, um, Clint 20 0 Ben and Travis, uh, James Lynch 20 0 Travis and Brant 20 0 Adam. So it was um, an even, it was even. So 20 Clint nils around. 20 nils, yeah, 20, two 20 nils each. <laughs> so it was good. Yeah, uh, 40 all. Yeah, nice. A, a draw for ter- for round four. A draw by this, for round four. A draw for round four. And um, when you're at this point in the 
in the tournament when you've had three, you've got no points on the board, you sort of end up getting paired against uh, similar players, if you know what I mean. Similar level, similar similar um, kind of outlook players, I guess you could say. So, yeah, it was good. It was good fun. Nice. Um, so we were paired into the D3 More Wounds boys, the Weapons mm. of Mass Intoxication team. Yes. So we, we'd obviously, pairings had come up the night before, so we'd seen that and we were like, yes, this is going to be great. We're going to have a good round. Um, the D3 boys are great. So um, I was like, nah, this is cool. Um, so the D3, the Mass Intoxication team was um, Brogan, Lachlan, um, Stephen Patterson, and Josh Foster. So awesome. Um, yeah, the pairings we got were me into Steve Patterson with his um like snowboarding um iron jaws. So he's got uh two more crushes, uh like just three pigs and then like a ten of then two fives of brutes and then uh like two or three war chanters. Uh three war chanters, I think. Um in Iron Suns, which is the counter charge one. Um and then Liam got paired into Josh. Um, with the Sylvaneth, so he had like six sides, Durthu, um, etc. Um, Warsong, uh, Lachlan had. Did he have Nighthaunt? I actually can't remember now what Lachlan had. Um, he was playing sooner after events, don't we? He was playing Hay. Well, because I'm not actually sure what my like yeah. people I didn't I'm play also had. Um, Brogan definitely had Soul Blight. Um, I can't yeah. 100% remember what Lachlan had. Um, but yeah, Henry. So uh, we won this round, didn't he? He, who, Lachlan? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that's what I say. Like he's known yeah. for his night haunt more recently. Yeah, yeah. I think he had night haunt. Um, so we ended up winning this round, um, fifty-one to twenty-nine. Um, so I twenty-owed Stephen. Um, I basically had a perfect plan. <laughs> like what? Well, I had a plan. Just did, just, every, just had a perfect game. Chef's and kiss. Everything, everything worked perfectly, and I was like, <laughs> Mwah. So I was basically, because I was umming and ahhing in the, do I take first or do I give away? Because normally, like, I backboard my army. I'm pretty low drops, and I'm like, cool, you can have first turn, and then I, I'm, I kind of usually am safe for most things, and then I set up for the double sort of thing. Um, but in this one, I was like, because he can triple move the more crusher because it's got fast and mighty destroyers and then go and then obviously double move like he could get like he could cross the board and get into me and just take something off and i was like i'm gonna go first and the plan is basically because one of his more crushes he'd taken the armor of gork which is it reduces its move by two but it gives it a six up ward save and it gives it plus one to hit um, but it means that his more crusher, he's got Fasten on it, so it gives him the free hero phase move once per game. But it's move ten instead of move twelve. Um, and then his other more crusher is obviously like he. So I split my boats, hoping that he would basically split his more crushers on deployment because it literally doesn't matter where I put mine. But I was like, if I put both my boats down in one side, he's probably going to put both his more crushers opposite them. So I split my boats into two opposite corners, knowing it doesn't matter where the hell I deploy them because they can fly wherever they want. But hmm he split his more crushes to opposite sides. So I was like, good. So far, so good. But I made sure that one of my boats, the one with the navigator in, was going to be within like 36 inches of the more crusher. Um, so 
which was the slow one because the navigators in my hero phase on a three up you pick a unit that an enemy unit that flies within 36 inches and on a three up it's half move and on a six it also takes like d3 mortal wounds but the main thing is half move um so yeah pretty much i set everything up so that i t- i decided to take the turn i rolled the three up so i halved the move on the armor of gort crusher that was on one side so it was only movement five yep. um and then i used my hero phase move and i took my boat over to the other side the complete opposite side and drop my geminids out so that i could um get the geminids he didn't find a stour either of his more crushers either which was great um so then i dropped my geminids down um and was able to get the other more crusher the war chanter and the two units of five brutes um and i got the heroes out to get my tactic it was the first time i managed to do ko tactic which i had been thinking through my other games of what you have to do and it's called boots on the ground Mm-hmm. So you have to you have to pick three you have to pick three units that are garrisoned within a sky vessel and they you complete the tactic if all three of those units are wholly within enemy territory out of the ship at the end of that turn. So I deployed my units, I switched up how I deployed them in my boats so that I had the units in I think I put my navigator in like I normally put the navigator in with the other ship, but I put my chemist, my navigator and my uh 10 arconauts in my ironclad that i hero phase moved because he'd get he'd given me a space to the side so i put my ironclad off to the side and then was able to get them out of the boat in my movement phase and then move them into his territory yep um Hmm. it meant that the because i needed to run them i think because of the distance from zoning i needed to run them to get them into his territory so it meant i didn't get to shoot my flare pistol with the navigator that turn which gives me like it gives my whole army re-rolls to hit so i was a bit like, ah, oh, fuck, I'm going to lose my rerolls here, but it's still, I should be all right. Um, yeah. But anyway, I dropped my ship over, put the Geminids across, got the more Crusher. I rolled the two plus on the more Crusher and the War Chanter, but I actually rolled ones on both the units of Brutes, which means that they were able to receive commands. Because um, basically Geminids stop you being able to receive commands until yeah. the following combat phase. So they yeah. basically stop people redeploying, unleashing hell and receiving all out defense against shooting. Yep. So they're a much cheaper purple sun for me in terms of getting basically rend. I can either add plus one rend or I can stop my opponent being able to all that defense and the Geminids are yeah. a lot cheaper. So, yeah. and actually being able to stop redeploy and unleash hell can be really useful too. Yeah. Um, so I put the Geminids in, got managed to get the crusher. So it wasn't finest houred and it couldn't all out defense. So it was just going to be on its base three plus save. <clears throat> and then I just unloaded an ironclad into it and then i unloaded another ironclad into it and because it flies and i'm zilfin all my ironclads got reroll ones to hit anyway so not having the navigator pistol that turn didn't matter too much um but basically i killed the crusher on the other side um and then and i killed the war chanter but i didn't really do much to the brutes um and then he he didn't charge me his turn he charged me and then i used unleash hell and then last word and like killed a unit of brutes and then pretty much smacked off the other unit as well and with the other crusher it was only movement five and i was obviously on the complete other side of the board and then i started then moving my geminids across so i also just put them in a position which blocked where he could move so he couldn't land on it so i pretty much just nullified the crusher and for like two for like two two or three turns until i dealt with all the other stuff and then i was just like okay, I've killed your pigs, I've killed the crusher, I've killed like most of your brutes. 
now I'm just going to get in range and just take off the other crusher. Um, because also the second turn, he then used his finest hour, so I just ignored the crusher and just killed the mm. other stuff. And it was still so slow that it wasn't going to get to me because I just kept halving its move um, and just staying away. So it was like, Steven took it really well because I basically just was like, bam, I'm just going to shoot off all your stuff and move around and just shoot off all your stuff. And he didn't, he didn't get to do. Couldn't get his, get his iron jaws off. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so mm. yeah, that was a solid win for me. I was like, look, I had a plan. My plan worked perfectly. And so I got I got the 20-0, which is good. And yeah, Steven's a great opponent. He took it really well and yeah, had a good game. Um Liam lost against Josh, the Sylvaneth. He was like, after that game, Liam was like, Oh, I think I'm back on the Sylvaneth train. Like they're amazing. Um, I thought Liam would win, but Josh played super well with his wood at the back because mm. he was like Marathi couldn't like however he was positioning, Liam was like Marathi couldn't fit, she couldn't go in the trees. So he was like, I can't shoot him. And Marathi couldn't fit. And he would just teleport the sides out, smack a level off the cronspine, disappear, smack a level, kill the cronspine down. And then like the bows couldn't see anything. Um, so yeah, it was a close game, but Josh won that 21 to 18. Uh, so got a 13 7 against Liam. Um, but then uh, Lachlan beat Hayden as well. So that was a. 10, 10 to 6 to Lachlan. Um, so that was a 14 6 to them. Um, but Henry got a 23 to 15 against Brogan. So Henry got a solid 18 2 against Brogan. So um, yeah. yeah, our two losses weren't massive losses and our two wins were big wins. So we ended up getting a, a 51 29 against them. Oof. Nice. Nice. And all yeah. good games too. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, round five. Shall we dive in? Let's do it. Let's finish let's, this puppy. Let's let's finish it. Finish him. All right. So we drew Dicey Digits 2, Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> so that was uh, James Sharman, Brody Mortimer, Cameron McCormack, and Jackson McCormack. So uh, Clint uh, paired off with uh, James. Uh, Clint uh, got a resounding victory with a 20-0 on James on that in this round. Good way, good one for him to finish off the tournament on. So I think he went three and two as his final personal um, win result over the weekend. Uh, myself, I played up against um, Brody, who had Iron Jaws as well. And, um, yeah, so we had, a, we had a great game. We had an awesome game. He was a real, he's a real fun opponent. Um, hadn't met him before. His army was um, up on the on the uh, nominations as well. So lovely, uh, really sort of grimy, sort of um, very muted sort of uh, Iron Jaws army with some awesome um, freehand on the armor plates and stuff like that, like the, um, you know, the, that classic um, orc sort of checkered patterns and stuff like that. So yeah. really cool army, um, really fun dude. We um, we bashed face. We just pushed, pushed our models in the middle <laughs> and just had a classic Warhammer game. Um, yeah, it was good, good fun. Um, the VPs was 18-8 my way, so that was a 20-0 for me. Um, yeah, can't remember too much more from the game, but I just I remember there were some cheer moments and uh, a bit of banter, a bit of fun. Um, Brady's a great guy, and that was a great way to um, finish up the weekend. So it was win-win, uh, loss-loss, then a win. So I finally got my got my three-win grin for the weekend. So um, I was win, happy. Win-win, loss-loss, win. Yep. What was that? <laughs> yeah. 
yeah, that was that was my uh, that was my emotional roller coaster ride <laughs> over the weekend. <laughs> uh, and then, uh, yeah, so Trav played Cameron, um, and that was a twenty o for Cameron on that round. So poor Trav, it's been it hadn't. I was gonna say, had, did Trav get twenty o in every game? Pretty much, yeah, yeah. Oh, no. Yeah, it's a bit rough. I think I think he had a pretty rough weekend with uh, the game. Uh, t- yeah, to be honest, like he's it's sort of. I think he hadn't played any of the third edition yet. And um, uh, yeah, so it was just kind I, of, I, I it was very much landing the army. And yeah, I was like, yeah. you've you've taken a finesse army because Sylvaneth like are a finesse army now in the new book. And the list he took was probably the most finesse of the finesse. So yeah. Yeah, yeah. But it's just, uh, yeah, been, hadn't been playing that much. Um, but yeah, as we all know, Trav, Trav is, the, is, a, is a painter. Painter more than a gamer, that's for sure. He's a, and um, he's a wet yeah, palette warrior. Definitely is a wet palette warrior, a winning pet wet palette warrior. <laughs> um, but yeah, so yeah, that was Trav's results of the weekend. Yeah, it's a bit rough. I felt feel a bit bad bad for him, but um, that's just the way it goes sometimes. And um, I don't know whether we'll do a episode with um with Clint and the wet palette warriors um, with Trav and Brant. Um, not sure, but we might we might be able to chat more about. Um, the wider experience of the team at another point, but yeah, we'll see. And yeah, the last game was uh, Brandt and Jackson. So that was an 11-11 actually. So that was, so Brandt's result of the weekend was a uh, loss, win, 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 draw. So drew the last game. So there you go. Um, so that was our first round win as well for the team. So we were 51 to their 31. So we finally got there last round. We got a win for the team. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was us for the weekend. So, um, yeah, after that, um, we'll go into post-event shenanigans um, after you've talked about your last game. So how did you guys go last round? Yeah, so we played uh, two Savage, two Northmen. Um, so that was Tim Brumpton, James Coyle, Zach Wilson, and Sean O'Day. Um, so, yeah, I didn't know any of these guys um, beforehand. Um, I played Zach, who had uh, Zinch. His army was one of the ones that was nominated for um, like best painted or coolest. Um, so it was a really, really nicely painted um, cool army. It was like gray, like the gray and pink Zinch. Mm, yes um, yeah so yeah like that was really nice um unfortunately um zach wasn't feeling very well he said like he wasn't feeling great over the whole event and like to be honest if it hadn't been a team's event he, it was like i probably would have gone home um which is a shame mm. but he like he he kind of soldiered on through and was um like a champ through our game um i think he's one of his teammates was playing ko as well like similar so i think he's played against them a lot and doesn't doesn't really like the matchup for zinch which i i kind of get um because they probably have the firepower to go through horrors and kind of stay outside of range of the casters generally um Mm. so it depends um oh it kind of depends on priorities and stuff like that so he was kind of saying look if you get priority here it's done or whatever and then he'd win priority so like all right right, let's let's keep let's keep going and see how we go and do some stuff and it was cool because i it was my first game against new zinch um as well um, so I kind of got to see some of their shenanigans, I guess, um, in terms of uh, like the burning sigil and creating spawn like left, right and center. Um, and then 
uh, like he had uh, cogs, um, obviously for no, he didn't have cogs. He had the uh, the book, like the Tome of Eyes or whatever it is, um, which is actually really solid because that is just like linked to the caster, and it just it moves with the caster as they move, and that just gives the caster like rerolls. So he was just getting like all of his casts were rerollable oh, with Cairo. Okay, cool. With cast, just, with Cairo. Just rerolls full stop across the board for everything. Yeah. Yeah. Oh wow. Okay. Um wow. Cool. so yeah, he was just getting rerolls on Kairos and stuff like that. So that's pretty good. And yeah, obviously the, the sigil was just like creating spawn and um and stuff. So yeah. Um but uh yeah, like it was interesting. Like I came forward, kind of shot off like flamers and shot a lot of pinks um, from one unit and kind of basically stayed outside of range of his casters. Um, so he was going to need uh, like a double because he made me go first. So I was pretty cagey um, in terms of where I ended up because I wasn't going to just drop myself within range of 18. So he had his, I uh, kept myself out of range of all his flamers and stuff basically. So <clears throat> I was <clears throat> I was pretty comfortable with the first turn, um, and I was like, "He's go he's going to need a double to kind of have any chance at coming back into the game," sort of thing. Yeah. Um, but I also knew if he did get me, like he was only going to get one round into me, and that was going to be the double. So then I would always be on for a double as well. Um, but yeah, so it kind of was back and forth, um, and it was kind of being, yeah, like. It, if at any point I'd got prior, I think it would have just been like, okay, we can, like, we can wrap this up. But he kept winning prior, so then he was like, oh, okay, well, I'll do this. So then the points were quite tight, and we were scrabbling. But he was also like, I don't feel great, but I'm gonna keep playing. Um, and then I think Liam then kind of came over as we were getting closer for time, and was just like, Liam had won, Hayden had won, and Henry had all won, like basically all twenty O's. So we kind of said this game doesn't matter now because like, even if I win, you're going to get a 20 O from me. So we can yeah. just like, we can just stop. And he was like, okay, cool. So the point at, at that point, it was literally a, like exactly even score. So we just called it a 10, 10 draw. Yeah. Um, but they would have obviously then with the points capping. So it would have been, it would have been a 70, 10, but obviously they would have got a 60, 20, um yeah. anyway so um yeah that was a good kind of a good way to finish it off um yeah. i think we played out t three turns but he didn't like he he did not have a lot left at that point um and i still had i still had a ship and everything and i was like if we played the game out i think i would have shot the rest of his stuff off because i'd killed kairos i'd killed the other stuff i'd killed basically both units of pinks he'd already summoned like a flamer onto my objective to take it, which I'd killed. So, like, his points were gone. Pretty much all his casters were gone. So if we'd played it out, like, I'm, I'm pretty confident that I would have just killed it anyway. Um, so, like, I had a good last game. It was good to see Zinch. Um, I stopped, I think, the pivotal spell with the encounter, which is the five-up ward going onto one of those units of pinks. So I was like, you're not having that. Like, you're not having a five-up ward on 50 wounds worth of horrors. It's just not happening. Um but yeah, so um, no, that was a good kind of round, and obviously, yeah, the team finished strong um, as well for yeah. everybody else. So, oh, good. yeah, that was yeah, kind good. of our our final result. So, yeah, my final result was well, it would have been two wins, two losses, and a draw. 
Um, yeah. But basically, all my games would like all my games were twenty O's. Like I either got twenty O'd or I twenty O'd. So if I won the prior, yeah. I I twenty O'd, and if I didn't, I got twenty O'd. And that was how they all they all panned out that way, basically. Um, the only game was yeah, probably the the last game. As I say, like he got the prior one into two, but. I I wouldn't have been 20 owed in that game. I think that was probably the only game that I could have swung it around to still getting a 20 o but losing the prio. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, no, it was good. Yeah, cool, awesome. Yeah, awesome weekend. Good times was had by all. Warhammer was the winner of the weekend, that's for sure. Yeah, definitely was. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so that evening, um, I suppose a lot of people were working next next day, but. Um, Brent and I were gearing up for our drive home on the Monday. So um, we went back to where the D3 guys were staying back at their place. Uh, they had a nice big, sort of really big place, two-story, almost like a mansion uh, with a pool and big entertainment areas and lots oh, of nice. couches and stuff like that. So, it was, yeah, it's pretty nice. And so we were back there for a barbecue and as soon as we got there, I was down in my down in my undies and jumping straight in the pool with a beer in my hand. <laughs> it was just like now oh, it's time cool. to now it's time to party. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, we had a, had a good time there. Just um, just a few drinks and a barbecue chats. Did the salty sweet round. Um, yeah, it was awesome. Uh, so it was good to uh, oh, nice. have a hang and spend some time with the Sydney guys um, in Queensland. <laughs> so yeah, but um, yeah, definitely, I think. We just need to get a bit, everyone just needs, we need to get a bit more, bit more, a little bit more organized and organize some, some socials around the events as well. But, um, nah, it'll happen if it'll happen. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we've got, we've got CanCon coming up and that'll be the big one. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm like, not going to, I'm going to yeah. book accommodation, um, local so I can hang. Oh, you with, haven't, um, you haven't, you haven't booked yet. Like we've been booked in, we've got one of the, probably lo- should the lodges something. in Caratel booked. So. Yeah, yeah, it's probably yeah. booked out. Oh, I should sort something out. Probably now, but yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't I want. I don't want to drive back to Goulburn anyway. Oh God, no, no. So no. I'll probably I'll, if if I'll probably crash at Brands or something if it um, comes to it. But um, yeah, okay. Yeah, cool. Well, yeah, should we? Should we take a break there? And uh, yeah. we've actually got uh, an interview with a special guest lined up. So I think if we take a break um, there and. Uh, then we'll come back. Sounds good. Bro. Are you fucking real, man? Come on. And we're back from the break. So joining me now, um, I've got a special guest on the show, returning guest, um, Dan Brewer. He made a, re- a recent return to Runax um, playing fairly competitively um at age of sigma with um skaven and um did pretty well so uh we thought it would be good to to get down on and uh have a chat to him about his experiences of runax teams um and yeah kind of go through his games and talk about his list um having done well with skaven which um a lot of people probably are considering as one of the bottom armies at the moment in the meta so um i thought it'd be um a worthwhile guest to get on and have a chat so dan welcome back how are you doing i'm good how are you yeah not too bad um the other half we're here for the second time we are here for the second time 
<laughs> let's we've done this once let's try again with the record button on this time but um yeah we, um, yeah I think it, should be good. Um, it was a good chat last time anyway um but yeah. yes so um yeah no i'm good thanks uh yeah other half's down in sydney so just uh got a few nights to myself so prime recording time but um yeah how have you been doing much hobby did you have to do much hobby in the lead up to runex uh initially i did and then i couldn't so um for issues in my eyesight which i've spoke to you about like privately um here and there but um my depth perception just went like i've had like these ongoing issues in my eyes for a couple of years now and um so i was going to paint 10 plague sensor barriers and i had to borrow some off sam who was very kind to lend me some <laughs> last minute it wasn't just that i couldn't be bothered to do my hobby like everyone else but um yeah he was pretty good and um kind enough to lend me some sense of errors so no i didn't need to do some hobby but i was going to before i couldn't <laughs> so um yeah probably get well, these things happen not, not not everyone can hobby as well so um yeah i was gonna say and you you generally yours gave in collections pretty vast and generally painted so yeah one of the big advantages of just playing one army well i play two armies one of them got squatted so essentially i play one army is um whenever something new comes around um i can just add to what's already there so once i wrote this list i'd already painted 90 percent of it sam thompson by the way i just realized i didn't say his surname so thanks sam that was great um <laughs> nice to meet you mate you're very friendly um yeah i could just sort of like 90% of it's probably already done. I'd got like the Underworlds Warband to a free color minimum and was going to finish them and then do some sense of errors. And um, sense of errors aren't that hard to paint, but I just couldn't hold a brush and not miss the model. Like it wasn't, it just wasn't happening. So um, yeah, ever since I've had these sort of vision problems, it's, my hobby's been a bit disrupted. So when I can, I'll paint and I've been painting just different things, but. Um, last minute painting is not really on the agenda anymore i think i have to plan a little bit more advanced in case something happens but 90 uh, <laughs> percent of yeah. it i already had done so um anyway i was gonna say yeah i realized that yeah because obviously the slinks claw pack um spoiler alert features in the list and that's obviously new so you would have had to have done that but yeah um, i started painting that months ago like i bought that underworlds i was the first well probably the first person in australia to have that because there was it was one of those things that got delayed Oh, that's right. You got it from the UK, didn't you? Yeah. I just ordered it to my parents' house because uh, and got them to send it to me. It worked out cheaper, and I got it faster just to get the Underworlds Warband. I split it with someone. I don't, um, Good old Australia. <laughs> yeah, and um, just because I, like, I was like, why not? I'll just go get it. I grew up with like the second closest games workshop to my house was Warhammer World, and I never went there until I moved to Sydney. <laughs> so, <laughs> Like, I grew up near Nottingham and just never went. So, um, yeah, first time I went was with you in the UK. <laughs> yeah, I'd been a couple of times before I moved over, um, just for little doubles events with a friend. Yeah. But um, yeah, obviously nowhere near as many like as much as I would go now. Like if I was in the UK now, I would be going there like a couple of times a month probably to just. Uh, it do, really do wasn't that far from my house. Whatever. It, it was probably a 40 minute drive from where I grew up. So instead I went to like the little tiny games workshop in Lincoln when I was a teenager and then <laughs> stopped going. Um, yeah. You know, missed opportunity maybe. <laughs> cool. Well, so yeah. Do you want to just crack into it and run us through your list maybe? Um, and yeah, talk about 
the list your thoughts about constructing it if like there's different elements to it why you made certain choices with battalions artifacts etc yeah okay sure um well ben spinetti actually helped me write this because i wasn't familiar with the grand strategies and um we all had to submit all the lists at once and i was the person on my team that hadn't sent it yet and then he said that we have to do this all in one go like i can't just submit theirs and wait for yours so he um called me when i was in the cinema <laughs> and so i sort of sent him a list and um yeah, we didn't talk about this in the first recording but he did i was watching a, a movie and then that step outside wrote a list and sent it to him just to not miss the deadline and then i was like i don't understand the battalions and what i'm meant to do and i don't know what the grand strategies are just because i've not been playing aos3 and he's like take this artifact <laughs> so ben wrote like probably a quarter of my list i was like these are the units i'm going to take but he sort of made it all go together so um considering i went five and oh ben accidentally wrote a good list so, <laughs> <laughs> so the battalions i i don't know what the battalion i still don't um i only learned earlier this week when i played liam that one of my battalions lets me get an extra cp for free at one point in the game which i never did yeah um, the warlord yeah so i've got a warlord battalion i've got um expert conquerors which i do know what that does um so i'll just go through it, it for the whole thing so my grand strategy was no place for the week ben picked that he just said i have to go battle line i was like okay i haven't read them <laughs> and then um, my general was an arch warlock who had a command trait deranged inventor i forgot about the command trait and didn't use it the entire tournament so it's sort of <laughs> wasted cp for no reason um artifact is the brass orb i love the brass orb it's, it's my favorite thing in the whole book which is really funny um i played liam explain the tech for, for the so, reason behind the brass orb <laughs> brass orbs just okay just a it's hilarious b it's just easy to set up so i think skaven are good at setting up so um it's a scryer relic on a free pass you pick a unit within six and they have to remove it from the table at the end of the turn set it up in the deployment zone again but if you, it still has to be nine away from you. And I think they errated it, FAQ'd. This didn't actually come up in the tournament, but I've done it since. Um, that if it doesn't fit, it counts as slain. So I just thought it'd be funny because it's like one of the few things that can auto kill Marathi. So I was like, in case I play Dolls the Cane. And I did play Marathi, but um, I didn't brass orb her, unfortunately. But um, so you, it's easy to set up because Skaven can scurry away. So if you leave like a my arch warlock is on a fruit, say if you leave him in cover or something like just behind a, a screen or a unit of clan rats, it's easy to um for him to get pulled into combat. Most people can't reach him, they're not gonna go for him. It just gives him a free six inch move to set up the brass orb. And also because um one of my other things I take is Fanquil, he can once per battle round um issue a command to two units. So you can sort of double redeploy and sort of set up that way as well, or set up to see where you're going to get charged to enable the scurry away to in the hero phase for the brass orb within six inches so um i had that and i think i explained that before every game i think the threat of it did more than the orb itself to be honest um instead of three plus i tried to do it on a magma drop in one of my games in order to and i was like oh. <laughs> um so i've got my arch warlock uh brass orb deranged inventor i didn't use deranged inventor the entire tournament just because i had it more 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 warp power um i just mentioned fan call fan call on bone ripper I a million percent do not think you should ever use water fire throwers on Vancouver. I just think it's such a waste. Like whatever you're going to trade with, he has to get right up close to redeploys a thing. Um, he's so good. His war scroll spell I think is actually quite underrated because I, I did use it in some of the games um, against some Macrodrafts, Marathi, and things like that. Madness. He's such a reliable caster, and 
he can't scurry away because he's got a mount. So you can only scurry away if you're you don't have a mount. So because you're on Bone Ripper, he can get locked into combat anyway. And he's just super good at finding his way out. So um because again he can issue commands to two units um once per battle round, not per turn, per battle round. Um I had a unit of ten plague sensor bearers that I was casting Death Frenzy on and I was moving him up with that as a support hero. He's pretty fast. He auto heals D3 every um the end of every combat phase, I was finding that I could fight my way out of things. He didn't die the entire tournament. Like, he survived every game. And there's, there's a couple of games where he'd taken, like, 10, 11 wounds, and by the end of the game, he was fully healed. Like, um, I think Fank was amazing for me. He's a must-take for Skaven. And I would always use four Warp Fire Braziers. Like, he's incredible in combat. It's very easy to buff the hit and wound roll in the game at the moment. So you can go twos and twos quite reliably. Um, my list is only 1950 points. So I got a triumph in every single game that I played. And um often I would use a plus one to win and Frank will, uh, Death Frenzy some sensor bearers, charge the sensor bearers in. Generally speaking, I'd use them first. Um, but he's incredible. The plus five to I was getting plus five to cast and unbind a lot of times just from setting up mixed with Norholes. He's got an eight plus three. Uh Norhole gives you plus one. Norholes are no longer arcane. They're just a plus one to cast. So you can get arcane and the Norhole now, which can give you a plus yeah. five to cast and bind. And just no one was really getting any spells off against me. There's only two casts wizard. But um, there's a couple of lists I played that were reliant on magic. You never got a single spell off against me. And um, I've got six unbinds in my list. So, um, yeah, he's incredible. Um, I've got uh, a Warp Nor Vermin Lord. By far the best Vermin Lord, in my opinion, because it's 275 points. You can give him Flaming Weapon, which you can't give to Fankel because he's unique. Um, and... Um, He's just super cheap. He scales poorly, but with Flaming Weapon, I think you can kind of get around that to a degree. He's a, a demon, so um, Bravery 10, so you can have a recovery him. And um, mm -hmm. I was generally running him near Fankwell as well, because he can issue a plus one to hit to both of them uh, if he needs to. Um, I was often using him as a screen, because I'd rather than kill the Warp Northern than my sensor bearers, and it was working, to be honest. Um, sometimes he fluffed it, but he you can make him damage ticks if his twos and twos attacks get through and they hit the right thing um you can just remove things so um i think he's great um for the warp novel and the forge world one I, I don't think any of the other vermin lords are worth the points just because of how expensive they are so even though he's not been updated to be like 13 wounds at the the other ones um yeah and he still hasn't got um <coughs> sorry that kid you know the way that they've changed scaling damage now yeah he it, still scales worse badly yes the fact um, that he's 270 range instead of 400 range makes him more viable he just does more damage than the others anyway so all right even if he's damaged yeah. two and you you know flaming weapon him unless he's got splinter screech which is the once per you, you can just pick a, a model out of a unit which was helpful you can set him up in a no hole i never did that i know there's an artifact in scope and we i think it's an ashen one which can turn a, a terrain feature into a no hole i don't really know why you'd ever want to do that but um yeah, I think he's incredible. Flaming weapon. Um, I gave him, well, Ben gave him the relic for plus one to wound. So relic a vial of, a vial of manticore venom. Yes. So he had a vial of manticore venom, so he was plus one to wound. And again, it's really easy to give plus one to hit out. Um, so he did really well. Uh, and then I've got Slink Skidashank, who's probably my MVP. And I also think it's probably a must-take for any Skaven list. I would always take Slink, and I would always take Fankle. So Slink is the Underworld's Warband uh, character. The, I'm using Hero. I'm using 40k terms. So. <laughs> I haven't played that much 40k for the record. I'm just used to it. Um, <laughs> right. 
but um the things i like about 40k is i'm not very good at it so i don't have to like there's no pressure <laughs> um i've only played a handful of games and um they say carriage instead of hero and stuff like that but uh slink skittershank is the underworld's warband and um his retinue as well that come with him are just amazing they set up holy within six of a terrain piece six away from your opponent it really forces people to cage up and if they don't he can just hero snipe so um actually won an award for killing the most heroes at the event and i would say probably half of them were slink <laughs> to be honest so um and also because he's uh, an Eshin hero, you get access to Master of Meta. So you can pick one of your opponent's heroes to get plus one to hit and wound against for all Eshin units, which includes shooting. And I took a unit of 10 gutter runners who definitely benefited from that. So um, gutter runners are also amazing. But those are all of my heroes. And the reason, he's basically a fish for sixes unit in shooting and combat. Uh, if you manage to charge both of them in, which the unit and slink, if he'll strike first. Um, fight at the beginning of the combat phase and then he gets to retreat after attacking um and he's basically a slightly more combat orientated death master so the death master's got five shooting attacks five combat attacks he's got four shooting attacks six combat attacks i'd probably prefer it that way anyway um i personally wouldn't run like a sort of i'm not deceiver but if i was going to i'd run slink a deceiver and a death master and skiddle the death master to then join slink and have both of them gang up and something and there's um what are they called? Battle tactic, where an, if an Eshin unit kills something with 10 or more wounds, they're settled up on wounded, and you've got Slink, a Death Master. Um, you can even, you know, not hold the Vermin Lord if you needed to, but I don't think it's necessary. Um, and then a bunch of gutter runners, they can pretty comfortably take something like that out. But I didn't build for that, but it's an option. I would just take Fank all over a Deceiver because they're the same points pretty much. Um, so those are all my heroes um, in terms of. Battle line because I've got um, a Squire hero and an Eshin hero. I've got 10 Squire Acolytes and 10 Gutter Runners become Battle line. And I took 20 Clan Rats. They're all in an Expert Conqueror's um, uh, Italian. Yeah. Yeah. So count is free. And um, my play style, like we've played a lot over the years, I'll happily count as free before I'll take the extra reverse damage, one. Yeah. yeah, the bounty hunters. yeah so yeah. I'm not a Bounty Hunters player, I'm an Expert Conqueror's player. I'll stand next to you. <laughs> just, uh, it's just sort of my playstyle, I guess. I've always sort of played that way. And um, I think Skaven played that way really well. Uh, and the gutter runners, I just thought, were incredible for it. Um, I was using... They were probably... Yeah, one of the best units in the book. If, if you're gonna, I think Slink is a must-include. And then if you're going to take him, you need to take some gutter runners as well. I took 10. Um, you could take 15, but then I think it becomes hard to fit in certain places. But... Um, 10 is 30 shots, and then with um, Unleash Hell, it's another 30 shots when they get charged. If it is your target for assassination from Master of Murder, you get plus one to hit and wound anyway, including your shooting. You're fishing for sixes, it's just a lot of model wounds. Um, yeah. So I think one of my games, it just killed more Crusher in the rain. That came in the board, shot it, and more Crusher charged it, stood and shot it, and killed killed it. Did the same to a Rot Spawn in a game as well. So just got to run us on their own. Like They're amazing. They can uh, run six. They're elite. Um, Fankwall is a totem which I only learned in my fourth game when I played this Skaven mirror match. <laughs> so I could telling him and my Squire Acolytes to both run six when I was in range to do so. Because um, they can both run and shoot. Yeah, um, yeah Gutter Runners are incredible. Squire Acolytes I still think are amazing. I guess the, the big thing for my list is um, whether or not I take Storm Fiends. I don't think Storm Fiends and Acolytes work in the same list. I would always run one or the other. Um, but I think we spoke about this before. Like One of the things you can take at the minute is Retogers. 
Yeah. Yeah, uh, that's something that I think is viable in Skaven. But um, I went for 10 Plague Sense of Errors just because I think Sense of Errors are incredible. They're only a 6 up save, but they're 2 wounds. And that minus 1 to win in combat, I would take that over a 4 up save. It, it just makes so many people fluff. Like it, it's an incredible defensive ability and they're far more durable than they deserve to be when you actually play out and roll specifically against them. They're um, surviving, you know, things. And then when it's getting death frenzy off at the first turn, I'm usually guaranteed a plus four to cast. So I'm yeah. reliably getting it. So, and that was making people want to go first against me because I wouldn't have death frenzy up. So I actually think four of my five opponents went first because. And I think it's the threat of Death Frenzy. And then I've got two units of three Gisales, which are also long-range shooting. So whenever I design lists, I always try and have an army that doesn't mind going first or second. Uh, yeah. I'm also one of the few people that... And I've always thought this, to be honest, that having a low number of drops is rewarded for a reason. So if, if you have a one-drop army or you have like four drops in your army, the reason you get to decide if you go first is because it's a massive disadvantage. So like if you're, if I've got like a 36-inch threat range unit of Gisales, and I've got um, the option to like put some things in the front line. I can sort of tell by the way you've deployed whether you might go first or second or whether it would be good for you to go first or second. Um, I can see where I might be able to come with my gutter runners and with my claw pack and things like that. Um, that is a huge advantage. Like I'm 11 drops. I'm quite happy to be 11 drops. So if, if you're any, because I think the one drop battalion, you told me you can only get a max of nine things in it. Nine, yeah, because you can yeah. take three heroes, five units, and a monster or an artillery piece. Yeah, so... Um, I, I think being people forget that being high drops is actually strategically good if you build for it. So I never got to decide the first turn in any of my games. And even historically speaking, I've never played for a low drop list because it is a disadvantage. That's why the game rewards you. Like if anyone takes anything from anything I'm saying in terms of like list building and things like that, design an army that's happy to go first or go second. And being high, there's a reason the game rewards you for doing a one drop. Like it lets you have first turn because it's such a massive deployment disadvantage. And so because I've got Giselles, I've got Norholes, I've got these short-range shooting units, I've got this Death Frenzy buff. Like if, if you make me go first, I'm probably going to get all that stuff up. I probably can get some characters. I probably can box you into a point. There's, there's things I can do. I probably can pick some things off with Giselles and it's easy to buff the hit roll, even if I forget my command rate. I was just paying CP for it. <laughs> but um, it's... Um, you kind of almost want to make your opponent feel like it's lose-lose. And um, that's kind of how I designed it. So the synergy in the list was to go with Acolytes and Gisales. You can take Storm Fiends or go Acolytes and Gisales if you're building for Skaven. In my opinion, do one or the other. I've always liked Acolytes, Acolytes and Gisales. They have always been my two units. They're more frail than Storm Fiends. But um, Acolytes have a 21-inch threat range. You make them order on six, which Fankwall can... They can't be very well with Fankwall. Um, and again, the power behind the throne ability if gutter runners are in range as well, even just in sense of errors to move up. Like it's, I found I was using it on redeploy, or I was using it on them quite early to make them you know, stand behind my screens. I'd have my clang rats just my screen. I'd have my sense of areas. I'd try and death frenzy them. I'd have my warp mill there, free to be hit as well. I'd have my squire acolytes behind, not so close that they're going to get targeted, but enough that. Um, they're allowed to just kill anything that goes near it, really. And um, and they did. Like, their mass damage, they're, they're incredible. And also their profile got better. They're freeze and freeze now. I think they get plus yeah. one to wound against the unit of 10 or more off the top of my head. That might be wrong, but it's easy to give plus one to hit. I've got a triumph. I use my triumph on them quite a few times for plus one to wound. Like I said, I had a triumph every game. My list is 1950. Um, 
yeah, they're frail if someone else is shooting. But um, that's why, that's why I'm thinking if someone makes me go first, I'm going to use my um, Giselles and I'm going to use my uh, runners and Eshin units to try and take out their shooting just to keep my shooting alive and safe. So uh, yeah. I think a big counter to me actually would probably be like a Stormcraft shooting list because they could just drop down and just remove my acolytes, but I never played them, so <laughs> it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's your, yeah, list. your lists and sense of errors, they're very good into combat armies as well. So like, was that, was that an intentional kind of list choice knowing that you're going into teams where you somewhat can control pairings or was it just, it, it could have been a singles event or whatever. You don't care what you play. This is the list you're taking. Uh, was the team's format like uh, a, a conscious a decision about it? Yeah. No, not really. I wouldn't say so. I mean, I think my army does great into combat armies. Like, I think the counter to what I've brought is someone else who's got long range shooting. Um, yeah. But um, no, it wasn't a decision. Like, I didn't put that much thought into it. Like I said, Ben told me what my grand strategy was and what my relic was. I, I didn't know there was a plus one to wound relic in the game. That's how little I've played. <laughs> so um, it just, um, it's really not too different from the lists I used to play. The only thing that's sort of new in there is Skittershank's Clawfax and Sense of Errors. Other than that, the sort of units I was using before that have just gotten better yeah. since the new Skaven book came out. And um, the, the big one I would also say to like Skaven people out there is I don't think Warfire Fires and Fancourt is a good idea. I don't think Lauchon and Fancourt is a good idea. I don't think that's the way to fight him. You're more than often sending him to his death for something that he's not going to trade with. That's 415 points worth of whatever. Like Skaven are great into hordes. Skyarchalites are great into hordes. Stormbeans are great into hordes. Ratogas are great into hordes. Uh, Gutter Runners are great into hordes. You don't need Warfare Fires on Fancourt. But he can just beat the shit out of things in combat and that's kind of what he did i also think his spell becomes useful then so it's yeah. um like it becomes helpful when he doesn't mind being stuck in combat and then you know there's a few times i'm just arcane bot mystic shield and it was useful so um yeah that's the list yeah cool um that's no, good it's um it's got a lot of the normal pieces in there that i think you see um but also like not having the storm fiends it's definitely not trying to do it's definitely not the nine storm fiend with a bridge. That's overkill. Take six. That, like, nah, um, you don't need to do that. But then, yeah, even six is such a big investment. And yeah, typically the lists you have kind of seen people pushing around with Skaven has been a big brick of storm fiends, probably a bridge. I'm trying to get all that stuff off. So it's good to just have lots of different units that all like mm. 10 plague sense bearers, 10 gutter runners, 10 acolyte. Like it's, it's units for like, multiple threats. Yeah. And it's more of a toolbox army um yeah i'd say so i think the storm fiends you can do but i would never run a nine i would just run a six it's just overkill and they're expensive and um they you know i i personally wouldn't do that because the, the bridge fails and then yeah you can also zone to a degree like if you're three inches 3.1 inches behind your screen the rattling guns can only hit the screen and the wind lot just have to hit whatever's behind depending what you're playing against that might not be ideal for what you get hit yeah. back just so relying on multiple spells to go off to make that work and sort of standing in front of them and hoping it's enough and there'll be some armies where that's not enough and yeah to me that's why i wouldn't run that although i did there was a skaven mirror match that i played where i got to see some things and um i guess we'll go into that when we cross it but um there's a lot of things yeah. in there i've seen that are quite popular that i purposely don't do and um i mean yeah 
across the yeah no i think i think that book's got (laughs) that book's got so many units in it and i actually think it's really cool um so for me it's been i think recently they've started to do a bit better at events which is good to see but um yeah i i don't think they're as bad at all as the stats would suggest they are i think they've actually got some really crazy powerful stuff for super cheap um i I think the biggest offender i've seen is more play they they've always been like um a finesse army i guess like strategic positioning and things like that using no holes well and knowing where to put them because gutter runners and slink come out of terrain pieces like where you put no holes to plug terrain is a big part of it but um it, the big offender to me is what for or fanquil it's just it's just a waste of points <laughs> um he's amazing but um and just vermin mods they cost the same same and that's what i've seen people run that i don't think is serving them like if yeah. that makes sense yeah yeah i think the vermin lords have probably dropped off a bit more recently but yeah i'd say they're not worth it now with their new points the only one that maybe gets an eye in is the corruptor um but it's still expensive um yeah. the but any, and, and then you're just fishing you're just fishing for sixes to wound with the artifact on the corruptor and and stuff to make him really good but um yeah not worth it in my opinion, but possible. Yeah. Go for it. All right, cool. Well, that's the list. Do you want to dive into like game one, um, which was Nidus Paths? Yeah, need you to tell me what the scenarios were. Uh, I played Jason Hatt. Nidus Paths is the corners, the two corners where you can teleport to the opposite corners if you end yep. your move, Holy Wind 6. Yeah, so I played Jason Harris. He was a really cool guy. I've met him before, but I never played him. And... Um, he had a really low drop army. He had multiple magma drops. Um, he were battle line and heroes. Um, and yeah, so we played that you know the diagonal teleport that you can do because he dropped before me. He didn't put anything anywhere near the back corner, which told me I'm safe to just put three details on my objective and I can avoid screen and move around and I'll be fine. So um, I think that was a big. Um, Maybe a big mistake on his part because if he just put something there just for the sake of it, it would have forced me to deploy very differently. But I knew I was safe because I was more drops than him, so I knew that I could do that. So sort of going back to what I was saying before, he didn't put anything in the corner, and even afterwards, I said to him that if he put something there, I would have deployed incredibly differently. And um, basically, Alpha struck me with magma drops, um, hit my screens. I was quite happy for that. I think uh, it's a good match for me because the magma drops killing whatever they kill with them in combat when I'm most of my damage comes from shooting. Um, he sent three Magmadoths straight at me, uh, but um, I tried to Brass Orb one of them, but I rolled a two, so I couldn't get rid of it. <laughs> uh, so I was like, I'm just going to have to kill them. And um, I took, I think, two of them out right away, charged one in just from shooting and damage, because I've got such high damage. Uh, Sense of Errors, Death Frenzy, and Acolytes. Got rid of two of them, got a runners as well, came on sort of near where I deployed to take out another one. And um, I just sort of ended up in this. I sent my claw pack in and killed two of his heroes that was sort of towards the back. Um, claw pack also good for um, is there two different units for like hold two units wholly in your opponent's deployment zone? So that was yeah, like a, large, a really easy one that I was, lines. yeah, I was getting that pretty comfortably and then hold a terrain piece partially in Europe that they're coming on the terrain anyway. That's so it was also. Yeah, that was also a really easy one to sort of score. Um, and what ended up happening, because he won the second turn priority, so he did kill all of my stuff back, um, is he sort of had his um, 
uh, leader, Magmadroff, sort of ended up in the middle of the board. And I just had something shit in every corner. So, like, this corner, I've got three Giselles. You, you can go and kill them if you want to, but I've also got a Norhole and I've got something else that's ready to go there. And then I've got, like, two Clan Rats in this corner. And then I've got three more Giselles in that corner. And then Fankwell's on his own in this corner. It's like, whatever he decided to go after, maybe not Fankwell, I'm not so sure, but he would have killed. But then I had something, like, you can't be everywhere. And as soon yeah. as you leave, I'm going to put something else there for a Norhole. And, like, it, so I kind of... Um, outpointed him that way so i got a 20 and 0 from killing most of his stuff a lot of my stuff died back but I just had a lot of weak stuff in all four corners and he just didn't have the mobility to keep up so the magma drops he alpha struck me with died um i killed his foot heroes and then he so he just had a couple of foot units and then the one magma drop that just weren't able to catch up so i just outpointed him by that point and um yeah like i just had something shit in all four corners so um it was like you can take it off me but i'm gonna take it back and um he was the only one who didn't get tabled so he did well (laughs) (laughs) um he also came the closest to killing fankor so considering it's my first game and like i played a couple of practice games that actually didn't go very well when i played like my own teammate steve um i should really talk about my team because we did that last time so i was in the d3 mortal wounds team so, which we did speak about last time, so I will shout them out right away. And we weren't there to win; we massively overachieved. Like we, um, it's that reverse submarine in Icarus. We flew too close to the sun and just dropped. <laughs> but um, it, um, yes. Yeah, so we were D three model wounds BDSM asterisk asterisk, and that was um, we were just looking at. Obviously, it was Ben's idea. And even at the end, because he actually wasn't in the room when they called us out for third. Um, but he's like, D3 model wins BDSM. And I was like, I have to walk to the front of this room and like 100 people, and you just named my team BDSM. Like, you don't feel like cool. <laughs> like, but um, the idea was it was like Ben, Dan, Steve, how to make Jordan fit, like Mjordan, like, then Asterix. And then we tried it the other way around, which is like Brewer, Drury, Spinetti. Jordan's fucked up again. What do we do? Um, Asterix. So, like, <laughs> we just needed someone with an M in their name. Just, but, um, no, we um, we didn't go in there to win. We were there just to have fun. Like, they drank, which is what they do. <laughs> like, I got an Airbnb with the D3 guys. I'm one of them now. But, um, yeah, it was a really fun weekend. They were great. And, uh, Sorry, I'm only calling you out now because we've already done this once before and I called you out right away the first time and we weren't recording. So um, those are my team. They were really cool. And um, I was really glad to be with the D3 guys. And we weren't there to win or compete or do well. I, I'm surprised I went 5-0. I didn't expect that that was going to happen. Like, I haven't played enough of this edition to expect to understand that. But um, yeah, I had uh, Zeech. Steve was playing Zeech. Ben was playing Drugs. Jordan was playing Deepkin. And I was playing Skaven. So we had like a, a mix of everything, really. So very yeah. different play styles and like yeah like our team did overachieve we did really well <laughs> so like the first round we got a 16-0 one so we won three of our games um and we hit the cap so um second round should just keep going i don't know what to do yeah, yeah, yeah. but like i'm yeah, talking more in this one than the other recording you were nah, guiding me a lot more similar, yeah. <laughs> um so second round was it was round cash yeah, so I, we played against Friday Night Tryhards, which was Magro's team. Um, and I played Jared Baker, 
uh, and his daughter's okay now. Me, and I, I'll be honest, I've spent most of that game just thinking I was losing and thinking there's not much I can do. And um, even said to him, I told him about the brass orb and Marathi. So in his first turn, he just killed my engineer, <laughs> as you would. But um, I could also see that he sort of didn't believe it, and I sort of had to explain it to them, to him. But um, so he had a drop list, um, and really, I just got an early lead on him, and was trying to outpoint him, expecting to get tabled. But uh, and he won turn three. I think he won turn two and turn three priority. He was the only one who made me go first. So I moved a bunch of clangouts onto the objective early and I think redeployed backwards so I could still hold them. Mm -hmm. um, so I was getting an early lead on him by getting like my battle tactic to hold one hold more, which I did for the first two turns. Um, I lost turn two and turn three priority. He managed to get the end the spell up. Um, the heart. Oh, the heart fury, the prayer. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I'd heard about the four up um, rally, which he said he had, and just for the record, really dumb mechanic, like poor game design, like that just shouldn't exist. <laughs> but um, so, but because of that, I set up in a way I was like, okay, I'm just going to try and remove everything one unit at a time. Um, he can't be everywhere and surround him. So he made me go first. He was really trying to protect his cauldron. Um, sort of baited Marathi on the side, and sort of new to not go for that. Um, I put my gutter runners on my claw pack and use my Gisales to basically kill his two units of 10 witch elves and his five units of, his unit of five harpies. So now he has to use his actual good units to try and score and win the game. Like I, I just knew that I didn't want to leave one witch elf left and then potentially four yeah. or five come back, whether he'd wait. So he, um, so he put the harpies on the table. Yes, he did it to try and zone me because that deployment, you're more um, narrow. Yeah. It's also why I really wanted to brass orbs. Yeah, you've, yeah. You've, got, you've got the um, fifteen-inch box either side, so you can't actually deploy in a way necessarily to stop people dropping in from the sides. Yeah, so um, I took up the five half. I overkilled them with gutter runs, basically, and I used the claw pack to get rid of ten witch elves, and I used my gisels to get rid of another ten witch elves. So again, make sure you have something if you go first. A death frenzy for my um, sense of bearers, and he. Frankel, again, he didn't get a spell off the entire game. So like, I could tell that he was, whenever he was doing his um, hero phase, he was purposely leaving Mind Razor to the end. But he didn't get it once the entire game. So Yeah. Um, and that's just the power of Frankel. But um, I got an early points lead on him, and then he started killing my stuff. I sort of decided going after the bow snakes wasn't really worthwhile because of the minus one damage from the heart, which includes shooting. Um, and... Eventually, when the orb split, um, I was able to sort of outmaneuver him and then focus fire down the 10 snakes, the combat snakes, in one go. So um, I was able to do it with like Giselle's um, Frankel and my Warpnor. So my Warpnor came in and I think killed like six of them mm -hmm. on his own. Just like was fully buffed up, um, flaming weapon, all four attacks went through, so like 24 damage. So even with the six up after saves, I still killed. Um, he just, I think I'd already whittled the unit down to like, yeah, you, you should have six or seven, yeah, yeah. So I, I focused fired them, so that was kind of my thing going into it. And then when he, the end of turn three, I was like, oh no, I'm actually up. The orbs of I was able to use my nor holders and my order run six with my gutter runners to jump through. I made one of them a proven gown, so he still couldn't catch up on me on points. So I was able to claim it by myself. Um, and then I went turn four priority, and it was just his snakes left. And uh, his cauldron was almost dead, and 
was able to table him. The reason he was 19 and one, so he was the only one who actually got a point on me. So, um, and that was because I ran out of battle tactics for the fourth and the fifth round. That there was nothing that I could do to score to make the the lead even bigger. So, but it, it was a, one of those games where I felt like like 80 percent of the game, I felt like I was losing. And it just sort of snowballed at the end in my favor. And I knew that I'd built up a lead on points, and I was like, well, maybe I can hold them off. It was also one of those as well where like, I could see that the, the only one I came close to running out of time. Um, and we didn't run out. Like, we finished probably with like 10 minutes left. But I remember at a point in the game, we looking at, like, oh, we're still only at turn three, and there's like 30 minutes left. And I was like, and I'm quite a fast player. And then I was like, actually, that's his problem because I'm up on points. I'm not slow playing. And I was like, he needs to hurry up, not me. So I remember <laughs> checking that and looking at it. Um, yeah, he was a really nice guy. I liked him, played very well. I actually liked all five of my opponents, which is really good. I'm saying it like I'm expecting not to. But um, it's that was the whole point. I mean, uh, I do think there's a bit of a myth that teams equals casual. I don't think that's true at all. <laughs> no, I think teams is one of the most competitive formats there is, to be honest. Yeah, so I, I think you could tell that team were there to do well, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. I, I think... Um, you know, there's nothing, it's almost like a stigma if you say that you actually want to like take it seriously and do well or whatever. Like, we weren't there to do well, but my team, we got three and one that round, we got another 60 points and then we were beating them. But, um, like, yeah, I think we weren't a team who had a spreadsheet with color coding and stuff like that. Like, we who would do that? Like, we were the team <laughs> laughing at the people who did that, making fun of them. Um, by the end of the first day, we'd hit the cap, and us and one of the team had hit the full cap. And then we're like, oh, we're actually doing pretty well. Like, we went on to lose the next two rounds the next day. But um, we're like, oh, maybe we should look at like who we're playing. <laughs> like, where we had like a two minute conversation, and half the D3 guys were wasted, and that was it. So, um, so yeah, we went three and one in that round. Um, that was easily the hardest game. And like I said, I spent most of it thinking I was losing. And um, yeah, was just having to play really cagey and defensive and using my like the double redeploy i used um i think the first second and third battle round and just positioning things and i was rolling a lot of sixes and redeploys which helps oh, yeah. <laughs> so, six on a redeploy is amazing yeah, like it's immediately um, it goes from almost being a guaranteed charge to like a hard charge like a nine inch charge yeah. is like it's just amazing I think, yeah there's a couple where um i use it to spread out it's like pincer so I'd have like fan call on my walk now and I'd use them to just go two different directions or like even kill one kind of way. So yeah. um it it was just such a useful ability. Like um and I was using it because I had my expert conquerors, I was just outpointing him really. So I got to a point where I was like, I think I'm gonna get tabled. It didn't happen, it went the other way, but um I was like, Oh, we're gonna lead, so can I get enough points for when I die and get caught? Was kind of what I was thinking. And then um Yeah. I was like, next thing I knew, it was like, wait a minute, you're dead. <laughs> like it's, it's, that's the thing um, with marathi as much as she's a bitch and like only takes her three damage i have always found in the game the second i get that turn and i kill her they lose two units like they lose positioning in like two places on the board because little marathi's gone and shadow queen's gone and like i've i've personally found that such a big swing when she does die like if you've obviously did, if, uh... if you've still had the like um the snakes to contend with it can be too much like she can do enough normally with the snake that you're you're focusing on her or she's making you deal with her but you can't kill her and then the snakes come in and clean up afterwards a lot of the time but dropping her you do then suddenly find like 
oh okay she's this menace is now gone i can the game does suddenly swing a lot i I did get rid of her i think in his turn so he charged um into my death frenzy sensor bearers in his turn so he took free damage in his turn yeah then um I'm pretty sure I lost the priority, and he pulled Fankwell in on purpose. And like I said, Fankwell can't scurry away. I do another free damage in his turn. Um, my turn, I do free damage, and then I think he won turn free priority. And I had like one Squire Acolyte left, who I didn't unleash <laughs> Hell on, and just like got her. <laughs> but um, <laughs> it. Um, oh, I think he did two damage, and then she only had one wound left, and Fankwell killed her in the middle. But um, he, I think, took nine of the twelve wounds in his own turn by charging death rendered units and by pulling Fankel into combat when he probably should have just killed all the planets. <laughs> um, I think he also probably could and should have played his cauldron more aggressive after yep. the um, the teens of ten, which I was in the five harpies died because now he has to be in a position to move around the board and. Um, yeah, once I got his combat snakes, that's when I, in, which was in the bottom of turn three, I was like, all you've got left is your cauldron, which is nearly dead. And then, like, your um, both snakes had to move away from the hut, which meant I could kill them. So I went through a Norhole. I have my Norhole's position. That wherever the thing was going to land, I was going to be able to get to it. Um, like I said, use a proving ground on one of them and just, uh, I was there to outpoint him. And, but when I killed the combat snakes, it just, um, yeah, that was it for him. So, like I said, Marafi died at the top of three in his turn. And then I got the combat snakes at the bottom of three in my turn, and yeah, it swung it completely. And I was already ahead in points, and then so it made just the thing is, even though it was nineteen and one, it was a much closer game than that suggests. But um, I went ninety nine and one over the weekend. It was the only one who got a point on me. <laughs> but it was the <laughs> um, it felt. I spent most of the game thinking I was losing, and he played very well. Like. Um, yeah, I could tell that he was well practiced and knew what he was doing. So, um, yeah, nice guy. Like him. Yeah, cool. And was there any, like, I know you said you guys didn't have a spreadsheet or anything, but did you have any discussion, any idea about, like, ideally, like, who you wanted to play who, or was it pretty, or did you have someone that you were like, this is our bad matchup, uh... we need to lead with them to just get to choose not the bad matchup, or. Did you Absolutely just have not. <laughs> no, we because we were late for um we got we were one of the first people to order food because it was a bit of a free for all over who held the tickets up. Which you know I can see what they did the way they did. I don't want to criticize the venue of the event. It was a great event, but um we sat furthest away from the door, so we got I didn't get my food until the second game started. So like our team was late, and um I didn't know who we were playing. Uh, the other D3 team were late as well because we were all eating together, but we actually thought they were playing Magro's team. And I think the D3 guys see Magro as a bit of a scalp. I think everyone wanted to play against him specifically. <laughs> like, so um, I think if there was any discussion, it was like who got to um, play Magro. But I don't think we really looked at their team and then figured anything out. And I actually think um, I, think I was this sacrificial lamb or jordan was i think they just put one of us two forwards and then you know it's just how it felt like i, I wasn't around when that, the pairings were done i just got told i'm on this table i'm playing doc so um and steve was the lucky one who got magro and I believe <laughs> at least doc's had... a good army for you to play <laughs> having not played a lot because you've played liam a lot and he plays doc so it's an army you know well all right it's also why i thought 
because I had played Liam a lot. I played him last week. Um, it with the same list. I was like, oh, this is a bad one for me. Even at the start of the game, I was like, I don't think I can do a lot. So, like, I feel like, um, yeah. In hindsight, if he sent Marathi after my clanmates rather than my pilot and death units, I think he probably will win. He sort of, but yeah, hindsight's twenty twenty. So yeah, yeah. Um, so I knew what they did, but I also knew that it wasn't good. So just because I knew what they did didn't mean it was like, oh, great. <laughs> like, so they've always been an amazing army. And um, yeah, Marathi's always been a problem. So yeah. And then uh, they gave them four up rally. And then they gave them four up rally. I think Instead GW, of the five up re-rollable wound save, save which uh, they used to have. I think GWR learning. They didn't learn fast enough before they printed the Slaves to Darkness Battle Tome, but they've learned fast enough with the FAQ before the book is actually out. They've already they've done uh, a um they've done a um leagues of OTAN <laughs> to them and they've already fact the faction that they gave a four up rally to to a five up rally. I just think that's horrible game. As someone who like stopped playing anyway because it was just I don't know, burnout more than anything else and issues with my vision and stuff. We actually struggled to play over the weekend to see what was happening like in my couple of my couple of my opponents will tell you that was struggling with my depth perception i couldn't really see it and sometimes i just had to sort of like take that word over what i'd rolled because i just couldn't tell and it's um it's i was trying not to be clumsy and knock stuff over and stuff like that uh, but um it it's just such a an off-putting feature like that's one of those where I'm like as someone who's like kind of on the fence i'm like don't want to play if that's in it like it's just not a it's not strategic it's not clever like it's not yeah. Just a feel bad mechanic that rewards you for having to do very little. And it's such a yeah. brutal mechanic. So I tried to, I was aware of that mechanic when I was playing that game. I was like, okay, I'm just going to focus fire everything to get rid of the unit entirely. Yep. Uh, which is what I did. And that worked. But um, I do. But that's the, also the thing with that mechanic design. is if you, if you do that, that's the worst thing because you literally focus fire your entire army into something and if you underkill it by like one wound you've just done exactly what they want because you've just put your entire output into basically nothing because then they just bring it back <laughs> yeah but, so uh, yeah, that's I, why I, I think it's a bad game design yeah so, yeah no, shame I, you and I, I hope that they've realized <laughs> even a five at rally is horrible game design so if you put a unit of 15 you get five back that's awful like so especially multi-wound models like um yeah I, I think that's i just take some time out of this interview to like a slate that mechanic it just it's a horrible mechanic especially in a game of a double turn so <laughs> but, yeah i mean it doesn't even know. matter about the double turn because you can do it in both hero phases i think if they if you could only do it in your hero phase it would tone it back it would still be awful it doesn't matter about Pro <laughs> is the real big problem at the moment as well. But it would almost yeah, be a better anyway, mechanic that's... if you're gonna do it in your opponent's turn. But... Mm. <laughs> Never that's, mind. A, um, um, that's a discussion those, for another time, maybe. Those are my thoughts on the, the um I love the double time, but I, I, I think hate the most people rally. realize. Yeah, I hate I, I, I also don't like four up rally. I think I'm okay with five up on certain units, but I'm not okay with the five up or stuff in this awful. <laughs> so, but um Whatever, yeah, time and place. Um, Next game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so the third game was head-on collision. Yes, so we played three Northmen and a Raider. I played... That was Michael Thompson's team? Yes, so I think Jordan played Michael. Um, ben played Zenith, who I'd met before a couple of years ago. I played a Nurgle guy, Ben, like if I hope I'm saying that right. Um, 
been like that defeat, was... as I like to say. <laughs> okay, maybe. Um... <laughs> it's not. It's not how you say it, but he likes the defeat. Um, yeah. yeah. He was super nice. I liked him. Um, Nurgle Army. Um, long story short, would be just that he played it wrong. So like that game is essentially played in the corridor. Like you're playing like off straight line down the middle. The first turn. Yeah, pretty much. You can't score on the first turn. I put on the corner of his deployment zones. I put a no hole in each one. He did block one of them off with uh, a rot spawn, lower rot spawn, I'm not sure. He took two flies off the table and his general off the table. And then he put four flies right in the middle on the objective. And I was sort of like waiting to see what the catch was and like what's he he's doing something. Because like all I'm seeing is he's left like a massive gap in his own deployment zone for me to put my Eshin units. And then he's got that pre-game move and then hasn't hit me with it. So he's just put everything in threat range for all of my scry acolytes. And then he dropped down with two of the flies, and his general didn't make a nine-inch charge. Used a real, still didn't make it into my sense of errors. And um, used his plague bearers to block off my holes and one of his rot spawns to block off my hole. So um, he, even afterwards, I said to him, "Is like you know, you didn't the holes weren't really a threat. Like you just left a huge gap for me to kill the hero that stood on your objective with my claw pack." And um, my gunner on has come on, shot the rot spawn. His turn, he went into priority, charged them, unleashed hell, and I finished it off. I killed it. And he's like, Are they elite? And I was like, Yes. He's like, Everything's elite. And I was like, This game is just two units, just gunner runners and stompings. But um, I don't know if Rato goes around, I don't think so. But um, No, they're not. I looked yesterday. Oh, really? <laughs> um, <laughs> makes sense. But um, yeah, I, I've always was like, What's he like? I was waiting for some sort of trick that I was like, what am I missing? There's something going on here. And then when I realized, I think maybe just because Nurgle are quite resilient, he's used to them just being able to tank stuff. But um, because they've actually got quite a low armor save, um, my rend, I've got quite high rend and a lot of damage. So those four flyers melted pretty quick with my warp as well, who had flaming weapon. And um, thank God, I just hit, by the end of the first turn, it was done. So um, he, I defrended my sense of bearers, sent him into his general and his two um, flies. I positioned Fanquil to charge in with them. I did plus one to hit to Fanquil and the sense of bearers. Um, no, just to Fanquil himself, sorry, but I did it in a way that I was more than seven away from the general one. So I could still give myself a command ability. And I think I used my triumph there. So I was twos and twos and just with the sense of bearers and defrends, he just deleted all of them really. And um, my warp neuron acolytes deleted the other four flyers and then my claw pack and gutter runners got what was on his objective. He summoned the sloppity bile piper who then got killed from um, the under once war band and the gutter runners got him. And um, yeah, I said to him afterwards, we're playing in a corridor. There's either Alpha Strike me or hold back. Like you just gave me this big gap in your deployment and it just meant I can go after you. And he was blocking off my no holes and um basically didn't calculate the score in that one properly. He's like, Yeah, you've got a twenty and oh, we just put twenty three and three in the system, so it's a twenty point differential. But if we figured that out properly, because that one's like a one, two, four yeah. battle tactics and things like that, it probably would have been worse. So um Yeah, especially like if he was tabled early, you get so many points in turn four, turn five. Yeah. And if you're scoring, if you're taking them as well with GVs, you're getting extra points. Like, yeah, you'd, yeah. you'd easily rack up a 20-0 in that scoring system. Yeah. So, um, yeah. I, it's one of those things that I think actually should push. It should 
because Nurgle are really prevalent, because Nurgle are one of the top armies at the moment, I think they were the best performing faction at Worlds, for example, and like the fly list, pe- that's what people are taking. I think Skaven are great think, into that list. Skaven are great into Nurgle. Yeah, I was just going to say Skaven are great into them because they don't have the range threat to kill your characters and Skaven have super high damage. So you can just be like, I cool, can you screen into it. You if you want to pin me and be my guest, come to me. Thank you. Yeah, and then you're done just all the like, work cool, for me. Now I have as long as that position like, smart. Ren to extra damage shooting, like more. You have so much damage output, and all your yes. buff heroes can't get taken apart. That like, yeah, I think Skaven is super strong into Nurgle, which is why I'm like Skaven should be up there as well because Nurgle's so prevalent that if people are running Skaven, that should push them up. But the Nurgle yeah, is a big, fickle thing. That was, I think that was a horrible matchup for him. <laughs> be honest yeah so yeah um because you can yeah. run rings around him as well and like the flies i didn't need to because it's reasonably fast yeah well he came to you or just sat in the middle but well he, like, stood, he didn't even come to me he stood in front of me so it was he stood on the objective in range of my threat range that the like the square place of a 21 inch threat range and they were just the lemon love was there and the sense of errors went after the other flies were tranquil like they were just there to be hit so like, yeah he didn't and i'd had you know, the expert conquerors clan rats in the middle as well. So he went on two priority and I was still um, outpointing him for the most part. So, yeah, I, I think it's a horrible matchup for Nurgle. Yeah. And it's so weird that he didn't, like, he had the build with the pregame move flies and he didn't hit you with it because that's a scenario where you can be 13 inches apart because of the angle and he has a effective 16 inch move turn one. It wouldn't so have could... changed anything. Like it, it almost would have been. I wouldn't say worse because it, like, I hit him back. But it would have been the same. I just would have hit him back in my own deployment before he starts scoring. So it, I still think that would have been a bad idea. I think he mm. should have not let just me. Because stuff have yeah. to come on in the first battle round. I think he should have zoned me, waited, held back. One of us is going to have to plan to go second in the second battle round if you can help it. Like set up to go second. He went first. Um, I know maybe you're wasting your pre-game move, but um, yeah, I think he played the scenario wrong, and then he was more worried about my null holes and just came forward and gave me all these gaps. So I think that's where he went wrong. So like I said, yeah. we're playing in a corridor. He spread himself out when that's not really um, the way to do it. But yeah, nice guy. Um, yeah, fun to play with and talk to. We went um, three on one in that as well. So by the end of the first day, we were at 180 points, and I think there's only one other team on 180, and so we the only two teams that hit the cap. So we matched up game four. Um, that's when I played a. So that's when we actually started to have a conversation about what should we do with pairings, and that's also when we lost the next two rounds. You made so, a mistake. <laughs> not really. I mean, I don't think we really had any business being up there anyway, um, but. Even um, the second game, like, I was surprised that we capped into them because like, um, I could tell the dot guy I played was pretty good. Um, like, Obviously, Magro's there as well. Had a good army. Um, Pete Atkinson played Jordan. Like, I know that he's a good player. Like, oh, yeah. So it was just... Um, I was surprised that we did as well as we did into them, to be honest. So, yeah. Um, Although to be honest, putting Ben into Joel, for example, was probably the smartest thing you could have done because even 
like you get capped anyway so no even if all four of you won all of your games one like one of you gets a loss so actually if you've got someone that's like a super strong player you're almost better just bussing your weakest player into them anyway because you're like we're going to i don't think that was a strategic choice a loss like, anyway but even yeah. if it wasn't uh, though, like it worked i would say that worked well oh that, that wasn't on purpose i don't think i think ben might have maybe done that to himself but i don't think that was a, like a I wasn't there when he did the pairing. I was, I was waiting for food. <laughs> so I don't know. Ben probably would have done that to himself. He, he is a sadomasochist. We do like that. He, he was, um, <laughs> well, he's either the B of BDSM for Ben or he was the S for Spinelli. So he, he, he was never masochist. We didn't have any masochists. So that's the problem. That's why it was BDSM <laughs> Asterix. Um, but uh, yeah, so I don't know. Uh, I'm just surprised that we, I think even we were surprised. That, oh, we won. Like, um, I think I told Ben, "Is like, oh, I won my game, and he misheard me and just thought I lost." And I was like, "Oh, okay." Oh, it was that one of the fourth round. It was round four, actually. Like, I was said it was twenty and zero, and he just assumed they lost. And I was like, "No, I won." So round four was um a Skaven mirror match, and this time, like, we put me down first. I was like, "Okay, like, um, you can sacrifice me. I don't care." And um, we actually looked at who we were playing again, probably for about thirty seconds, but that was it. I was like, "I oh, just put me down, whatever." And then it was my choice to play either Skaven or Sylvanus. And I was like, I don't care either way. And I said to Ben, because he was going to play the other one, but who do you rather play? And he's like, I don't want to play Skaven, I want to play Sylvanus. So I was like, okay, I guess I've got the mirror matchup. So, um, and so I played another Skaven player, which I don't think I've done at a tournament before. I think that's the first time I've actually played against Skaven. And I learned a bunch of stuff too that I was mostly comping myself. So I didn't realize the totem rule. Until yeah. like my opponent told me that you know Fankel can actually command some eighteen. I was like, no. <laughs> like, <laughs> and just like uh, the verminals just being better, but I could see his list right away, and I could kind of tell what he was going to do based on it. So he had um, two vermin lords. So right away, I'm like, they're very expensive, and um, a deceiver and a warbringer. And I'm like, you're going to skittle eat the warbringer and try and hit me. I'm like, I've got plus because of the way the board was. Like, I've got plus five to unbind that. You're not getting that. And um, in the way he set up as well, whether or not was, there was no way to be out of my mind range because I'm more drops. So like I said, being high drops is strategically an advantage, a massive advantage. I could also tell that his plan was to skid-a-leap, let's just skid-a-leap, a grace here into the corner, put the vortex up and go through a no-hold back um, using a warpstone token. And again, I've got reroll unbinds on my engineer with two attempts with plus one. Statistically, a three dice cast is a plus two. So unless you sort of fluke the 13, um it's just not likely to go off and it, the way that i would describe his list and i sort of said to him afterwards was like a, a master molder and um four rat ogres it's just too many dice to make the things work uh so he had two to ten gutter runners but they were they weren't expert conquerors they were the other one bounty hunters bounty hunters um i think i don't know if the rat ogres were bounty hunters as well um but he I was like, you're not getting Skittle Leap. It's one of those where, like, you know, 10% of the time in that matchup, maybe he would get it. But, like, the dice are in my favor massively yep. for yep. what he was planning to do. And he just said to him after the game, was like, he went after my Gisales in the first term of Gutter Runners. And I was like, fine, I can lose Gisales. But, like, in this matchup, like, he just stood in front of me. So he went first because he said he didn't want to get zoned for where he can come on the board. Like, his Norhol and his Gutter Runners. But essentially what he did is he... Failed his spells, which didn't work. And again, the, the casting advantage is massively in my favor because I had Fancor, a Norhol, and Arcane. So plus five to unbind. 
And um, yep. I think he's failed Skiddle Leaf anyway. Plus, Skiddle Leaf's hard to cast. Like, even with the no hole, it's like, um, I get to decide what gets hit by it because you're Skiddle Leafing a Vermin Lord. Whenever I used to use the Vermin Lord Deceivers, the dreaded Skiddle Leap, I always did small heroes. Even now, I would Skiddle Leap a Death Master before I would Skiddle Leap a Vermin Lord. Like, I, I just wouldn't. They're fast anyway. Like, I want to get into a little pocket and take something out. Like, I don't want to. Um, yeah. send a big vermin lord just into something because your opponent gets to decide what it's going to hit there's no subtlety you can't exploit a deployment mistake well you can if they've really messed up but then you're talking like someone's really doesn't have any screens or you know yeah. if a vermin lord is fitting somewhere subtle to hit something it shouldn't then that's on that person for fucking up but against yeah. someone who sort of knows enough about screening and positioning and deploying that's not going to work and so like i said the didn't get the vortex off for the Gracier going through and statistically wasn't going to, didn't get Skiddle Leaf off, statistically wasn't going to, didn't get Death Frenzy off, statistically wasn't going to, because even I had reroll. I used a Warping Spike to reroll and binds in my Arch Warlock and I didn't need it. And the hard spells to cast, like the, the Vermin Lord spells are generally high casting with little buffs other than the first turn when you have that Norhal. So, yeah. Um, that the Rad Ogres didn't make their charge. So he brought some Gutter Runners on, shot some of my Sense of Errors. I sort of left my Warpner around, so if you want to kill him, you can take it, just in case it doesn't work. Um, but because he did that, then it made the charge for his Rat Ogres harder. Didn't get it. They don't have access to a reroll. There's no hero nearby um, to issue a command to them. And he also just made a huge mistake by... he Next to his own Norhol at the back of the board, and Norhol is a terrain piece, which means I can bring my Claw Pack on. He had his Gracier, his Master Molder, and his Deceiver next to it but not blocking it so i was able to come on from his own norhol six away with my claw pack um and just i shot the master molder so he can't bring the rat ogres back um with the claw pack charged the gracier overkilled the gracier so badly that it passed 10 wounds off onto the deceiver so i almost because it has to roll the free up so because he's a, a master clan unit that's not um a mount uh, or a monster or a whatever, the grace here in foot is why um, has to roll to see if he passes wings off onto a unit nearby. So, um, which yeah. is what he was telling me that was news to me because it's not something that was in the old book. Yeah, I don't actually think that's right. I think it has to be like yeah. a unit. I think it's like a model limit, like three or more or something. But... Um... I don't know. That's what yeah. happened, and I, I wasn't. Know, in I mean, if he told correction. you that and wound, if he told you that, he knew the escape rules way better than I did. So in terms <laughs> of like, I was comping it in my head. The deceiver still does D three damage and has five attacks. It was like six. Well, I learned they have thirteen wounds now. When he told me, because in my head they still have twelve. Like rat ogres in my head still had four wounds and were shit. And I looked at them and said, like, "Oh, they're actually quite good." <laughs> like you know, so um, rightly or wrong, it, it it wouldn't have changed anything. That deceiver was still surrounded and dead i got the 10-2 priority i had a warp mold vermin lord closing in on it i had the underworld's warband and i had 10 gutter runners running after it and he really didn't have much left at that point so um i was able to tank a, a death frenzied my sense of errors again plus five to cast my spell went off bank all those battle than vermin lords in my opinion uh soaked and unleashed hell for some gutter runners killed them as i died because of death frenzy um Finish them off anyway. My warp not managed to splinter screech a rat ogre, so all the six in it. So just order killed one of them. Flaming weapon damage six killed the other three. Uh, no, he nice. didn't kill the other three. Sorry, um, Fankwall killed the other three, and then I managed to pile in my warp nor and then he killed twenty clangats pretty much on his own. So I was able to wipe half the board off. The other side of it, I threw some clangats into some gutter runners, and um, 
Skyrath lights came forward and hit his Warbringer. Basically, by the end of my first turn, all he had left was um, a couple of Gutter Runners, some Clan Rats. It's also when I learned Clan Rats of a D3 resurrection mechanic, which I haven't been using the entire time. <laughs> so it's, um, it's also, he told me about the totem thing. So um, the end of the first turn, it was over. And then when I got the turn two priority, it was really done. And they just finished everything off and cleared them up. Um, but it's another 20 and 0. But uh, afterwards, like he said to me, he was like, oh, I was like, I don't think you should have gone first. There was no reason. For it. Like, if I went first, I wasn't going to do anything. I can't shoot off a burning lord. What I've got, like, um, you caged up. He had two units of twenty. He screened correctly. He's like, no, no, I did the right thing. Um, the dice just didn't work. And I was like, the problem with what you're doing is the is the dice. Like, it's, it's the, the odds dice. on because the dice. The odds <laughs> on the dice. You might be like, this thing is like a seventy percent, and then what I'm doing next is like a seventy percent, and then what I'm doing next is an eighty percent. But by the time you've calculated all of that stuff. You're looking at like a 10% chance of success, and it's just um, too many dice to pull off what you want to do, like skittle leaping, casting the vortex, going back in, buffing the radogers, getting their charge off. But because it's a no hole, I get to decide what gets hit by it, and um, trying to buff his Berman Lord and then skittle leap it and then make the charge from that too. And you can only reroll one charge because you don't have bankroll. Like it's. Um, I just fought a lot of. I've seen the Gracie Vortex thing, I've always hated it because you, in order to do it, you have to put yourself in unbind range. And what if you're playing yeah. Zeech? Like, you know, yeah, yeah. you've just invested like however many points of a Gracier and um, the Ender spell itself into an army, you're never going to get it against. The, the thing that made the Vortex so lethal originally is because you could cast it, you could position yourself. 26 like, inch setup army, range and then 26 yeah. inch setup plus seven, plus six, it was actually, you could be 31 away and still hit people with it. And, um, which is obviously why they nerfed it, but it's um, again an advantage of being high drops. Like I was more drops than him. I got to decide where my big unbind was going to be. He had to put his Bowman Lords down. So I was like, you're not having skittle leave. And even if he got it, I don't think it would have, you know, uh, personally, I think I would have, all right, he might kill my warp. Oh, fine, have it. I'm going to kill you back. <laughs> you know, because I'm definitely going next because you went first. So, um, and like, I won that one, but I, I think he went two and three over the weekend just because yep. I saw the result thing. I'm like, the way to learn how to play, and there's really no secret to it, is actually just to test things out multiple times. So, like, I've always said that because people ask, I still get people messaging me now on occasion, even though I've not played in ages, like asking me about Skaven stuff. I'm like, just play it out. If you have an idea, the first time you do it, don't do it at an event. Like, play beforehand. If you want to try, I don't know, Rat Ogres on a Master Mold or in a Norhold, play five games of it, and how many times does that work out? Like, okay, it's worked out three times. That tells you that it works out a fair percentage of the time. Why is it not working out in some occasions? Sometimes you just get shot and you're like, okay, I got shot. They're going to shoot something. Match up, whatever it might be. But um, you can attest to this, which is whenever me and you have played, generally speaking, what would happen, you might be playing something for the first time. Because I, I only play one army, I already know what to expect of all my units. So I can just throw something together and sort of know what. Yeah. Also, it's slightly better now too. But like, we would play. I would win. You would go off. You practice. You play another game. You come back. You'd adjust and you'd beat me. It's generally, what would happen? So whenever we would play, I, I'd be like, "You've only played this once, or this is the first time you're playing this," and I can tell. And I'd generally be right. I could tell right away. <laughs> like if you were practiced with it, because you make adjustments. You're like, um, "All right, this thing. Like I've tried this combo. It's I've played five games now. It's not worked once. It doesn't work." Or it's worked once. Or why isn't it working? Can I make an adjustment? I play five more games, even with the adjustments not work. Take it out. 
yeah and it's um that's the best way to learn how to play is just playing a lot looking at it making adjustments and then like, is it improving is it getting better am i learning anything like if you're interested in improving and like, that applies to all armies not just skaven but i think just skaven have so many different units that can do so many different things and kind of do everything they just can't do everything in one list um necessarily yeah. but it's um like there's a lot of stuff to me where i'm like more often than not that vortex combo and that deceiver combo and with the warbringer like more often than not that's not going to work four out of five games and just based on the fact you went to and three i'm going to assume it didn't so it's just uh to me it's too many dice and i don't like it for that reason yeah. uh, and even the thing with like the bridge like if you've got a fan court you can get that bridge off pretty reliably with like the storm fiends i would probably like that better i think again if that's working four out of five games it probably is like that's maybe what i've heard is doing well but um i would be honestly shocked if someone's using what fire for a fan call and that is working 80 percent of your games like i just don't see it but i might be wrong i'm happy to be wrong if it is working for somebody but like it's yeah. um but no you're well, right like at least it worked for me all five games the braziers yeah like eight attacks yeah. ren two damage three are always going to be able to hit stuff and no matter who you're like playing something that's on a one plus save yeah. what if you're playing giants yeah. but what yeah if you, get... you play giants you play dragons you play anything like that and you do well, think about my my five games first one was a bunch of magma drops wasn't going to do anything there um second game maybe like would have been helpful on the snakes but they could have award save they probably could have been okay but probably not to send marathi into fanquil and i'm screwed you know <laughs> just hold him there and he might not yeah. even do the free damage third game nurgle had the four flyers i don't think that was going to work either uh multi-wound models and things like that this game probably would have worked against the other game in this to a point but it wasn't going to help against the two vermin lords which are actually the things that hit hard in that list and um the fifth game was iron jaws and it certainly wasn't going to work there so i don't think what five for a would have worked in any of my five games yeah what five brazier thank worked in every game so yeah um and that's the thing as well if you've got like a unit in the list already like acolytes that get the bonuses against hordes you don't mm. need thank to be tooled for hordes because you've got acolytes for hordes yeah and they also combo really well because they're a great beneficiary of his order run six so yep. they go well together he's likely going to be nearby if you don't skateboard him forwards which i don't think you should ever do with sacrificing the best piece so it's like um he's fast enough anyway and you go into objectives i, I want him to stay with my sense of errors i mean they die and he becomes a little bit more of that right now he's on his own he can hit things this madness spell i used in games um i used on marathi to do free wins to her in my hero phase and then retreated in one of my turns so like that all adds up so um yeah it's yeah um I, I think that that's probably what we played a mirror match it was a very one-sided game and it was just like no i played perfectly but my dice just didn't work and i was like that's i didn't play perfectly because your dice didn't work so if you run two and three and your dice haven't worked three out of four five games then it's not the dice not working what you're doing i don't say that as a criticism he was a super nice guy i got along with him very well like i said he was teaching me things about skating as well i didn't know what totem was i didn't know that my planets could regenerate you know all of these different things but um it um i was like you should definitely have made me go first and your combos are too low percentage <laughs> um would probably be like my feedback on him i think the rat ogres are valid with the master molder he positionally messed up massively by letting me get to all of his heroes at the back but um because that was avoidable yeah. he didn't need to do that but um it yeah that was sort of 
how that one went. So I never played Skaven before, but um, yeah, it was nice to beat them. <laughs> Just to, because that's my army, I've never played against them. So um, yeah, so that was twenty and zero as well. And then my last game was uh, Rooney Tunes. I played Lanehausen, and um, I played into his team the last two teams that I did that years and years ago. I played the same guy, and I still remember him because I got along with him really well. I think I won one, he won one, or something like that. Like it. Um, I don't know, just like one of those people you click with just randomly. And um, so I knew who he was. And I have to say, because um, we recorded this once already, I probably would want to give like a bit of a shout out to him just purely because he messed up so badly, but was in such good spirits about it. <laughs> like, because like, if you, everyone's like, if you are going to be the hammer, you have to be used to beating the nail as well. He's playing Iron Jaws. So I'm sure there's some games he's played where he's just rolled somebody. And, um, and he could not have taken a worse beating to be honest like he got just played it completely wrong they did the matchups i think they put him into me um and i think he asked he's his team captain but someone else did the matchups and he even told me afterwards he just asked his teammate i don't know what to do against this he's like let's go and just smash the shit out of them so his teammate told him to just charge me which is exactly what i wanted and if he played it more cagey i actually think he probably would have had a really good chance of winning because um the scenario was the six objectives yeah i don't remember his name you have to tell me it was close to the chest close to the chest so which is um, where you pick an alpha of your three and then yeah you get so, the extra point yeah so i basically set up on two of them and then gave him one of them and he set up on to take all four but then he alphaed me with um a uh what i call more crusher um yep. he ended up killing my warp now so i had my clan right screen and i had my warp now out but then i had my um acolytes and my sense of errors behind it he also sent six pigs after me as well to hit the same thing. And they kind of doubled up on the um, the minus one to wound and my sense of errors really helped out. He killed my warp mob, but only just, and um, hit some of my clan rats. But um, I could have brass orbed even the more crusher or the pigs, as in I was in rage for it. I set up for it with like a double redeploy. Uh, and I decided not to, and I was like, that should be a bigger problem for me if I brass orb them, because I'm not his side of the board. He left these huge gaps because he alphaed me. So he had these three war chances that my gunner runners and my Giselles and um, my Underworld's Warband were able to just pick off. He had another more crusher held back, which um, my Giselles actually, not Giselles, my gunner runners shot and just chip damaged it. And then um, just, by the end of my first turn, I'd killed all six pigs. I'd killed the more crusher and I killed, I think, two of his three foot heroes. I had all my buffs up. So then he won priority. Even he was like, I didn't think you were going to hit me that hard. Like my teammate, and usually I play really cagey. My teammate told me to just charge you. And I was like, that's exactly what I wanted. If you just stayed still, taken all four, you would have forced me to come to you. And that would have been a much different game. But he a million percent messed up. And he could see it too. I was like, like I've got two, you've got four. If you stand still, you're going to win. I'm going to have to do something different. Uh, and I'm going to have to break this little cage. I don't have enough units really. I've only got, I don't have great screens in this list. And um, he's like, I normally play really cagey. It's just he told me to smash you. And I was like, that's the only way I was going to win is if you smash me. <laughs> so like, if you played cagey and waited and picked your time, you picked your moment because it might have destroyed. You can move across the board really quick, move around me. Like, um, in my first turn, I had um, he charged. I had uh, more and more water power on my acolytes. Um, I death frenzy off my sense of errors. He charged three pigs into my acolytes. I unleashed hell and just killed the pigs. Um, and then in my turn my god has just finished off his other more crusher and the other pigs i think i killed with um acolytes and bankwall so 
end of end of the first turn it it was done like he'd lost um two or three of his war chances one of them was just running away from some the underworld's clawback running away from slink basically um towards a no hole and in Giselle range like he was dead and um killed the six pigs he killed the main the general more crusher he'd lost his only unbound and um had all my buffs up and yeah it was just uh he's just fighting but you're wrong but the reason i liked him is because sometimes if you like get battered you have to be able to be the hammer and the nail like if someone annihilates me and they beat me i really don't care like i'm sort of like okay cool this happened whatever but um this is because of a forum rally. This is bullshit. Um, it's um, I've never encountered the forum rally other than that event. Nah, it's fucking infuriating. I've been against it when I'm like, great, I've just lost the game now because I failed to kill you by one wound, and you just go, oh, look at that, I've got all these models back, and now you win. Yeah. It's yeah, well, that it's... didn't happen. So, um, <laughs> but um, yeah, he was a champ about it because it's a teams event. He was looking at what was going on in the other three games. So round four, yeah. we lost three on one. I was the on my team that won that game so and we didn't um so we dropped down the pecking order we played into them i think they were called rooney tunes and um he was still into it because we had a very quick game because he just went straight at me right away which is exactly what i wanted and really the only way for me to win that game to be honest and um which is why i went so badly because he played into my hands really and um took some bad advice from the sound of it but like he was still watching the other games he was into it he was still able to like enjoy it because like sometimes like when you win and the other person gets really quiet or they get really salty or even if they're not angry or whatever they just go like silent and you can be like you can like damage someone enough that it's almost uncomfortable that like he was just good about the whole thing because it was um a very one-sided game and he was still super chatty super energetic super like invested in his team and how well they were doing and it was like all right, I've absorbed the loss. Like I've taken the sacrifice, but my other team, the rest of my team's all done really well. So and yeah. because it caps at sixty, I think they got like a nineteen-one, nineteen-one, and like a fifteen-five or something like that, or maybe even better. So they still came out of that scoring really highly and winning the round comfortably. That was our worst round. So even though I got yeah. twenty and zero against him, um, they and I, they they gave my team the biggest beating. <laughs> And he was still about that, so that's why um, he was cool to be around because he still had yeah. good energy, even though he got smacked. <laughs> so it's, that's what um, I, that's what I like about teams. It is if you go into it with the right attitude, anyway, and you're thinking about the team, you can yeah. get you can lose your game and get absolutely smashed. But if you take the bad one for the team, and it means that the rest of your team wins so you win you're happy you don't care that you've lost because you've won yeah he didn't you're, give a shit like yeah your objective um, as a team as a team is to win it's not about the egos and about the individuals winning etc so um that's what i do like about teams is you can actually like yeah and he embraced that because he could see that like, the rest of his yeah. team were doing great like he was looking across the board and seeing like everyone else is doing really well and like invested in the team format so um yeah he was a really cool guy um so yeah so four of my five opponents got tabled and uh i got the award for killing the most heroes and i realized that it got miscalculated so game four we put the results in the actual like points in properly but everything underneath like how many months you killed how many heroes you could were reversed so i actually killed 24 heroes not 21 
so I still won it even though I wasn't given three of the heroes that I actually yeah. killed. Um, Which is interesting because cool. it means like if you killed 21, I mean you actually killed 24 out of mm. five games, it's so, it kind of shows something certainly into the armies I guess you played like in terms of lift, list design that a lot of your opponents are using four to six heroes in their lists. So it's not mm. like actually necessarily I mean, if you, just like you table somebody you're getting hero. their heroes yeah so like if i played like on a gash or something there'd maybe only be two available to me but like i played fire Slayers with magma dross which is a part of it and i played a summoning army that summoned a hero at a point oh, yeah. in the game so um i think like since the first game uh jason harris he didn't get tabled and i think he still had a hero left on the board i didn't know i didn't read that that was a thing like when my name got called out, I was almost surprised. I was like, oh, that's why you've made everyone like count um like how many models they've killed and how many monsters they've killed and how many heroes they've killed. I was like, oh, those are rewards. So I just thought it was like a really um unique secondary like tiebreaker. Like <laughs> but um so I wasn't really questioning it until like he read my name out and I was like, Oh, okay, that's cool. Skaven Master Assassin or something like that, that'd be fun. <laughs> so um and Steve Drew and my team got the um kill the most models because he's the one who got to play the pink horrors and just killed them all like you got his each mirror match game four and just beat the shit out of these horrors and um yeah i think yeah, if didn't you he, looked... didn't he basically kill four units of pinks in one game or something and got like 200 models in a game i looked at the thing afterwards just because um i've got it on my laptop now as we're talking just so i can see the numbers and i wouldn't forget anyone's name or whatever but um he won it comfortably that was like by more than 100 models <laughs> like um he um yeah comfortably won that but you can tell that he played pink horrors in the same way that i can only win the hero one if there's heroes available for me to kill but again yeah. if you table i didn't table all my friends but if you do table then you're going to take the heroes out with them but my army is very good at killing characters so it's um killing heroes with heroes is a 40k test, so I don't know that much about 40k. I've just been conditioned to like, <laughs> but, um, right. uh, but, um, and a couple of games I played at 40k, I'm not good at at all for what it's worth. But it's, um, uh, like Sigma still makes more sense in my head, and like the game itself hasn't changed as much as I thought it had. There's like a few new mechanics and things like this, but, um, yeah, the I was waiting like this game and book because I've only played the one army really didn't translate well to AOS three when AOS three came out, especially in like, the monster meta. It wasn't until they got their book where they brought them up to date. With they made the battle line more flexible and yeah, uh, I love the battle line changes. The most, yeah, it, the, the book is probably was one of the more complex battle line list building books, and now it's not as locked in and um, there's. The whole box opened up. I actually remember at the time thinking it was a bit of a lazy update because they just brought it up to speed with AOS 3 without changing a great deal. But playing it through, I could sort of see and feel some of the changes a bit more. I still, I was like, they've not really changed the play style. There's not a great deal of things that are doing things differently. They're just doing things slightly better and in line with the new rules and the new wording. But like, yeah. given the totem thing, but like actually playing it, I was like, mm, it's not necessarily a bad thing. Gutter runners play very differently now, which they were massive. The fact expert conquerors is a thing massively benefits Skaven. I think that's a great battalion for Skaven. Um, and so, yeah, I was like, when I was actually playing, I was like, oh, I feel that there's been enough of a change. Like, but I still think there was a bit of a, a passing over book. I mean, they didn't even change the artwork, which is something they've done with a few armies now, and mm. that does sort of retain me a little bit. But it's, um, 
yeah, they were really fun to play. Um, yeah, I don't. I like. I didn't have the same read of the book. Like everyone said, oh, they barely changed it. But I disagree because I spend most of my time writing lists. That's the thing I do more than anything in terms of this hobby. And I don't think they changed loads of the War Scrolls because I think a lot of the War Scrolls, Skaven already had flavor. The issue was that all of your lists were basically, you're either taking three units of clan rats in any list minimum at 200 points a unit, pretty much, or however much they were, 120 without... Or you're taking three scry units and having no spray. Or you're taking yeah. basically three scry units, but you're building into Storm Fiends, which is why you just saw those two lists. So for me, it wasn't necessarily the units needing to change loads, but it just lets the lists change so much because of getting those battle line yeah. units from just taking a hero, getting one choice as battle line, so you can that do a, a double reinforce or whatever if you wanted to, or just saving points from not having to take three units of clan rats in every list and, and stuff like that. Yeah, so. and I got a triumph in every game from being 1950, and that actually came in really handy. Like, I think that was a good point to sit on that's it wasn't on purpose like i said i was like ben texted me when i was in the cinema and i had to like step outside quickly and just like throw something together like it wasn't planned but um it's like 1950 oh that'll do and he figured out the battalions and then um, yeah no i love the red the um yeah it worked out but it wasn't a choice i'm not gonna say like it was a decision that i've played but again like i've tested it out now in five games out of five it worked so like if i'm gonna build another list like or if i wish to make changes like i'm quite happy to sit yeah a triumph is massive no. uh, yeah, yeah i actually think even not i think it's massive for two reasons one you get the turn of the plus one to wound but two your opponent doesn't get it so denying yeah. your opponent that turn of plus one to wound especially if you've got a list that's like debuffing or something like you talked about with the sense of errors being minus one to wound in combat like a lot of they times can't neutralize that yeah. yeah they can't cancel that buff out if they don't have the triumph and you get it um so yeah like I, I i think the triumph bit is massive like i was when they reduced a lot of the endless point spells at the endless spell points and made them quite cheap a lot of people started getting up to the 1990 2000 because there were spells they would chuck in for those final 20 30 points but like now i'm like nah if it means i'm 50 under i'm happy to do that and I'll, i think I'll i didn't have enough triumph. i think if i could have i probably would have put a bell of doom in but I don't, I don't know how many points. I think it it's sixty, fifty. Yeah. So if it that was fifty, I would have just thrown that in for the sake of it, and that would have been a mistake. Yeah. No, I'd definitely go the triumph instead of the bell. And so I always had CP for battle shock for the most part. Anyway. Yeah. Battle shock, morale, whatever. I don't know. Um, yeah, it it would have been a mistake. So it worked out. It was um a good thing. It was a really fun weekend. I liked. Again, we went there to win. Like we ended up finishing third. I don't know if Gabe ever posted like the breakdown of why people finished what they did, but I'm pretty sure no, he I said it was seen because it. of um, like sports and like um, other like. Oh yeah, it was all combined. You had got painting and sports and everything all combined. Yeah, like favorite opponent votes and stuff like that. So I think that was the only reason because like we knew we were like team three versus team four in the last round, and we got annihilated. So when they read us out, we were all like, "Oh fuck, yeah, okay, sure." <laughs> so. And he, he said the reason why, but I don't quite remember what he said, but it was, um, I'd be interested to see if, and maybe he's not posted that on purpose just because some people might dispute his method or whatever it may be. But I told him afterwards, I sent him a message, like, I thought you were a really great event. It was really fun. Um, for me, I, I like the fact that, like, I don't think I'm going to play another five day, 
five day five game event like i'm not going to do another two day tournament the only one i might ever do is probably another teams and probably runex but i mean even then it was because it's a teams thing and there was only seven of the d3 boys wanted to go so if there was yeah. eight and i was like someone can't do it i would have been like nah till because i'll just come up and hang out with everyone but like i liked it because it made um I think it is sort of fun and interesting to see that you can do against different people and how you match into this. And even though we didn't do that, I take it that seriously, at least at the time, it's like interesting to see how your opponent's teams decide how they want to yeah. um, do you. And then I was kind of surprised that some of my opponents knew my name, <laughs> like to be honest. So it was um, people I hadn't met. And that was one of the things that um, sort of, made me stop playing before because I was branded as like a tournament player and a competitive player when I never set out to be I was just somebody who played a lot when I moved from a different country and it was like a really easy and quick way to make friends and so then when we're like oh we're going to this place for the weekend and like getting an Airbnb and hanging out with everyone it's kind of why I was doing it and um we were talking before recording that the hobby that I had before and I was doing judo it was like I did it earlier today I ripped one of my fingernails clean off like it's like I was getting injured all the time and um I was like, I only like a more docile sport, which is less competitive. <laughs> sort of why I started playing this and it turned out I was quite good at it, a lot better at this than I am judo. Um and um wasn't getting hurt as much. Like my neck hurt, my back hurts, not the song Ben says. Um Well your shot your shoulder your shoulders will hurt from Runax after carrying Ben, so <laughs> <It's my back. laughs> My back hurts from carrying my team. Was this free when my two was supposed to be on the podium? Um, but now nah, I think um, Ben had a couple of tough matchups as well. But I actually thought I was like, oh, if I had like a bunny run, is that why? And then I looked at what was posted. Only when we recorded this the first time and saw I had the highest strength of schedule. So I was like, I can't call that a bunny run if I had the highest strength of schedule at the event. So, <laughs> um, uh. Yeah, so it went 99 and 1, 5-0. And I was not planning that at all. Like like I said, it wasn't like I put lots of thought into my list. It wasn't like I was in the cinema and he was like, the deadline's right now, you're going to fuck over everybody else. Like, <laughs> and it's, um, he then wrote my battalions for me. I don't know what they do. Like, yeah. He knew that he was like, you'll prefer expert conquerors i was like what's that it's like counters more i was like yeah it sounds like me go for it <laughs> and um so i just sort of winged it and played with it i played a couple of once the list had been submitted i played steve who was on my team and we had a really close cagey game you know, as each player um i won but it didn't feel like it. it was one of those where i outpointed him but he smacked the shit out of me like it's um it just i would get missed sometimes as hard as each goes anyway but um yeah. i played josh foster who's also one of the d3 guys who also just annihilated me but just, I mean, that was like my first game of AOS free, but he beat the shit out of me. Like, so I wasn't being as um, like observant and careful with setup and stuff as as I would having reps in. So by the time we started playing, I had enough reps in that I was like positionally aware um, from having not played in a really long time. But um, yeah, it was nice to go to like be in a team that's not like the greatest of respect I never would have gone on your team because like you were going to do the list design and you were going to be like who how do you match him into this how are we going to what's a green matchup for me what's it we were like joking around like what's a lilac matchup this is a violet and a scarlet for me this is a cyan matchup like it's um we were just sort of like um laughing at the expense of it but I was never going to be in a team like that 
just because it is a team's format. I was quite happy to be in a team that um, you know, wasn't there to win, wasn't there to do well. I'm surprised I went five and zero. Like, yeah, um, the last Runex I went five and zero as well. <laughs> so that was when there we had that little scandal of misdocumenting the mm. major wins as minor wins, which I'd forgotten about. <laughs> but um, yeah, it was fun. I'm glad that I went. Like I said, it was because there was seven. If there was eight who wanted to go, I would have set out of it and still would have maybe travelled just for like, the social side of it. But um, like I'm not a competitive player. I never really set out to be a competitive player. And I just sort of went to a lot of events, played a lot because it was like something to do moving to a new country and then did well. Like it's... yeah. Um, I thought it was kind of... I still remember that first CanCon we all went to and just expecting to get smashed and we all did really good. Like it wasn't, and we played at the beginning of the game, which is a huge advantage. So yeah, if yeah. we're playing catch up now, but um, it's yeah, I feel like I've dropped off massively in the last few years. Like at the start of Sigma, I was there as a lot. I was one of the people that played a lot and went a lot, and I like it showed. I think in my results early on in the game, but like the last few years, I feel like I. I really don't get to play that much at all. And I like I other people as well with like TTS coming in as well. There's people out there that get so many reps. They literally like play like hundreds of games now. And you do just I've never get played that TTS. experience yeah. and knowledge of the game that I'm like, I played it a bit, but I still don't play that much. Like most of my games are still in tournaments. I'm trying to play a bit more like mm. regularly, but I still chop and change around too much and don't really play the same army multiple times and things. So I still don't. I think you should chop and change, but it's, are you chopping and changing a list to fine tune it, or are nah, you like playing something completely different? Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just I've just played the same around. thing, and it, that's the that's a huge advantage. Like, I used to play my Tomb Kings as well, and I get bored of Skaven. I play Tomb Kings, I get bored of Tomb Kings, I play Skaven. In terms of hobby, I'm playing, you know, just sort of find that that would keep me entertained. Like I would happily play one and then the other for like yeah. six or nine months. I think people forget because I'm known as like the Skaven guy. Like I started this with Tomb Kings, like, yeah. <laughs> and like. Um, because like my last three events that I played to completion, but like um, they, I went five and zero at City GT a few years back with Tomb Kings and finished third. and just went completely under the radar, and I was like, I was like, that's probably like the hardest thing I've ever done. Like in terms of like a competitive event, is like I went five and zero with a compendium army, and no one noticed. Wish cape. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, but um, finished third. Um, yeah, and then the last Runex, I went 5 and with a clan verminous army when the brood horror was still a thing. So, uh, but um, again, that was a team's format. If, if I played a, a two-day tournament with the list I took here, I don't think I would win every game. But I'm also surprised that I won these. Because like, you can win and your team go down, but we were up there the entire time. Even round five, we were third versus fourth. So we were up there in terms of like who you'd expect to play. Yeah. And like I said, I had the stri- the highest strength of schedule at the tournament. So I was like, okay, I didn't get a bunny run. But like, it's definitely some things that could take me out. And I think a long yeah. range shooting one. Like, uh, I, I think I first I mean, round... you played snakes. You played the Doc Snakes list, which has the range. So, and something. Yeah, unkillable. it just gave too many things to deal with, really. Um, so kind of how I got around it so I made it so it was just the snakes that were doing it so that I was only taking damage from those snakes really and like Marathi was she killed my sense of errors but she took herself down with them to a point so, yeah like you'll uh, take that trade like hmm. it, it, against Marathi it's just you've got to do three wounds every turn so yeah I, I did nine of them in his turn so yeah that's um 
you know, in hindsight, I didn't think about that when we spoke about it the first time. But it's, um, yeah, it's, uh, there's definitely armies there that would have done well if not beaten me. And even the darker one, I felt like I was losing the whole time. So, yeah, I went, I also didn't read my, um, I didn't know you had like army unique battle tactics. So, like, um, in hindsight, I was like, oh, there's one here, which is, I would actually probably get, not every game, but some games, like there's like, you the scry unit to kill a monster. I was like, I definitely could have done that and I could have played for it and set up. And like, if I, because I remember reading them, I think somewhat at the start and being like, their grand strategy is escape and ones are terrible. And the, um, I got my grand strat every game, which was just kill the battle line. So, um, it's easy to do if you're tabling people. So, <laughs> well, I didn't the first game. So I was like, I think I got lucky there and it's going to be downhill from here. But that was the, you know, I, I, finished it in the end the reason i won that i mean i won it by a big margin by outpointing but like i I stopped trying to kill him i had to spread out and play the objectives to win that one yeah so um i mean i killed enough that i was able to do that because like the problem i used to have with skaven before they got a book was that i could out position and out run around people but sometimes you just need like a hammer to just take something out and um they have that and uh, now they have it in abundance and um I still think their strength is being a finesse army that runs around people and is annoying and sort of, um, yeah, like tricky and doing that. I think the scurrying away is such a good ability. And like, I also just realized I've just remembered the minus one to hit in combat. I never did that once. So I need the little <laughs> guys like it's like slink. It's like, oh, he should have been minus one to hit the whole tournament. Never mind. <laughs> but it's, um, it's, I was on this retinue next to him, but, um, yeah, they were super fun to play. I'm glad it was a team's event. It took the pressure off of me personally. And like, um, I don't want to be playing top tables against people. And there's nothing wrong with being competitive. And I think it's a bit of a stigma almost. Like if you're there to actually try and win the event or do well or play competitively, like um, I think as long as you don't act like a child, that's mm. all I care about. <laughs> like, so just I'm going to spend three hours with you in my spare time when I've flown to go somewhere. I've driven up on doing that. Like, just have the common courtesy to be like a decent person to be around and it just means like can i trust you to do your movement phase or do i have to watch every little thing that you do like i can't stand that i hate it in fact i'll just let you do what you want just so i don't feel like i have to watch it i'm mentally clock i'll be like mm, this is happening but like it's um and like my second game the doors of king guy i could tell that he was um i got the impression that he played a lot i could tell that he knew what he was doing he was very precise with his movement but he was also like there was no tricks like he was yeah. i could tell that he was doing everything by the book and it was all proper yeah. and he was explaining what he was doing and there was no because there's a few gotchas in my army and i would always be up front and like just letting you know if, if you i can do this so it's not a surprise and um it's i just yeah being up front about things so there's no secrets and um i mean i wouldn't be outright like tell someone's deployment because for the most part i didn't until the last couple of the drops i really wasn't paying attention to how people were deploying that much it was like okay you've set up now first game you put nothing in the corner okay that's all i'm really paying attention to what what, what measures are in range and like that's kind of how i was setting up it's putting my no hold on a, it's sort of around the middle of my deployment often um generally speaking i was putting one no hold on my own deployment if it's arcane i'll go next to it just to get those buffs to cast because it's almost guaranteeing their frenzy when you've got plus five to cast like roll the seven and that's a 12 they can't do anything so um, yeah it's just uh even if you're like a four like it still goes off in a nine 
like you know, yeah. like so it's um yeah just playing for that and deployment and um you know i've got advice i would give for, for if you want to be improving and playing competitive stick to one army make little changes play a lot make adjustments like i said play five games did this how often did this work if not why didn't it work can i do it differently like all right i play 10 games now it's worked four times can i do something that works six times you know just little things like that and um and like i said i think always design an army that doesn't mind going first or second and i learned that yeah. very early i think like one of my first games of a sigma years and years ago where someone just out dropped me maybe go first and all i could do was move forwards and then especially if you get doubled like yeah um i think you should always factor that and that's why i take giselle's and they're, they're artillery, you can't reinforce them, but having two units of three was better. So that first one, I could just put three on my unit. I generally speaking, put one next to a norhole, just so if I had a unit to just jump over, if my engineer was dead or I'd move it out of the way, like, it was just really useful. Like, and they were useful at picking up little chaff units like, of 10, because that's kind of the meta, from what I can see, little units of 10 everywhere. Like, if you've got, there's three Giselles can, like, kill six of them a lot of the time, and then maybe the other four run away, and, like, um, like the 10 witch elves, I got both units to focus fire on like 10 witch elves, and that was enough. So, um, it was just a really useful unit, and people went after them more than I expected because they're like, oh, they're a threat. Maybe they're just like scarred from long strikes because they're like scaven long strikes. <laughs> but, um, it's having two units of three was really good. So, yeah, like I said, take acolytes or Giselles and Giselles or Storm Fiends. Never both would be my advice, but I prefer acolytes and Giselles because of the maneuverability. And um, yeah, also just don't want to do the bridge. I could, I'm sure it's yeah. worked for some people. It sounds like when it has worked, I've seen, I think I saw a list ages ago where it was like two engineers and nine storm things. And like, those are sort of games where it's over before it's even started. You can either deal with it or you can't. If yeah. you can't it's deal with win, it, you're it's dead. It's a win more button. Yeah, it's just a win more button. It doesn't. It doesn't make you win the games that you couldn't win anyway. It just makes you win the games that you were probably going to win anyway, just easier. Well, it's just like the games already determine why even play. Because if your opponent like out, say they do outdrop you, or they can outflank you, or whatever, they have the means to shoot you down, and um, they can just kill those engineers and then battle shot the stone fees. You're dead. There's nothing you can do about it because that's how you built your list. Um, like. They can either do they can either do that or they can't and it's like why play you're just playing the same scenario out several times like it's um it's, I, I would get bored so it's um i mean i've never done it maybe i should just try nine storm fiends i might have a great time but it's um it's to me i was like uh like i've got a bit of a multiple threat army which is the opposite which i've got gotta run as acolytes sensor bears vanquil warp nor slink like it's a toolbox army completely and there's no obvious threat but there's also things you can't ignore and everything hits hard yeah and um yeah just uh that's kind of what i went with um i really like the team's format i thought gabe did a great job especially with like some of the technical issues that teams have to go through like it's a good crowd um yeah it's really fun it's good um if i you see me again it'll probably be at teams and then it'll probably be <laughs> with the d3 guys and that's sort of it but happy to like Someone messaged in this Skaven Facebook group today if like I was gonna I said I've done a podcast and it had um not recorded and if we do it again I'll post it there or something. So feel yeah. free to post it in the Skaven group. Okay. <laughs> but, um, it's, we'll uh, I'll time I'll timestamp it if they just want to listen in for the interview with you. 
So Earth is a part of a bigger thing, isn't it? We've been recording yep. for a while, so I should put the shit up, but I don't know what to say. <laughs> no, that's, no, that's really interesting. One final question I have for you then. Um, given you said at the start that you forgot about your command trait the entire time for plus one to hit and you just got around it with CPs, would you consider change would you change deranged inventor for just the generic master of magic and just give you a reroll cast unbind on your general given how important your spells and your unbinds are no because you can already reroll them with a with a warpstone token spark warpstone sparks yeah. so okay. no it's a waste plus i also I just, just learned that just now so what's that master so of magic general generic command trait it gives you a reroll on um cast oh do reroll I guess that I could take more, um, I think, the Scylla trait, which gives you more Warpstone Sparks. But um, I don't think it would have changed much, to be honest. I was and, just wondering, um, did you run out of Warpstone Sparks? Like, Because if you weren't using them to reroll cast, you can use them for damage. Well, I, generally speaking, I'll use them for cast and damage, but I really didn't need more, more, more Warp Power that much. And um, it was more... So I didn't need to do that, but I did eat one to reroll and binds in one of my games and i was happy to do that so it, i don't think it changed anything i went 99 and one i'd say it was worked fine <laughs> yeah no i just well, wondered if given that your command trait didn't do anything i, I, I also didn't know i could double tap to get two cp once per game so um i only learned that last week so as in oh, the using warlord, your warlord yeah getting, um yeah yeah because i think the first couple of games i played i was making my death master a general, but then I was deploying off the board, so I wasn't getting a CP. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, because I, there was like an action trait where you count as two for the purposes of Master of Murder. But um, it's, I mean, I was just running fun games. I still love the action stuff, but um, no, I wouldn't. I mean, I would have used it if I'd known about it, it would have been helpful, yeah. but it, I think the games that I had, it wouldn't, obviously, the way that they went, they went very, very well. That would have been helpful like, if I'd use it. I probably wouldn't change it. Just to know that I can auto-do it on my Acolytes means I can now maybe get my gutter runners to give themselves plus one to hit, and that would make that chip damage even better. So I'm not just fishing for sixes or um, saving it or whatever. So um, I also think the proving ground thing, like learning that mechanic was important in a few games and i think scaven plays proving ground well because you have no holes you can move around the board and you can contest things quite easily yeah um yeah it's a fun mechanic which i really just learned like the couple of days before the event to be honest so it's um yeah it's fun i don't think i would change anything because it went almost as perfect as you can go at 99 and 1. Like, I conceded one point the entire... Like, I can't really be like, I'll change this and change that. Like, yeah. For the games I had, that was the right list to take, obviously. So I'm sure there's certain people I could have matched into where it would have gone horribly the other way. And, yeah. Um, but no, it. like, in, terms <laughs> of a world, uh, in, in a world of remembering you can have a free plus one to hit or you can have a re-roll, you'd still... You'd take the plus one to hit. For what, sorry? Like... Because you you said you didn't use your command trait, but if you remembered, I already have a reroll, so like it's yeah. So you you would go the plus one to hit. You'd go. I'll keep it. Yeah, because it would have been helpful. Like I'm sure there'd be games where that would come into it, but um, like if I played another five games, I'm sure I would use it. So 
Uh, or it lets me move Giselles and still hit in twos, which I would have used more. Um, and yeah, it, it would have just saved on CP. Like I wasn't, obviously wasn't running out of, well, I think it, maybe I was, I don't really remember, it's in a couple of weeks, but um, I, I wouldn't change it to re-rolls. If, if I were to do anything, it would be more sparks. Just because, uh, but sometimes you roll like the three and the D three anyway, and it doesn't really matter. So yeah, and I'm generally not saving the Arch Warlock to unbind the worst spells. I'm using Fangquill to unbind the yeah. worst spells. Yeah. Like, I'm just making sure they don't get them in the first place. So, um, no, probably not. I'm sure there's there's a third Scryer, um command trait. I don't know what it is. I've probably there is. Schemes. It is. It's great. It's the one yeah. I want to do. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm not really because they did like a white dwarf update with weapons teams or something, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. So, so it's kind of after so I stopped the, playing, so I've not really read that. The what the, the Skaven list that I want to do because Skaven's one of the few armies I don't really have. Like, I have a, a fair bit of the stuff, but I definitely don't have a playable Skaven army. And the new book, it's my, there's a build, <laughs> no, but I don't think you have this build either. It's I'll probably all do. The, like it's all the weapons <laughs> teams, and I, really I have all the weapons them. teams. But like multiples, so like multiple depends what it is. Throwers, multiple doom flayers, multiple. Uh, I've got multiple wall fire throwers. I don't. I've got multiple rattling guns. I don't have multiple doom flayers. Yeah, yeah. I used to have um, five poison wind launchers that back in the day, and then they got I rid of that weapons team. I hated them. Yeah. They killed. All I love. They were amazing. Silver <laughs> Um But yeah, no. There's yeah, the, the other. Take them off. <laughs> the other. The other trait is. Um, Basically, if any of your units holding weapons teams get destroyed, the weapons teams don't get destroyed if they're within 13 of the general, which is amazing because you just pop them into your screens of clan rats, just let iron jaws go, bam, whack off all the screens. You're like, cool, all my weapons teams are safe. They just set up ready for my turn and then they go in and the weapons team. What if you get double turned? (laughs) But everyone's going first against you, apparently. Uh, Four of them did. Again, but, well, build, build, what if um, they make you go first? What else are you going to have in there that incentivizes you that you're not just screwed if you go first? Oh, there's but, still loads of stuff, but because yeah. they're super, they're super cheap. The weapons teams, like the Doom, Fl- I just think it'd be fun. The Doom Flayers in Bounty Hunters yeah. can like they can trade up in points so well because they go to mm-hmm. damage three, and you just overcharge them for like two d six attacks. They rend two, damage three in Bounty Hunters like threes and threes for 65 points being able to just keep them safe no i think that'd be fun i I know that mechanic exists i just honestly haven't read it like when i've got that's the list i want to do anyway if i do if i do escape i mean the the list i ended up taking is the stuff that they kind of like my signature units anyway the only thing that really changes is the sense of errors and uh the Underworld's Warband, which I was always going to run, just because I think they look amazing, and I've always liked the Ashen stuff. I've always run yeah. the Runners. Like, um, I've always run Offlight. I've always run the Veils. I've, all, I've always run the Warp Northern and Lord. And I've always run Fankwall on and off over the years. So it's... um, Yeah, it's just... Uh, I mean, one of the things is I asked Gabe if um he was happy for me to, like, not WYSIWYG Fankwall. And he was fine with it. But... um. If not, I'll be like, okay, fine, so that Warfare Horizon one. <laughs> like, I'm not painting another one because I can't, because I can't see. So it's just like, uh, um, I was like, uh, so like, like, didn't take this event. Like I said, I was in the cinema. If he said no, I'd be like, I'm not painting another one, just call Warfare Horizon. I'm using the reference for the event. So it's just, uh, 
yeah, I, I didn't set out to, you know, five and oh, 99 and one. Like, yeah. I don't think if I played different people, that wouldn't have happened because that's a part of it as well. So it's, um, oh, it's always, yeah, like the run you get is always part of it. That's why I was interested to know if the team's format had contributed to that. Like if you'd intentionally or your team had intentionally got you into the combat matchups, or if you just pretty much randomly, from the sounds of it, got five combat armies essentially, which is what uh, you're strong into because it's the sign of pretty much other than the snakes. No, just thinking about it, the Dot of the Canis was um, a shooty army. That was kind of the only one. So, um, yeah, I guess I did. But I even think some of the armies that we played into, um, the Skaven one was actually quite a shooty one as well in terms of the 20 gutter runners. Yeah, true. are brutal. <laughs> um, chose the wrong targets, which um, I think is a thing. But... Um, I mean, you can only do so much with two units anyway. I don't think that would have. Yeah. Whatever. But um, yeah, that was. Would you consider um, would you consider having a unit of gutter runners like probably always taking one off the board like you do anyway? But would you also consider like if you're taking Thanquil and you've got your command ability to auto run six for two units? Would you consider taking like ten gutter runners on the table because they can run and shoot? So then you've got like a twenty-five inch threat range on ten gutter runners there as well. Uh, no, because the turn they come on, they don't need to, and they're elite and can tell themselves to do that. And generally speaking, because they're move seven plus d6 plus 12 inch range, as opposed to the acolytes, which only have a nine inch range and they move six, I think that order when six is far more valuable for the square acolytes. And I know what you're saying is that I could do it to both, yeah, as in I can do it to square acolytes and I can do it to gutter runners, but um, I generally find I don't need to do it to gutter runners. Like they've either killed what's in front of them and they get hit back, or like, no, I wouldn't, would be the short answer. Okay, uh, if you took like a bunch of night runners, you could probably justify that for the same reason, but I, I wouldn't. Like, I, I don't think the pre game move is helpful. In fact, I think it can. So, I know for a while there's a couple of people running like 10 night runners just to pre game move, but I actually think it helps your opponent alpha you because you're giving them mobility off the board by you pre game moving. So, I think that handicaps you more than it helps you. But um, you know, if they're able to make a charge, and they otherwise wouldn't have been able to make, that could put them onto an objective they otherwise wouldn't get. You know? Yeah, it's just uh, I, I've never. I, I used to run night runners a lot because it was funny. But um, again, it was one of those like when we first started playing, everyone used to make your opponent go first, and Skaven didn't have any battalions, so I just used to take forty night runners and then just stand in my opponent's objective in the first turn. Like, All right. <laughs> so. Well, that border war would be like nine points in the first round. Like, um, I'm just remembering playing now because I play so little these days. But um, yeah, I, I like the the rule set now. I've actually tested it out, played AOS three. Like, um, skipped the monster one just because the Skaven rules didn't really work into it, and I couldn't use my Tinkings anymore. And, um, just ready for it to all change again. I was burnt out anyway, but um, I don't know what's going to change into. I know. Well, I think. I think. Con- we'll talk about I, it. I think expert conquest is going to go. I think all this stuff is going to go. So, uh, GV's GV's proving ground. I think it's all going to go. In like I think proving ground is a good mechanic because it incentivizes going second. I, I think that's something they've done well and not done well over the years. Is like reasons to go second, uh, especially as like the general damage in the game has gone up. When you've got a double turn, you need to give a really good. 
um, incentive to go second when something can just hit you that hard. And I like the proving ground as a way to you know, incentivize going second in a round or reward. Yeah. Or like, so that giving double turn isn't quite so punishing. Um, I still think if you double turn someone, you should lose tides in the next um, roll off, but I don't think they'll ever introduce that. So it's like you've already yeah. got a double turn, you continue to get rewarded for that. What is essentially a random roll, like to keep the odds in your favor. It's just not a, um, yeah, I think they should flip that. But I've thought that since they introduced that rule anyway. So, um, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. Let's see what they do to it. Is there any sort of ideas known as to what they're going to put forward next? I don't know anything, but I think it's going, uh, the rumors, I think it's going to shift to cavalry. So my understanding is like all the GVs, the galley vets are going to come out and it will like favor cavalry units. So I think they'll get like, possibly like whenever a cavalry unit does a charge, like on a two plus, they might do D3 mortal wounds or something like that. Is cavalry a key word? Well, no, so like mounts or whatever, but I I don't know how they'll, they'll probably do units with mounts between X and X wounds like yeah just just to incentivize different units like you said they did the monster meta now they seem to have done the infantry kind of year and then i think they'll move on to cavalry as the next thing so kind of a victim of their own success for some of that stuff because if you play giants you just can't participate in the battle line meta or the mount meta or if you play um beast law raiders again you're sort of limited to am i in season like it's just a because yeah. they've designed like fleshy the course with other like, four terror guys or whatever like if you play those armies which are because they've made battle lines so accessible to monsters and then given these really small niche armies and some armies don't have monsters like i think bone spiders have access to the rogue idol but like i don't know sometimes it's just very limited but i think at least the infantry one for the most part with a couple of exceptions are quite accessible mounts are going to really favor I was, if I were to assume, I was thinking shooting or magic. Most armies can cast. Mm. So doing something around wizards and, and doing something to priests might be like an interesting because like priests are uncounterable. Like they always yeah. kind of have the whole thing before is that they had like a you cast in like a four, maybe a three. If you're slightly better on a one, you kill yourself. Now that most prayers seem to go off on a two or a reroll, like it just seems quite. Um, Doors of Cain certainly do anyway. Yeah, even the Scaven Priest, you can get that pretty easy. That's true, yeah. Very Scaven one. Yeah. Um, I've heard the Stormcast ones are very similar. Oh, yeah, just, two plus rerollable. Yeah. Just guaranteed. Like, and there's no way to counter them or remove the um, Endless Storm equivalents for priests. So I do think that would be something to. Yeah. Without a priest. If you have a priest, you can. You can get like the equivalent of an Unbind um, or a, a Dispel, rather, to try and take the invocation off the table. Um, right. but there's some armies that don't have priests like priests. you literally can't like death the entire death faction doesn't have a priest so priest. <laughs> like what do they do? Um, what do they do um, spellcast um well it's just like i think if they did like priest and wizards every faction could participate in that yeah because if you even court have priests they don't have wizards i think um even the um the giants do they have access to a caster yeah, well, they, anything can take Arcane Tome to get a wizard, and then the giants have their own kind of version of that, where they can cast an endless spell. But, yeah. Yeah, okay. 
Okay, and they um, now have a priest. Paradrum, fair, they now maybe... have a priest. The new giant hero is a priest. King Broad. King Ko. Uh, Allies. I mean, they could al They can ally in Rune Lords. So you could build for that if you wanted to. Yeah, I'd like to see that probably. Like just because it's across the board, you don't have to like abandon your entire army for this next X period of time just to. I mean, it's great for sales, isn't it? If you are like a meta chaser. But the yeah. thing with me as well, like I've always Skaven are they have everything. So even though I've always played the same army, I've played them very differently over the years. I've played the individual clans, I've played them all. I've owned pretty much the entire range and I've played everything at a point in time. And even like because we used to play a lot when you live in Sydney, like I would play casually casual games where I'd just run a pure pestilence army, that like I would do that or run a pure Mulder army and like a one day thing. Like I've done all that stuff and um quite lucky with Skaven because they have wizards, they have priests, they have monsters, they have battle line, they have units. Like they're one of the um like them and Seraphon being those bigger rangers. I mean they don't have mounts other than um Fankwell and the Screaming Bell and uh the Furnace mounts, I'm pretty sure. Um but they don't have cavalry. We had wolf rats and it got squatted. So it's um yeah. Or um, yeah. the Brood Horror got squatted as well. I love the Brood Horror. It's a great model. Um, yeah, they can they can always participate. So as long as the rules are up to date with the version of whatever the game is, like Skaven are always going to be able to participate in whatever the meta is. Like if it's monsters, if it's shooting, if it's magic, if it's like whatever the you know, flavor of the month is, they can always yeah. do it worst. I think that's a bit harsh with how they've designed some armies versus others. So... Um, yeah. Again, I think Seraphon and the other one, they can kind of always participate. They've got monsters, they've got infantry units, they've got. I mean, they have cavalry, which they don't. They've got cavalry, they've got flyers, yeah, they've got. Wizards, yeah. priests. Oh, do they have a priest? Fight. Yeah. King Chief, did he get squatted? Yeah, okay. So, Skink um, Priest. I thought that was a wizard. No, Skink Priest is a priest, and then they also have a Skink Star Priest, which is a wizard. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, that, that's kind of the advantage of um, those older ranges that did have the big fantasy ranges, versus when you look at like Deepkin and Caradron, and they buffed Sylvanek recently, but they were also a very small range that you had to play multiple different ways by playstyle, and like um, that's where those older factions, like Lumina, they've given them like a full range. So. I'm assuming they can do everything as well. Like that's they the advantage. No, they might not. Maybe they don't need to, but they've got wizards. So, like, if they did like a wizards and yeah. priests edition, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they've got cavalry and like. Uh, I think that's one of the disadvantages. But when Age of Sigma first started, and it's like these Chloraders, um, flashy the courts, and they sort of tore these old armies down. So, like, they split orcs into bone splitters and iron jaws, and they're both tiny rangers. Um, it's just. Yeah, interesting because that's one of, what they're doing now suits what they did in fantasy way more than what they've done in Sigma. Because every yeah. army would have had everything. It would have had yeah. a monster. It would have had battle line. It would have had maybe not cavalry, but a version of it. But they would have had a caster or something to, to yeah. stop casting if they were dwarves or something. So, yeah. um, I mean, guess death has never had shooting in fantasy or Sigma, but they've got some shooting now. Quinkle leader, skeleton archers. That's squatted. <laughs> I loved that. I love that. that Arrows of the Asp. That was my that was my first army. The, yeah. the the first the reason I got into this is I went into um a games workshop, not Warhammer World, which could have been easier to run to just as much. And um it was the day Tim Teams got released. 
and I bought Kalida and I bought a, a book and I bought a box of skeleton matches. Um, I just much watched the Mummy Returns. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's how I started. Again, I played Tomb Kings for. Uh, then I got Skaven Army, like maybe a couple of years later. But it was always Tomb Kings and Skaven again. Like I played Age of Sigmar the first year. I just played Tomb Kings. So yeah, like if you look on my um, what's the ranking thing called? Like oh, the rankings, know, the, the online rankings. <laughs> I, which yeah, did. it's on Sigma something. I think now. half my entries are still Tomb Kings. Like if I you think look it's at on it. Sigma Central now. But... I don't know because I have that honorable mention at the bottom about me being an inactive player. I have to take that off now. Does that count towards? Am I active nah. again? Nah, I don't know. So that doesn't count. So I'm still an inactive. Because I think I I looked at it once when someone pointed it out to me. Because I think it was like our group chat. Even Ash said, "Is like I was like, oh, I'm not in it." Is like you are at the very end. And the scroll to the bottom, and they defined an inactive player and gave me as an example. And I looked at it. I would have been like third if I was active. So I was like, oh, that's why they've taken me out. He's not played in ages. And like, it's um, fair enough. But um. Ah, sorry. I could just jump into the top five, just based off Runex, and then disappear again. Like it's just. Um, It'd be ve- that would be very Eshin of you. Strike first, and then scurry away. Yeah. <laughs> just leave. <laughs> yeah. Oh, too funny. All right. Well, that's been a pretty good chat. So um, I think we might wrap it up there. Um, you can edit me down coming. if you want to. <laughs> all right. I, yeah, that's fine. It's been a good chat. It's been good. Um, and I'm sure, yeah, there'll be lots of people out there that are keen to hear about the Skaven doing well and um, how you play them, etc. So, yeah, I'll um, I'll definitely post it in the Skaven chat and or share the link and you can post it there. But um, thanks for coming on. And, uh, yeah, I'm sure we'll have you on again in the future. Thanks very much. No worries. Okay, we're back from the break, and I'm just uh, going to touch on the final results for the Runex. Um, so the final standings for the Runex Team Championships was at in first place, Preppin for Sorcon. Uh, second place was the Northside Alliance. Third place, D3 Mortal Wounds BDSM. Uh, and then we had <laughs> <laughs> such a great name. Yeah. There were some awesome names at this event. Um. Then we had the winners of the best behemoth was uh, Stavros, as we mentioned earlier in the podcast, and best hero went to Nick's Corn Demon Prince. Yeah, which I'll be honest, I didn't, I didn't really see much in our game. Like, I shot it off <laughs> to turn one, and I didn't really, <laughs> I didn't really see it with my like my eyesight. I didn't get right down close to it until it was kind of pointed out later that I had a look, and I was like, oh yeah, that's actually pretty sweet. Yeah. Um, but yeah, with the behemoth, like, yeah, Stabs was really nice, but I honestly think like you, you would have been up there as well, um, for that award, like big drog looks so good. That bandbreaker, the OSL you've done and just like all the weathering and everything on, on it, it, it looks great. So you definitely could have been right up there. 
I think. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah. Yeah, um, I'm sure, yeah, might have been in the running, I guess, but um, it's just there's so many armies, so many models, like, to pick yeah. and choose. Like, what do you do? Like, we've we've both been there. We know how hard it is to to split it out and to pick armies for nominations and prizes yeah. and stuff. It's just when there's such a, a an awesome standard in general across the board, it's just so hard to pick um, yeah. pick stuff. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> No, it's uh, I definitely um, can empathise with um, with Gabe and, the, and and his team in that respect. So yeah, but yeah, so that was the main results. Um, God, I'm trying to find. And then yeah, painting. So Blake the painting. Yeah, Blake, Blake won the coolest the army, choice. of course. Players, yeah, player's yeah. choice. Um, surprising no one. Award. Like the army was was freaking amazing. Um, yes. Oh. So yeah. It was Just like the giant yeah. spider conversions of um, for his keepers of secrets and just like winged monsters and like all these, yeah, yeah. It was um, it was really cool. It's kind of like the spider and the like the orange black as we mentioned earlier, like just the, the way. Very it's unique, done. a very unique color scheme, but um, yeah, super striking mm. and yeah, um, yeah. and yeah, just the the conversions and everything, just awesome. So yeah, yeah. Um, and then I think Gammy came in second with his Sylvaneth. Yes, he did. Gammy um, certainly which, did. Yeah, he'd be absolutely stoked with that. And yeah, well done, Gammy. Yeah. Like it's a really nice looking army. Um, he's done a great job with it. Um, looks beautiful. Um, so yeah, yeah, absolutely. Obviously, obviously, yeah, player's choice. Um, and as you said, it, it was hard. There was what like ten armies nominated. Um, and yeah, there was definitely some misses. Um, like I'll be honest, I came over and was like. I don't know how your army isn't up there um, <laughs> because your army's so good, especially with Drog, like adding that big centerpiece and everything that you've done. There was definitely stuff like all of the armies were really nice. They were all really well painted as any of the ones getting nominated would be. But there was definitely some there that I was like, yours is higher than theirs. Your your army is better than at least three. <laughs> your army was, yeah, in my mind anyway, your army was better than at least three that were on that top 10. So I was I was a bit disappointed for you, if I'm honest, that you didn't at least get a nomination. Um I did uh, I do thanks, wonder man. like if I, I do wonder if Gabe maybe because obviously Brandt got a nom and Trav got a nom. Your army I felt should have got a nom. Clint's army was really nice as well, so like he could have got a nom. So I do wonder if maybe Gabe was like I need don't to spread the give, love. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't want to give one team four nominations, kind of thing. So maybe yeah, yeah. the fact that all four of you are good painters on one team almost went against you there. Um, yeah, like but it shouldn't. It shouldn't though. If it, it should, if that's but... the case, I don't know if that's the case. Probably not. But like, it's just yeah. It, if, if it's if it's well painted, it's well painted. Like it's yeah, it deserves a place. But it's just again, like circling back to. How do you how do you separate it out? It's just it's too hard. <laughs> yeah, you just have to um, you just have to draw a line and pick what you think. And it's you know we do the same for slaughter. So yeah, it's hard. Yeah, no, I just I just wanted to say I thought yours was deserving. <laughs> so I was I felt disappointed for you, but <laughs> yeah, but you can be um, proud. You should be very proud of how the armies all come together with drog and everything. And yeah. Yeah, thanks, man. Well, I'm going to take him to CanCon, so see how he goes there. <laughs> um, but I'm just flicking through the armies now. So, yeah, James Lynch's um, his uh, Night Haunt, just phenomenal. Um, 
what else we got? Brant's army, of course. Like he'd um, added a whole bunch of new units uh, since the last time we'd been up there and since he'd been to events. So the de level of detail in his army is incredible. Um, as yeah. same I love all the nameplates. Yeah. Like I love all the nameplates he has for his heroes. Yeah, yeah. Zach Wilson's um, Zinch as well. Sort of like the muted kind of like almost horror kind of vibe he had going with all the Zinch. But the, like the sort of yeah. pink and the greys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, really yeah. So did he win? Did he win the um, the judge's choice painting? Was it Zach's oh. army? And then, no, that yeah, was like I mean... one of the, I think it was the Zinch um, Squig conversion army was the second place for coolest army, I'm pretty sure. Really? Oh, I can't remember. Nah, I don't think Scott did. Like, it, Scott's was great. Like, I love that Squig Zinch army, but... Yeah. No, I think you're right. Yeah. I think Zach might have got it. I think Zach got it, yeah. Zach got it, and then um, Gammy got second for that one, for the, um, like, the judges from memory. Judge's choice, right. And Blake got coolest, yeah. Yeah, yeah, which was spot on. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think my personal favourite out of all those, like, for something was um the dwarf army i didn't see that you didn't see the dwarf army. it was kind of like no, a, presented on a like uh, a circle like a, like on a tray this sort of brass tray kind of thing but it was yeah you just go you get down on your knees and get a close look down. and <laughs> just spend a bit of time just checking out the detail was like, it like in the nominations, you mean? Yeah, yeah, it's up on the table. Oh, yeah, no, yeah. I did. Yeah, no, no, I did. I took, yeah, that was Connor's. I took pictures of all of them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So just yeah, looking, yeah, no, at them, looking back yeah, at them sweet. again now. and um, Especially for such, um, like, small models, the detail. Yeah. The one thing for me is it's all on Shattered Dominion bases, I think, anyway. And I honestly think those Shattered Dominion bases are crap. Like any army, well, I saw with him. like he'd he'd added a lot of texture paints and stuff like that to it, which you, like snow and tufts and stuff, which you need to do to cover it up. But because mm -hmm. otherwise, yeah, they just look a bit basic. But yeah, his big like th uh, grudge throne or whatever, which I imagine was a hurricane, the basing and stuff's really cool on it. Yeah, but like just looking at a picture of it now, it's like you look at the like his um, the king's clothes, and he's like got the all the detail, the folds of, of his um, shirt and everything like that. And just on all their, like all the, on all the hammers, grips and just the edge highlighting and yeah, just really, really nicely painted army. Um, but yeah. Yeah. That's probably like my personal favorite because I haven't seen a dwarf army getting around like that for a while. You just don't see them very often. So it's really nice to see. Um, yeah. Apart from the usual sus suspects, like Travis's army was, you know, phenomenal with the level of detail of, like, on the mushrooms, on the wings, um, on, like, yeah, as I was mentioned before, like, the orange popping on that real dark, it just really brings light. Like, it just able to draw the light out of the um, the models. Um, just with that contrast, it's incredible. Um, but, yeah, James Lynch, Brant Sirs. Yeah, my top, my top faves. <laughs> it's I, I just keep looking at them. And I'm just going. Actually, no, this one's my fave. Now this one's my fave. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking back through the photos now, and yeah, like they um, the Zinch pops so nicely. Like the pink is done so well, and then like the uh, the gnashing jaws just being in the completely just different scheme. Like this blue through to like fluoro yellow almost. Yeah. Um, 
and everything from yeah Zach. Um, and then yeah, Blake's army was just incredible with the. Um, I think it's like two Marathis. Like one is like a Marathi keeper with wings, which look like they've come from probably a hive tyrant or something, Tyranids. And then the other one is a Marathi tail with a the new avatar with Marathi wings and the avatar body. And then, oh, yeah, it's just... And the Glutos is literally insane. Yeah. Like, I've never... Like, the overspill of that base. Like, it's on the right size base, but then just Blake's gone, fuck that base size. It's tiny. And just built this huge cork, like platform for like these oh it's just nuts yeah but you've put all the pictures up on the facebook page haven't you so yeah i've put them on our one yeah so i've got i've got some otherwise but um yeah and then you've got seth as well he's up there for any event in queensland with his amazing like non-metallic metal storm cast oh shit um, yeah yeah and everything so yeah and like the skin is amazing like his is the best crondis i've seen the way that his Krondus is painted, um, like all the gray, like pretty much every single scale is like black, but every single scale is like highlighted to kind of gray, um, like gray to white, like insanely. And then the wings are these big purple things with lightning on them. And yeah, yeah, yeah. It just looks, it looks awesome. Um, so yeah, like there were so many beautiful armies at that event, which was great. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's probably my favorite but, part, checking out the armies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also, looking back through my photos, I can also say I took a photo of uh, my discovery on the weekend of um, the fact that Guava Cruisers now come in blacks, so I can drink less liquid and get more alcohol. So I was very happy about that over the weekend as well. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna be drinking for CanCon. Yeah. <laughs> so. Um, yeah, sure. Speaking speaking of CanCon, should, Ooh, we, uh, smooth segue. should we segue along? Um, not fall off a cliff like the inventor of the segue. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, segue along and talk about our plans for CanCon. Because yeah, it's, sure. yeah. it's not far away now. Because it's always, yeah, just... Runax always comes up in November and yeah. then there's a bit of a lull in the lead up to Christmas and then it's CanCon. Mm. Well, I've got... um. I've got grand plans for CanCon in terms of my list. Um, so I've gone with, I've, look, it's all entirely dependent on whether I can get it painted in time. But uh, I'm still playing with the hero combo, but it's basically, it's going to be Big Drog. Yep. A White King for the general. Oh, so um, there's going to be some Graveguard. Yeah, so I'm going to beef up Graveguard. So what I want to do is basically double down on the elements of my current lists I've been playing the last few events. Um, the parts of those lists that I have been getting the most out of just enhancing that and focusing on those. Mm -hmm. So instead of having tunits of 10 grave guard with swords and shields, <laughs> have tunits of 20 grave guard with, um, with uh, great white blades. <laughs> oh, nice. So idea is have kind of like almost like a, call this like a boar's tusk so you've got like two flanks grave guard which are both supported by a corpse cart each with the like both of them with the balefire brazier so debuffing minus yeah. one to wound within nine debuffing the casting but it's basically there for the debuff um minus one to wound um because it's such an annoying piece 
it's one of those pieces that just it's like a thorn in the side of my opponent oh, so yeah. Yeah, so you don't I, want to waste I, output on it, but you also yeah. need to if you're going to try and get rid of it. Makes your stuff you shit. Have to do enough to get rid of it <laughs> yeah. as well. Yeah, um, and it makes a big difference. So I've got corpse cut behind each sort of wedge, um, mm -hmm. giving that debuff. Um, so I'll put a white king on one flank, and it'll probably most likely be like a vampire lord on the other. Um, still playing with the combo, um, but then I like I'll still have my forty zombies. Because zombies, and I love them. Um, and there'll be a unit of 20 skeletons, because I love my little unit of 10 as expert conquerors, because uh, I always sort of keep them in the gravesite and bring them up somewhere. And they're just such an annoying little 30-wound uh, unit with um, being Galician veterans um, in expert conquerors. So Counting thought, state models, yeah. Yeah, so counting state models, yeah. So I'm doubling down on that, so I'll take a unit of 20 skeletons. So plan is to paint... 20 of the new skellies for that. Um, for the 40 grave card I plan to paint, um, I've worked out I do have enough of the Fireforge um, zombies and warriors. I can make um, a unit, like two units of 20. So for the great weapons, uh, the kits, there's enough in the kits to do them all with spears, and I might replace the spear tips with some like larger blades or something like that, do a bit of minor converting, or just leave the spears on because they're like, it's two-handed great weapons. Yeah, cool. Have of... you got any, like, halberds or anything? Like, axe heads would look cool? Um, yeah, like, I'd probably, yeah, I'd, I'd definitely be able to scrounge up enough stuff from my bits boxes and things just to make them look a bit beefier. Um, well, if but, you find yeah. a kit if you find a kit that has bits that you want, let me know because I may have it because I never throw bits away. So I, if I have had that yeah. kit, I will have the bits. So Okay, cool. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Let me know. So, yeah, kind of... Yeah, so it'd be like zombies on one side, like since supported by the graveguard with a hero, like either a either the vampire lord or a necromancer. I haven't decided yet on one flank. And then on the other flank, the white king will go in with the skeletons and another unit of graveguard. Um, so he'll be giving, basically giving them the reroll ones to hit um, command ability. Um, and then the other flank will be either a necromancer or, a, you know, giving them the pile attack twice um, or a, a vampire lord giving the extra attack. Um, yeah, yeah, both of those blocks kind of supported by a corpse cut with Bafar Brazier. And then, yeah, so I'm just kind of, I'm not settled on which heroes I'm going to, which hero combo, yeah. but it's definitely going to be a white king and either a, a necro or a vampire lord. I've even, I'm even sort of toying with, do I go down a Belladama? you know, take Bella and or or take um Radica as well. How so. was how was Bella for you over the weekend? Yeah, she's good. I did, um yeah she's fine. Did you have yeah. did you have portals? No, I didn't have portals. Okay. So I just um I've like, given did you, play, did you play much shooting? No. I don't think so. No. 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 But um no she did well. Like um yeah, she was. She's always going in with the dogs. I actually haven't put dogs into this list. So if I do, like if I had to put Radica in, then I'll have dogs as well, I guess. But um, so I probably won't have Bella. But I really do. I just love her under a killing moon spell, exploding sixes, yeah. which yeah. would just be so tasty with those grave guard and yeah and everything. So I kind of want her in the list as well. So at the moment, 
Like it's White King, Bella, Big Drog, the two um, corpse carts, the two blocks of Graveguard and the block of zombies and the block of um, skeleton warriors. So it's a lot of infantry, sort mm-hmm. of like two spearhead, like a double yep. spearhead sort of prong you've got, attack. You've got the threats because like if you get the buffs up, like the Graveguard slap and Drog yeah. slap and Drog slaps. Like, and yeah. also he's, a big, he's also a big threat, so a lot of people will invest a lot of resources in him and maybe ignore mm. things like the Graveguard and then actually the Graveguard probably do more output than Drog. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Especially being uh, bounty hunters. Three damage. Oh, yeah. yeah, if yeah. you get them into DBs, they'll be... Yeah. Yeah, they'll be insane. Yeah, so that's kind of like my thought of where I'm going. Um, a lot of bodies on the table. Um <laughs> And a lot of um, output from the grave card and big drug, pretty much. So yeah, yeah. Nice. that's kind I of. Thought, I thought when you said you were taking a white king on steed, so that you could have grave guard as battle line, that you were going to say you were going to like invest in thirties. So you wanted to like you were going to go because I know you've got the twenty sword and shield, and I know you quite like them. So I was wondering if you were going to be like, I'm going to do ten more in and have a unit of thirty as this resilient block, but. Yeah. Yeah, I could still do that. It's, I, that's probably more realistic in the timeline because I haven't built or painted. I haven't even built the 40 of the grave card yet. Um, what's the date today? It's the 27th of November. So it's what, two? Less than two months. Less than two months to paint 60 infantry <laughs> in. Well, I've got the I've got the painting technique like kind of down pat now for this um, army's style. So it shouldn't take me too long if I you know, get motivated now and start yeah. doing it. Are they, um, are they like Fireforge? Are they like resin? So do they take a bit more time to build or? No, no, they're plastic kits. They're, um, yeah. Oh, that's they're, right. If you're going to do the, you'll use the GW ones if you want to do um, the, gra- the Grave Guard with white blades. Um, no, I'll do the Fireforge ones, but I'll, I'll kit them out with double-handed. But they're, plas- but they're plastic. Okay. They're plastic. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. Yeah. Oh, do you mean like the sword, the the blades? Yeah. Like from there, from that kit. Yeah. Um, I don't have enough of that, <laughs> but I'll find them in my bits box. I reckon, like to make them. <laughs> this heaps. No, I just wondered. Like, I still think mm. that the two, the two bricks of the killy ones. Yeah. But I, no, I just wonder because you don't need to take. Oh, I guess it's more just filling up your battle line anyway, so you don't have to take the other stuff. But like, if you were taking zombies and stuff. Yeah. Um, like if you were taking zombies and stuff, then um, you would have your battle line slots filled. But I guess you'd need the White King to make the Graveguard yeah. battle line. I'm just, um, yeah. I've got the the White King is a um, another Mercia miniature conversion. I've done a head swap to put like a Hex Wraith um, head on. And so it's like one of these kind of um, wraithy looking skeleton. It's the, it's the Jutes, right? From that yeah, range. Yeah, the Jutes from that range. From yeah, Mercia, I this guy, yeah. Another one I've bought ages ago that's hadn't seen the light of day. So it's kind of like um reminiscent of like the older Warhammer art. I remember our chat one of our chats, Ben Ben was like, ah, looks like this. And it's like one of those really old Warhammer artworks where it's like flowing robes and you know, that classic White King look. So yeah, I'll get him painted and kind of let it all flow from there. Yeah, that's that's the idea. <laughs> yeah, nice. That's currently it's at 19, very... 1930 at the moment. Um, so I've got to play with it a bit. I might end up having to reduce something to 
get all the tech in there that yeah. I want. But I'd we'll say, at, at what legion have you decided a legion? Um, I've got Vicos at the moment. Okay, but um, open probably like maybe um, knight might be a good option. I was gonna say if you go knight, I would definitely mm. suggest putting the vampire lord on foot in. Oh no, because it's gonna be totally different because you want him as the general. Because then you can take him off the table and you can pop him up anywhere with the command trait. And that's yep. perfect because it means you can get guarantee like the setup for like combat to be able to use his plus one attack buff. Whereas the necromancer, you almost never get that combo off because you're putting stuff in the grave sites so that you can't cast the spell on them, etc. So, but if you're going via cost, then yeah, you don't need to worry about it as much. Yeah, I'm kind of. <sighs> I'm veering away from Vicos a bit because I don't have many vampires. Mm. I'll have how one you, vampire. I meant, to ask, I meant to ask, how did Kado and that go? Did you take Lauchon? I can't remember. Yeah, you I took Kado and Lauchon, but he he was shit. Uh. He wasn't that good. He 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 did better in the last game. Actually, he did a bit of an assassination on some um, orcs in the back line, which is cool. But like I. It's probably more the pilot than the war scroll. Um, <laughs> I, um, you know, I'd, I'd try to, you know, throw him in there, send him up with Laoshan, move him in. Um, he'd go and do a bit of attacking and, like, with his attacks, didn't really do much, and then he'd just get killed straight away. He would just die straight away. Just not very... Yeah. He yeah. didn't do anything. He didn't do anything. <laughs> he did not, except in the last game he did. But I, maybe by that stage, I sort of had a bit more of a feel of how better to use him. Yeah. Um, maybe in a, just got a, a small skill player might get some more out of him. Yeah. Yeah, I think you right. just got to wait and then you send him in as like a, a missile when you need to just do a pretty reliable, like six to eight more wounds or something to something. You just kind of reliably send him in and go, that character needs to go die, I'm going to send Kato in, and he should be able to do it. So you give him um, finest hour. Yeah, so you can do that on the turn, yeah, to get him on, yeah. like... Give, choose, him, give, like him, give him the mortal wound stance. Yeah, because yeah. you're always in mortal wound stance with the bringy dingy, because yeah. you can move him, like, 18, then move, and then just be like, shablam, five attacks, twos and twos, and it's basically flat mortals, like, straight through. You should be able to pretty reliably kill, like... Yeah, heroes, Except when like you, buffing but, heroes or whatever, but but you'll just roll ones though. I mean, look, yeah. it can happen, but statistically, <laughs> it should be he should be pretty he should be a reliable little when you need to go and just little he was a hero. He, yeah, he, okay. he wasn't he wasn't that. Yeah, but poor Kate, poor He'd probably he'd probably do well. He'd probably do better than him. <laughs> but um, is also he's got his healing spell as well, like which he yeah. can. You can combo that in with um, invocation, so you can go D three invocation, D three from his spell, and then another D three from um, just the battle trait D three. Yeah. So you can get D three back on a unit with magic and battle um, and yeah. the battle trait. So yeah, you can combo in with that a bit, which is cool. Um, but he's really dropped. Need to. He's dropped. Yeah. From, he's dropped from the list. Though. Yeah, he's being booted. He's. <laughs> He's, he's out. That's why he's called the Hollow King James, full of hollow promises. Yeah, he was. He, <laughs> he didn't did not deliver on any promise. Ah oh, dear. <laughs> nah, but uh, that's as I said, it's probably more the pilot than the than the war scroll. But um, 
he's he's an awesome model. I think he's he's definitely a very fluffy piece as well. So yeah, I mean, you could always just yeah. use him as the vampire lord, like he's a wicked yeah. model. So he's a wicked model. Yeah, um, I'll definitely give him a run again. But I just want to try out, try out this um my boar's tusk um my boar's tusk thoughts. So we've got the big drog as the you know the the bully piece going out the center, going for the biggest ugliest thing in my enemy's army, and then got my boar's tusk on each flank with um you know big blocks of of chaff and followed up by fighty grave guards supported by vampires or and a white or and a white king so we'll see debuffing you with the with the um corpse carts yeah so it's kind of like two little bubbles yeah, nice. of mayhem and slaughter yeah, yeah. nice <laughs> um yeah it sounds like our plan our plans for CanCon are very different. You're taking a very high body count, and I'm doing the complete opposite and going very low body count. I, um... I just want to—I'll just caveat that saying this could is most likely just to all be different and change by the time CanCon comes J- around, J- and I'll be—I'll be taking a... whatever I've just James, you know. James just ends up whatever buying a again. Gargan army off someone and rocks up with four gargans. Just, yeah. Yeah. I'll just take like completely un, like you know, no synergies, just models that I like, you know. Just here for here for the, the laughs, you know. <laughs> but yeah, no, I am. Um, I've got a lot of hobby to do as well, actually. Um, in that I haven't done a lot for a long time. Um, and the list that I've decided to do, I have just over the course of this podcast finished building the models I needed to build um, for this list. Nice. But yeah, I had I set myself a goal for my list for CanCon, which is I want a list where I can hopefully go for one i have game into most like pretty much anything but i should have quick decisive games so uh <laughs> i'm basically it's using models that i owned and built up and have wanted to use so um i've basically got let's go let's go hang on one Ooh. this is going to be very poor audio there's two they're, I'm just describing three, the, three, four. They are look like Dracoth, Dracoth Five, riders of some sort. Six Dracoth models. What are they? Fulminators? Are they Castigators? Seven, eight. Oh, not Castigators. So, yes, uh, eight, That's the one. Eight, eight Fulminators. Fulminators. Eight Fulminators in Bounty Hunters, um, mm. and then I have just finished building six long strikes to join my existing three so i have nine long strikes um a knight of xeros which i painted years ago and two units of true revs in expert conquerors awesome so pretty sure that's my list for cancon um Bit of I, played, tech. I played two uh two games against scott today actually um against his daughters and both of those games were done by turn three um in my favor so i'm Happy with the list. It did exactly what I wanted. It was quick, decisive games where it looked re- like Scott, especially the first game, Scott literally played pretty much a perfect turn one, I would say. Like he killed stuff that was on the table. He moved up, he zoned me beautifully. Um, but then, like, because so much of my stuff is off the table, it's like, okay, well, you've pushed up, but a thousand points of my army isn't on the table yet so yes it looks bad for me but then it drops down and like i bang off 
bow snakes in one turn with the long strikes and then i make my nine inch charge with the fulminators and i just i go well i've killed your army now <laughs> it's just like cool so <laughs> it 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 looks like oh shit but then if i have my turn where i just shoot the things i need to and i hit the things i need to it's decisive and the army has the power to just take off basically an army in like a turn so which is exactly what i want so it's like i can i think i can play it right and give myself the opportunity to play the games which is why i think i'm not going to get in a situation where i just rock up against the opponent and go i'm going to lose this game yeah. like i think i can play into them but it is low body count so like i can get punished obviously if stuff gets into me and i play badly but um i also think it has the tools to just be super powerful um because nothing's changed. Fulminators are incredible when they came out. Nothing's changed. People have just moved on to other stuff. Long strikes. Yes, you can't hero face shoot with six of them, but you can still hero face shoot with three of them. And they're still great. They didn't change. And tree revs are amazing in expert conquerors to just have and teleport around. And I'm like, cool. This works. So, yeah, I think that's my yeah. list. So I'm... Oh, uh, yes. That's good. Yeah, I've got a lot of painting to do. Um, cause yeah, the Azeros is painted, my true robes are painted. And then two of the fulminators were base coated about five years ago when I went to eggs in the UK. Um, mm -hmm. so these are the two that have paint on them now. And I basically this week have started the process of improving them and basically going over cause they were all base coated and like not washed or anything like that. So I've basically been going over the armor panels and the cloaks and stuff with like contrast. And then I've gone over all the straps and stuff with like snake bite leather contrast. I've decided I'm painting all of the like trim bits white now um, because I yeah. painted up my encanter for Runax and I did it in this green and bronze scheme with white for the face mask. And I haven't really yeah. painted white before, but I've decided I'm going to stick with that scheme and paint white. So yeah, now that apothecary, now that apothecary, out. Yeah, now that Apothecary White kind of exists for shading and I think I'm a bit better to be able to like paint the white with Ulthuan, like Grace Seer base, then paint Ulthuan, then Apothecary, then go back with Ulthuan and then go back over the top of that with a bit of like white scar or whatever to do a bit of edge highlighting. Mm, um, yeah. Like yeah. My, I think my painting's improved enough that I, I feel confident to try white now. Um, yeah, and yeah, it, I think it, it pops with the scheme. I've got Definitely. all the Vallejo. Yeah. I've got the Vallejo metal colors to do the metallics, so I'm not at all stressing about the metallic trim. I know how good those paints are for painting metal quickly. Um, so yeah, yeah, it's just going to be trying to layer up the um, the green because I've done that like Cabalite Cyberite green kind of combination on the armor mm. panels on the yeah. two I painted that I really like. So it's just going to be trying to do that on the others, but like. It's going to be interesting to see because these were painted, these two were painted with traditional base paints and everything. And then I've put some contrast over the top, but like mm -hmm. the Dracoth is base paints with a wash and then dry brushing. Whereas these other six are all built and they're all undercoated with gray sear and I'm, and I'm going to contrast them. So they'll look a little bit I'm, different. Maybe I'm interested to see like how mm. different they're going to look. And then Probably obviously not that much to be honest, like I hope not. You can just dry um, brush, like dry brush covers a multitude of sins, you know. Yeah. You can just um, you can tie it all you can tie it all in and it will look similar. And it's it gives you even if there is a little bit of variation, that's good. For the two yeah, to separate the units. Um yeah. exactly. Um because yeah, I've got like I've got two twos and a four. So this two is just gonna be a two. I'll paint two another, and then I'll probably paint like obviously I'll paint the armor all the same, but yeah. 
the Dracoths. I'm probably going to do the colors, like two in that color, two in a different color, and four in like another color. Um, if I even bother, I might just paint them all like however I want to do them, to be honest, and do different color Dracoths. Just got to like um, um, paint, you just got to like with all the scroll work on the armor plates, you've got to um, etch in some some words as well. Get some scroll work on there, some maybe some calligraphy. Like these bits? <laughs> yeah, and the, all the little scroll scroll bits. Yeah, there's, <laughs> yeah. There, is word, there is words in there. Is there? Oh, I can't. I mustn't be able to. I can't I see got, it. I've, I've probably got to drop a bit of null and oil. Uh, in, listeners, Chris, the... is, where, Chris is showing me. And I, I probably see, have to. I probably have couldn't to see the scroll some, work. I probably have to drop some null and oil into, on top of the apothecary. Just do a pin, a pin wash with some, um, yeah. with some black oil paints. Thin, sure. A thin you, do you want to give me a tutorial? A pin do, I have wash. To have a, do I need a pin for that? <laughs> or do I? Is it a paintbrush or do I use a pin? I it's paint, it's a paintbrush, but it's very thin, like it's sort of thin down black oil paint, and you just literally kind of get your tip of your brush and put it in the crevice, and it just it just does the rest like it spreads out into all the crevices okay um because it's the surface tension of the um of the paint is uh allows it to do that just spreads out like because the salt all the solvent in it anyway yeah is is this the one the abtalong 502 black yep yeah that's the one yeah so you're gonna thin it down with some thinners see i have um, the paint You've got the, you've got the I've just never used it. <laughs> Practice on something else first before you do it on that. Yeah. <laughs> but you'll see. Some, I'll do it on some sprue or something. Yeah, like it, you'll see just to get a feel for how the paint, how it kind of operates on the model. But um, yep. basically because it's got the, the solvent and the thinners, it just, as soon as it hits a crevice, it will just spread out into all those areas, like, like a, through the channels. Kind of thing. Okay. Yeah. So I need to add something to that, like paint thinner. Yeah, yeah. So get um get some white spirit um or just yeah. use like I AK can't white use air, spirit airbrush or cleaner. Odorless thinner from AK is good. I use those too because you, you don't want to use terps inside because it just stinks. Oh hang on. The abtilung odorless thinner, this stuff. Yeah, you could use that too. Cool. So <laughs> I bought I obviously had this chat with you and bought stuff, but it's just we probably have, yeah. Cool. <laughs> you probably bought that at CanCon last year. <laughs> I think I did actually. You probably yeah. did. Cool. Well, I'm I'm good to go then. I've sorted the then. <laughs> good. Excellent. Yeah, I'm one of those people that like I buy loads of paints and I buy all this stuff, but I really don't paint that much. But I'm yeah. gonna try. Oh, I'm gonna try. Do. I'm gonna I'm gonna try. Yeah. But um, yeah. So that's my plans for CanCon. I've got a lot of painting to do, but um, it'll be good because I haven't. I haven't painted like a lot of stuff in a while again. Like I did my big push and got all my deepkin done, but then I've kind of had a break. So I think I want to smash this out, which will add a lot to my Stormcast. And then I might keep going with Stormcast editions because like I've been building a lot recently. Like I built two Star Drakes. I built last week, I built Krondis and I also have a Karazai to build. So I'm kind of on a big dragon thing. I've got the four, I've got four Star, like um, Storm Drake Guard. So I might have a bit of a, Let's go build all, like paint all this big stormcast stuff. Yeah, because um, I've got loads of stormcast from the old days, but it's like just loads of liberators and prosecutors and stuff like yeah, that. So yeah. it would be good to have like all this dragon stuff and long strikes and big dragons and stuff painted. So I might try yeah. and bang 
bang through that stuff after CanCon. And then I probably need to crack on with my Soul Blight with the, the two-tone red and blue that's going to be a speed paint project. And then I don't know from there. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe it, maybe I finally start work on my Daughters of Cain um, Slanesh army that is going to yeah. be an actual labor of love. And I'm going to try and paint to the best of my ability. Every single model is going to be a conversion and I'm going to try and paint to the best of my ability. So I think that army will take me years, which is why yeah. I want to get through a few yeah. projects first, I think. But, um... Yeah, that's that's it. Like, I think once once of if I achieve what I've like just laid out before, getting all these graveguard done and some more skellies, and like I'm at the point now with my soul blight, especially even in this new scheme, um, I'm just adding a unit here, unit there, and I can always sort of come back to it and add as I go. Um, but I think next year I want to try and get all my halflings done. Oh yeah, halfling for, okay. uh, for king for kings of war. So, kind of keen. I just like I've got the whole army in boxes. <laughs> I've painted one regiment, and um, so I want to sort of knuckle down and just bash that out so I can. I mean, you never um, know. You, you could use them as nomad feastmasters. Yeah, there's that too. I, I still am yet. I'm yet to investigate that um, the book and everything that. I'm not sure if it's is it out somewhere? Can is it sort of available somewhere to get or yeah? To I'm pretty have a sure read you, can, or you can. I'm pretty sure it's download like it. Been, been released. You can download it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because some some events in the UK, I think like Rob's events, he's let it be legal. So like some events oh, have right. played it. I think have played it, but yeah, right. That's interesting. Oh, that's I'll cool. have to find you. Uh, you need to find like a cool like cockerel, yeah. like a war cockerel, like a chicken. <laughs> Because there's a there's a there's a cool miniature, so you need to find a cool like chicken with a nomad. Oh, that's something that I'm I'll be that's definitely cool. getting in. I'll be getting into. I've bought a um I've bought a resin 3D printer. Oh, um, I'm waiting for it. It should get delivered next week. Um, okay. I've got I've got the resin that got delivered this week, but I'm waiting for it. Um, yeah, to be delivered next week. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it's an any cubic photon M3 plus. I think so it's got a big bill plate. I was messaging James Lynch a bit um, and he said, yeah, that should be pretty good. So I won't need to split models up as much. So it's pretty big and it's like high quality, right. etc. So I know it's going to be a lot of headaches and learning the whole thing of just 3d printing, but I'm quite excited to have like a resin printer to print some really cool models. So um, I'm going to be printing a Phoenix for Liam, I think actually for CanCon um, for his daughters of Kane. He's been playing a list recently with them. Um, like a frost heart phoenix and doing a lot, a lot of debuffing but he wants like a one to fit his daughters of cain and there's a really cool like i think it's actually like quetzalcoatl no not quetzalcoatl that was a different one that's more seraphon there's a kukulkan um one from like mayan mythology so it's like a snake oh, yeah. like a fly it's like a flying serpent which is perfect for daughters of cain and it's on it, like the basing is like a temple with like a sacrificial altar with like a person bandaged up like stretched out over a sacrificial altar underneath this thing oh, which is so per yeah. so perfect for daughters of cain yeah um, three daughters. So he he's he's gonna buy the stl file and send it to me and after i've done a few practice prints and i think i've got the hang of it i'm gonna print him a uh this big phoenix thing for him to paint up so which should be cool that's awesome and then yeah i can start finding some cool alternates and printing some terrain and and stuff like that as well so i'm quite excited to be able oh, yeah. to print some print print some cool things so if i stumble across some cool little halflings maybe i'll 
print <laughs> I can print yeah, something out for you. Yeah. Yeah, like let me know because um yeah, I do love them. They I think that the Mantic ones just really grabbed me. Like I've seen a lot that there's heaps of halfling models that have been around for, for a long, long, long time. But um I think some they're just a bit too comical for me, but I think the thing that I really liked about the um the Mantic ones, they're just that little bit more uh, I don't know how to describe it. They're just they're very comical, but they're not just over the top like cartoonish. Yeah. No, I remember when they're you they're not so stereotypical. About, yeah. I remember when you said about the range and I had a look and I was like, Oh, these are actually really cool. Like, yeah, I was looking yeah. through the range and I was like, Yeah, they just really it cool. just grabbed me. It's as soon as I saw it, I was like, you know, you have all those you, you kind of zing with an army with an aesthetic. So I zinged and just went for it. Um, so, and yeah. then and then they released more Soulblight stuff. <laughs> so I got sucked back into the GW Vortex. That's how yeah. they do it. Like you start to wander. You you have a wandering eye. You start looking at other gaming systems. You start buying models from other game, gaming companies. And then next minute you know, <laughs> they just release a whole bunch of shit for your favorite army. And you're just like, well, guess I'm going back to GW. <laughs> uh yeah it's how they do um, it so yeah do. no i was gonna say i'm actually like i kind of want to see you do like a new army because you started on the lumineth but i'm assuming that's just gone in this gone in the bin oh uh, yeah i'm definitely gonna finish the lumineth um at some point in the future <laughs> um because the models from that army i'm not just gonna sell because they were given like they were gifts from christmas from two years ago <laughs> Um, and they've been built and primed, and so my, I'm, I fully intend to paint them um, and play with them, play them eventually. Yeah. But it's that's in the distant future. And I've still got all the Night Haunt as well. Um, I've collected all the Night Haunt. I've got, you know, I've got to finish painting that too. So <laughs> I think I, I think because like every army you've had and I've played with has always been death. Like I yeah. wanna see I wanna pretty, see I'm pretty boring, aren't I? I'm just like, like I wanna no boring, you're not boring death, but like boring I'm old just, death player. I just really wanna <laughs> see you do something like yeah, like do Lumineth or do like yeah, I don't know, like Deepkin or something like I, I wanna see like your painting go but somewhere on else. like yeah. this completely mm. different army that's not like a death army. I just think it would be really cool to see like yeah. what you do yeah. with a faction. Um yeah, like well, the first but, time yeah. we ever because Lumineth now as well, the cows and stuff are a lot better. So like the internal balance in that book as well, like as an army, is a lot better. Oh, so... I bought the um, I bought the battle tome. I bought the, the the scroll cards and the dice um, when they released those. So I've been reading. I've started reading the um, the book and everything. So I, I'm I'm in. I'm all in. It's just it's going to be a while before yeah. I get back around to it. But yeah. I, I I'm sort of I don't want to declare that i'm just going to do this that and the other um like at the moment i want to go and get my halflings done but come next year i'll probably just keep i'll probably be doing something else you know i'll probably yeah who knows i could be painting lumineth um yeah. i could be painting my night horn it just who knows i could be painting soul white still because they've released something <laughs> like i wonder if um, should we do, should we do a uh maybe in the new year should we find some people that want to do it and do like a classic tale of four gamers type thing but actually do like a series like a post yeah. through and the we website can talk about and, it in like a, and, a series and hold yeah. hold each other like hold each other to it and get yeah get like four of us and be like we're all going to give ourselves like 
three months or whatever to do a project or six months or whatever we decide if depending on the level that we want to do and whatever and we could actually yeah, yeah. do a well if we, we do, do that, that i would if we do that i would do lumineth All right. oh, that would give me a good reason to do my lumineth and i just push back the halflings for another six months <laughs> i mean you could do the halflings but... yeah we'll see <laughs> but if we do like if, if we do a tale of four gamers i would do my lumineth because that would okay. push, that would motivate me to go back and get it done, and and I could um, put that to the side, and or yeah, have yeah, or whatever, and move on, do the do the other stuff. But um, like I try not to put too many. I try not to put too much um, uh, restriction on myself with hobby. Yeah, like, but I've kind of gone a full pendulum swing to where I just am not putting any pressure on myself at all. And I've just haven't been doing a That's lot. That's the thing. I think you need yeah. it. Like, I think otherwise I, I need you do that. end up just painting for a tournament. Like, yeah, yeah, that's what I've been doing. Like the last, like the last half of this year, like Goldcon and Runax, um, I've the, the, my only painting has been to get whatever units I want to get into the army for that tournament. So yeah. But then you do enjoy it, right? Like you're, oh you yeah, look, you get to look at Drog and be like, Absolutely. Drog's done. Like he's awesome. And yeah, you know, like, like he's look. I'm looking yeah. at him now in my cabinet, and I'm just like, yeah, happy, you know. And so I can do the other, the next push, and you know, because I bought all these models as well. Um, you know, the Fireforge models. Like I've got no reason to buy any new models. <laughs> yeah. For the next three years, you know. And, yeah like small purchases of new single model releases, like, you know, your Kato's and, and whatnot, but um, like all new characters and a new character model to add to an existing army sort of thing. Like, yeah, I'll do that, but yeah, I've got no reason to buy a new army or anything. <laughs> yeah. I think that's what I'm yeah. trying to do now. I think I'm finally at the point where I'm like, like I definitely don't need any new armies. It's like yeah, you can just maybe, print them. Maybe I get <laughs> no. It's just like maybe <laughs> I, maybe I get a new like if they release a new kit or something, I get that kit for the thing. But I don't. I shouldn't need a whole new collection. So now for me, it's like I really I'm trying to basically. I've been doing a lot of building. I'm trying to pretty much go through like all my bags of like sprues and stuff and just be like, let's get It'll these built. Like yeah. and then some of it, I'm being like right, these are going to a commission painter because I'm not going to paint this as a project, but I have the army, I want the army, but I'm. it's not something that's on my painting radar. I'm going to pay someone to do it kind of thing. So, yeah. Um, yeah, so like I just, I finished building up my other archai because I think I'd realized I'd built two of the archai years ago and then I found the other two and built them. So I've now got four archai. I just, I bought six Immortus Guard because they're pretty much the only things I don't have for my OBR collection. So I'm going to get, um steven who you played with the um the feck uh, yeah um runax because he's the guy that did my obr um so oh, really yeah oh, cool i didn't know so, that. Um, oh, there you go. yeah I, I bought it off him and then when i've added stuff to it obviously it's gone back to him to add extra units to it so he added my nagash cool. and yeah and the arcan oh um, great cool so i'm yeah i've already messaged him and i'm gonna send him the four archai and six immortus to just kind of complete that collection because then i I literally have everything in the OBR then. Like I've got 15 horses, 50 Mortec, six Immortus, six Stalkers, three Catapults, Nagash, Arcan, Catacross, like all the heroes. I've got the full 
collection done for OBR at that point. Um, so yeah, I'm like, cool, we'll do that. And then I've got Mike yeah. Thompson's OBR. Oh, that's I right. Bought... I forgot you just bought that. Yeah. <laughs> I bought Mike Thompson's OBR. I still haven't played a game with him. I don't even have the battle tome. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Idiot. Anyway. Too funny. But um yeah. but yeah, I think that's my kind of yeah, I want to smash all this stuff. So yeah, like Stormcast is one of those armies where I've got all the cool the cool dragons. And I'm like, right, I've been building them all up and I'm just going to slap, like, because I think contrast will be perfect for the dragons. Like, I actually think those dragons will be so easy to paint if you just slather them in contrast and just dry brush them a bit and, like, paint the claws and the teeth. And yeah. that, like, they're one of those kits where you can do them in, like, an hour or you could spend hours and hours and paint every individual scale kind of thing. But for me, they're just going to be an all-over contrast jobby, paint the saddles and stuff like that, and I'll be happy kind yeah, of thing yeah. the right yeah, the, the riders will probably take me longer than the giant dragon yeah. in all honesty um i might try a bit of stenciling through my airbrush because i did buy a stencil oh, yeah. um, for the wings for the membranes i actually bought it for my tech list which i haven't done yet um because i don't have the yeah i need to find where the stencil is for a start but then once mm. i've had some practice I, if i'm brave enough i might go over the top of my tech list's wings because i bought a stencil for for that kind of almost tiger stripe type pattern yeah um so i might yeah i might try and do that but just to add some cool stuff onto the contrast yeah um but yeah that's i think my plans for cancon and then beyond um hmm. and then yeah i think the only other thing to touch on before we wrap up is probably sydney slaughter news just to confirm that the venue mm. is yes. is booked in um it will be the weekend of the I want to say 10th and 11th. Yeah, so the 10th and 11th of June with the Queen's birthday on Monday the 12th. The King's. King's the King's. Is it now the King's birthday? Yeah. That's what it's changed to. Oh, yeah, I've seen the King's King's birthday or the Monarch's birthday. The Monarch's birthday, okay. I've seen a couple of um, sources, but I think it's the King's birthday, yeah. Okay. Well, the King's birthday being on the 12th, um Mm. so yeah it'll be saturday the 10th and sunday the 11th of june um we've got the extra room at the back that we wanted so i think we're going to have the space for the painting um and everything to be really nice and we'll use that room for the painting um entries the painting entries and um yeah so uh exciting exciting. and then over if not by christmas (laughs) if not if not before christmas kind of by over the Christmas break, I'm going to make sure like all the website is all sorted out and all the tickets and stuff. I'm going to try and mm, put yeah. on, put on sale. Um, so yeah, like hopefully watch this space um, over the Christmas period. Um, I think we'll try and get some more merch, new dice run and everything like that as well for yeah. the new year. So maybe some t-shirts yeah. or something. Yeah. Should be cool. Baseball cap. Water bottles. Yeah. Coolers. All that. All that jazz. I would like to get some t-shirts. I need to find a funny, like, custom artist kind of thing. Might approach Definitely. Paulie Jackson. Might, might, might approach Paulie Jackson, actually. Yeah. Because he's yeah. someone that deserves a mention for Runax because he did so much oh, awesome, shit, yeah. awesome yeah. artwork. I bought the sticker pack. Um, I think everybody wanted that Daughters of Cain, but, I mean, even I wanted that Witch Elf but artwork. It was great. Um, <laughs> the sticker pack. I think Liam wants that as a tattoo probably now. 
Um, yeah <laughs> but yeah i might i might talk to paulie actually about some like t-shirt designs and doing some artwork yeah which just some modeling which could be stuff. cool cool yeah um or just yeah sigma ones that can be mortally wounded but funny like i don't know more like, like age of sigma kind of jokes or puns i've got some ideas but i'll run them <laughs> by you if you've got any as well but just with the little mortally wounded <laughs> little logo on them yeah yeah it's just not gonna be but, yeah it's gonna be tasteful you know it's gonna be like it's going to be subtle, you know, so I can yeah. just be our logo blazon that you can just be a yeah. walking advertisement of our, of the podcast. I even actually really like, like that door, like you can imagine like that daughters of Cain, witch elf with her butt and she's got a tattoo on her butt, which is just the mortally wounded skull with a dagger through it. That'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not quite the same, but, um, but yeah, no, I might hit up Paulie um, and see if he can do some art, art and stuff for some design, yeah. which would be cool. Um, because yeah, he did yeah, an amazing job. I think he did what three custom skateboards this year, um, three, yeah, yeah, as prizes oh. and yeah, yeah all awesome. the art packs. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, nah, he's a great artist for Sigma stuff, so yeah, <laughs> all right. That's, I think that's gonna be a long show, especially with our um guest section oh, there as well. So yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, I think we'll um we'll wrap it up there, and uh, yeah, hopefully, it won't be quite as long before the next one. Um, it'll probably be it'll be either pre or post CanCon, but the next one's going to be a CanCon episode, I reckon. Yeah, um, definitely. Yeah, maybe get so, some guests on again. We'll see. Yeah, well, anything's possible. Maybe maybe it will be pre CanCon if we try and get to get a uh, selection for a tale of four gamers kind of thing, and we'll yeah. maybe try and try and kick that off for the start of the year. Yeah, but well, all We're right. Watch this space. Yeah, awesome. it should be good. And yeah, um, as, all right. As always, thanks for listening, everyone. And I'll see you on the next show. See you next show, guys. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to Mortally Wounded Podcast. You can contact Chris on Twitter at Wounded Mortally. You can contact James on Instagram at Duke Cadrick. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time.